Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special joint episode with MedHittlesNet and WiseNuts Podcast. We thank all of you for joining us in such a short notice. I'm Vic Aslanian, and uh, I'm joined by my co-host, Mike Balian, also by the WiseNuts. That's uh, Armand, Arno, and Edgar. So and uh, I want to thank you guys for uh, joining us today. Uh, I know we kind of came up with this last minute. <laughs> no, it's a, there's no having us. It's joint. Uh, so first time listener, first time yeah. caller. I always wanted to say that. That's why. <laughs> so so nobody ever up, invites us the, on the show. Who came up with the wise head snare slogan? Uh, I don't know. I just kind of put it together. I think Vic did. Vic no? did that, yeah. 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 Well, like uh, how's like everyone it. doing tonight? Good, guys. How are you guys doing today? Good, good, good. good. You know, with Consider- the circumstances. Considering. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have guests who will be joining us shortly, and um, you know we have discussions from different point of views, uh, and what we all need to do as Armenians to unite, organize. This show isn't about bashing on each other. This show is about no. um, sharing opinions, having and, discussions, uh, having discussions uh, coming up with ideas, what we can do as Armenians around the world. But before we do any of this, uh, I want to take a moment of silence for yeah. our fallen brothers and sisters um, from the recent attack. So if you guys don't mind. Thank you. Um, so we have a uh, the, like, I'm, like I mentioned, we have guests who are going to join us. We have uh, Rachel Moyan, who's a specialist in geopolitics. Uh, Georg Nazarian, who's a historian. Uh, Stepan Partamian will be with us. We have one of our fans from our show who is actually in Armenia, Levon Stepanian. He's mm-hmm. going to join to kind of give his point of view of what he's seeing happening there right now. Haik Nazarian from, <clears throat> excuse me, Hosang uh, will be with us. Uh, Elena Semergian will be with us as well, and Robert Torosian. So, um, where to begin? Um, it's been a crazy week as Armenians. Uh, it's it's kind of being flashback to 2020 with all the stress, yeah, man, worry, like PTSD all over again with this. Um, uh, I mean, I, everything everything kind of began uh, September 13th. Um, yeah. For those of you, you know, listening and watching, and for obviously uh, people that are tuning in for the first time, listening to uh, the two of us collaborate, uh, both of us are, are an Armenian-American-based podcast. Um, that being said, our our roots are Armenian. So a, a lot of the things we talk about, uh, especially with Medherosnet, uh, is Armenian-based. So uh, what happened on September 13th, uh, Azerbaijan, uh, launched a military attack on Armenia proper. Not Artsakh, not um, yeah. other areas outside of Armenia, but Armenia proper. Um, you know, two of the areas that a lot of people know, you know, are aware of. One of them was Jermuk, which is, you know, mm-hmm. a very popular area in Armenia. Uh, multiple southern regions kind of trying to, from what it looks like there, it's like more of trying to tie in uh, Azerbaijan to Nakhijevan which is another part of Azerbaijan on the west side of Armenia. Um, yeah. The attacks were done, you know, with, via drone, missiles, obviously by foot attacks as well. In just one day, we lost 50 soldiers or what was it, 50 or 60 soldiers? And yeah, it was close to that. And it, it, it's the funny thing to me was 
when the attacks happened from Russia to Ukraine, the internet, the world, everybody just blew up. And it was just more of like, oh my God, look what's happening. This country is being attacked by this dictator, blah, 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 blah. The same exact thing is happening to Armenia. And the world is silent. Nobody's talking it. No one's talking about it on social media. Nobody's talking about it on the news. And if they are, it's basically kind of like just this local news. Yeah. Very. And thanks to Araxia Karapetian, Elina Abovian for going above and beyond doing what they're doing for our people. But it's it's very very brief as far as the discussions about what what is taking place there. Again, they talk about Russia being this dictatorship, this terrorist organization Azerbaijan is the same exact thing they're killing innocent people they're taking people away from their homes they're beheading people I mean it's 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 ridiculous what's going on and I'm shocked that like we said not a one single eye is being bat upon the situation well yeah. well because Russia is big bad enemy number one to the mainstream media owners <coughs> and we're automatically or- well, put in well, that pot. Well, well, That's well, the yeah, problem. But but this so based off of that, you have mainstream media constantly reporting anything. Like if Russia smells something the wrong way, it's on the news. Of course. Okay. So it could have. I mean, we all know why it's Ukraine, but it could have been anyone else, and that would have been every. I stand with whatever country. I stand with whatever country. That's it, right? Yeah. So, what's going on? Because this, this this is an Artsakh. This is no, Armenia no, problem. No. But I think the problem with that is, like I said, uh, the fact that, you know, all eyes on Russia and we are, uh, in a way, yeah, so, Soviet Union fell and everything, but we've always been kind of, you know, brothers with Russia. So that takes, so we're, we kind of fall into that automatically, the Russia, you know, bad, so <laughs> Armenia, you know. Not army that's bad, but it's, you know, no, it's like it's, we're associated with them. So I, guilty by association almost. Yeah. I mean, so like that's why the media doesn't tend to talk about it or even I, say I mean, I, I mean, we, we, you know, we've talked off camera. You, me, the boys talk. We know why Ukraine is so important to certain corrupt a-holes that occupy administrative positions in this country. Yeah. Right. Um, Armenia isn't the same way. It's not, that's why it's not important for them to get ahead of the news and cover things the way they are and get people to jump on some sort of BS bandwagon. That's the bottom line. I mean, I'm not going to hold back from saying that. Like, that's it, period. Yeah. And that's the truth. Look, I think we need to uh, stop being shocked about the world not paying attention to Armenia because they never have. We've, We've talked about how during the genocide, 1915, how come nobody did anything? Why didn't anybody get involved? Why wasn't there more coverage in in the news press and all that? And now today we have social media, we have so many different avenues, yet nobody's talking about it, right? I mean, we have thousands of families that are being displaced, which is the technical definition for genocide. Um, And we're still shocked that the world is not <clears throat> well um, uh, react, responding to it. But we have to understand there's, there's genocides going on all across the world right now, from Africa to China to other parts of the yeah. world. And we don't, we don't necessarily, let's admit it, none of us truly care about it, right? 
We don't post about what's going on in Africa, the millions of people in China that are in concentration camps. We don't post about it. We don't even know much about it. So because we have obviously vested interest, interest, we're emotionally connected, it's our motherland, we expect the rest of the world to respond the same, but they never will. Now, Ukraine is obviously a completely different story because Ukraine has so many resources they provide to to the globalists in their so, so many different countries, from China to U.S. to uh, Russia, you're all over Europe. Um, so that's a whole different ball game. But it's it's time we I, I, we just need to I think stop the whole playing the victim card and expecting the rest of the world to help us, and rather us standing up for ourselves, being more diplomatic, and being politically strategic, and knowing who are we partnering with whether that's stepping away from Russia or um, becoming, creating a better relationship with Iran or U.S. or what, whatever needs to be done. Yeah. I'm not a political strategist, but that's what needs to be done. Instead of thinking, well, we need the world to stand up and help us out. That's never going to happen. No. Well, what do you think is happening with Pelosi in Armenia? <laughs> I've watched multiple, I've watched multiple videos. Can we do our disclosure, guys, oh, before man. we get into the nitty-gritty? Uh, you, you say the disclosure. Well, guys, disclaimer. everyone that's here disclaimer. listening to us, please just take this as a conversation. Just literally yeah. five Armenian men giving their opinion. None of this is by any professional. Please. Yeah. 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 So... Nancy Pelosi is in Armenia right now, mm-hmm. and uh, there's multiple videos going around as far as her sitting down with her delegates in front of uh, Pashinyan, going to Tsitsernakabert, which was the Armenian Armenian Genocide Memorial. Uh, there's a lot going on. I've yet to see anything regarding some sort of help going to Armenia. All I've been hearing, and I've seen multiple people posting it, is... We're here to support the freedom and the democracy of Armenia. What does support mean? It makes it makes me ask a lot of questions. Yeah. So a you, lot if you, if you, of you, questions. Exactly. Read so between you, the lines. Oh, yeah. So boy. you take all you got to do is you got to take two or three steps back, understand the history of this woman, and again, just analyze the situation. She's, all she's saying she's is she's the brightest we rose are in here, the garden. Yeah, we are here to help support Armenia and its democracy. And we oh, we understand that you went through a velvet revolution, quote unquote, and you had a fair and free election. And congratulations to our prime minister for being elected. Nothing as far as, you know what, um, what do you need as far as... What's wait, on wait, 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 Arno, hold on, on, hold paper? on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You, you might have missed something there. There was a point where she they talked about, you know... Um, uh, as far as freedom, democracy, and security. And she specifically mentioned that these three things cannot exist without one another. And it is up to the Armenian no, she, government. She quoted, to, she quoted Benjamin Franklin. Yeah, I know, but and then she said, <laughs> yeah, and then she said it is up to the government, Ar, uh, uh, Armenian government, to tell us what they need and we will be listening. That was something she said. So she's not going to get up there and say, yeah, we're going to give you $25 billion of weaponry or, or th- I mean, you can't do that. So, uh, it, but there I was, there was Ukraine. Hints, yeah. There's, there's hints and of they're that. They're still doing it to Ukraine. Yeah. It, there's hints of that. Something's going to happen, but it's, it's up to the Armenian government to choose if they're going to accept it or not. Um, you know, mentioning when Ar- Armon talked about, you know, are doing the Armenian genocide, nobody helped that actually, 
the U.S. did help the, uh, Armenia. The U.S. was one of the uh, first countries to champion the whole save the Armenians. They raised over, I think it was $50 million uh, dollars at then, that time. Though. I know. This was back but then. after the genocide. A lot's changed. With the Woodrow, uh, Woodrow Wilson, yes. uh, uh, the map and all that stuff. You know, there, there, there was... Our, the guys, US don't was, forget what they did. You guys see it in a different way. What they did 100 years ago, the Americans, what they did. No, no, did, no, no, hold on. I, it's not what is advertised. You got to see the whole picture there. What do you mean? Same scenario was played out 100 years ago. Nothing is on paper. At least 100 years ago, you had the Wilsonian. Today, you don't have that either. Did they confirm the Wilsonian while they were in Armenia? They didn't. No, but hold on. There, <laughs> Nothing, a lot nothing's on paper today. No, 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 no. A lot, a lot happened during that time. You got to understand that, you know, when the U.S. was putting these options with Armenia, you know, to, to basically help Armenia and then even uh, somewhat become an ally with Armenia, and this is I'm talking about back then, the Bolshevik Revolution happened. Yeah. Which messed everything up. Mm -hmm. And then you had the Treaty of Moscow, which was between Lenin and, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Stalin. No, not no, Stalin. Lenin the, and, uh, the other, uh, Emret. Emret. Uh, between Turkey. And then two years later, they had the uh, Treaty of Kars, which basically mm -hmm. just, you know, and, and at that point, it. Armenia decided to join the Bolshevik, you know, side. So obviously Russia, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, obviously the U.S. pulled back from that. Now, if let's Same say that didn't happen, this. you know, you never know what the whole situation would have been today. We don't know, obviously. So but, a million and a half people being slaughtered. That Yeah, but they also, they you, sent a lot of missionaries. They sent a lot of help. All those orphanages that were created in Gumri. I mean, yeah. there's pictures and everything. U.S. did a lot, guys. They did this a lot. To, effect, not right? militarily, but yeah, a lot of aid. A lot of aid during and after. Again. I'm not trying to sound like the bearer of bad news that was over a hundred years ago. I'm just saying, yes. but you got to understand history. But the political, but the political climate right now is completely different than when it was a hundred years ago. Completely How can they different. step in when Armenia you had a different is allies world with map. Russia today? You had a completely Let's not different talk over map. each other. Let's make sure we hear one another. Uh, go ahead, Edgar. What, what were you saying? How can America step in when we're part of the alliance with Russia today? Why should they step in? Why should they and how can they step in when Armenia is still part of the, what is that, CSTO? Uh, what, right. Uh, right? The, uh, my God, I forget. There's another term for it. But And by the way, we're, we're heading it. We're the head of it. So that's why when that whole thing Sorry, happened. Sorry, that's, that's a show. What heading? That's Russia. When no, you see, because you take turns. Every country takes turns. Just like how in NATO, like right now, it's Turkey who's heading it. Like every what is it? Yeah, two, it's like three a years cyclical or thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 what happened. That's why Armenia sent those troops when there was the Tajik war happening or clashes, that and they were part of there. the yeah. same show, guys. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, when we talk about Russia, and again, I, I for one, I don't agree with us being part of Russia or any type of a pact like that. I also don't like the fact that U.S. is getting involved, but we really need to understand what has Russia done for us. Let's go back 200 years. Actually, let's go back 100 years from the point of after the genocide when uh, Armenia became independent and just this. been and used that. as a strategic. What? As just been a strategic placement on the map. That's okay. it. And they haven't really what done much. Have, what, no, no, but what have, by being part of, Russia and having their holding their hand through the Soviet Union and everything. What has Armenia gained? I just want to. Understand. I want people to explain to me what bes besides they've we've gotten used we've to the security the ultimate, blanket. 
uh, fake security blanket. Yeah, that's what we've lost. We've paid the ultimate price. We've lost more men and women because we've helped them with their wars and everything. Uh, we've lost land. Um, as people have this this dream about the Soviet Armenia that everything was great and this and it's like get over it. No, it wasn't. You know, that's just you thought it was good. Yes. So I don't know. What's your opinion on that? Do you guys think that um, <coughs> Russia has been beneficial for Armenia? Judging from the no. comments, no. No, no, I don't think so. No, I agree. Okay. And uh, and I, I have a stance where I don't think Russia will help us, and I don't think the U.S. is going to help us. So that, the way I see Armenia yeah. saving itself is people like us and the people inside Armenia, the diaspora, we have to stop with all division, no political parties. Anyone that steps out with a political party today is a traitor to our country. I mean, you're talking about a country you, with like 72 political parties. Yeah, you have to just let them all go. You Today, go to if you're going to save the country, you can't have that. We have to stand as one. If there is 10 million, I believe there's more than 10 million Armenians around the world. I mean, not to get too deep into that the number rabbit is hole fake as far as... Not to get too deep into the rabbit hole as far as conspiracy theories or any, any of that stuff, but uh, just my two cents as far as globalists and nationalists... Uh, Armenia has been leaning more towards a globalist type yep. of government, whereas Russia is more of a nationalist type of government. Putin is looking at the situation going on, going, hey, listen, stop doing what you're doing. Yep. Uh, we, ha we had your back, but I need you to come back over to the nationalist side. Armenia gives the finger and says, no, uh, we're leaning more towards the globalist side. That's why Russia has completely let go of Armenia's hand. Yeah, that's my two cents. Again, how, yeah, how can Armenia be nationalist, it. though? Uh, yeah. As far as being part of whatever Russia's kind of agenda is. Again, Turkey is also a nationalist country. That is why Erdogan and Putin have been butt buddies for the past but Turkey couple. has what, yep. the third largest second. military or second in the NATO's world? NATO's second. Yes. Military. Okay, so they, they can afford to be nationalists. They can afford How to can be nationalists. Be? Well, here's the thing. Armenia being a nationalist is basically, is a, is a umbrella being protected by Russia. Armenia has basically completely let go of Russia's hand and said, hey, listen, we're going more towards a globalist situation. And Russia is saying, well, that's not what our agenda is. And if you're going to be doing that, you know what? Uh, if you're attacked by any neighbor, so be it. It seems like Iran seems to be more proactive than Russia. 50,000 yeah. troops were sent over. Yeah, Why not hold Iran's hand? Well, there's, now with, with Iran, it's more of a border issue. They do not want Armenia to be landlocked. The, the last thing they want is... Because uh, of their own benefits. Of guys. course, 100%. This is, this is a major fight for Iran as well. well Do you guys you, think you, Iran wants oh. the U.S. to be stationed, for example, in Armenia? No. Don't forget, guys. Israel so, and, what would Israel you do and if Iran you were, are at it at all times. Okay. So what right? would you do if you were running Iran or Iran? any other country? Would you just, as a friendly gesture, just say, yeah, we'll protect your Armenia without any... Any Iran will not. Your own country. No country will help you without their own benefit. Okay. No country. Right. That's just simple stuff. Yeah, okay. So why why do we expect anybody to help Armenia without? We can't. We can't. If we are not ready as Armenians, you, me, this guy, all of us as Armenians, if you consider yourself Armenian, you have to do something. Do what? And today. Do what? What can I do? What can you do? What can what? What can any of us? What do? you can do is what you have been doing. Which is what you've been helping from here. Okay, what but is, what if, if you can't help from here, you need to go that, there now. 
and do that's what? or the other and do what you have to fight this is gonna this is not over guys this is within the next few Hold on, weeks fight, not even months physically fight yeah there is no other way there, if you guys consider just diplomacy does not exist don't forget what Turkey said today, man. Edgar, who are we fighting? Hey. Can I ask you a question? Who are we fighting? Who are the boys that are fighting in Armenia right now? Who are they fighting? Are they who, actually fighting? Of course they are fighting. No, what no, no. Mean? Are they are they physically is it is it the same war as it was in the 90s? No, completely yeah. different war. So we're behind. Said, who are they fighting? We're behind. We're we're fighting more of it's more of an AI type of war, isn't it? Yes, okay, but we're you, still fighting with our Older weapons. Uh, cor- correct. We're fighting with our older weapons. Well, no, so, we, we do have Guys, come on. Stop. Now. Stop putting down the Armenian army. The only advantage no, they no, have is their, is their no. drones. That's it. That's all they have That's is it. the drones. And think and, about it. The drones, where are they coming and, and in from, And who's giving guys? them the drones? Israel. Thank you. Yeah, and but you it, think America's going to stop Israel? Are you serious? If Pelosi was to just stop Israel, which she can do. Which which she's if not. If Pelosi because wanted Isra- to, Israel she could have stopped Israel selling it, right? Okay. She she has that power. True? Can we all agree? But the yeah. US has that power? Um, Iran was Israel was do, created do, do they? by US Congress, guys. No, no. I mean that's going into a completely new yeah. rabbit hole and, but the and, truth and conversation, remains, bro. Okay, one Anything thing if I get within that region has to favor Israel for America yeah. to get involved. Go I, ahead, Vic, what I, I just want to say one thing. I, I think all of us need to stop putting down our Armenian army. Um our boys are amazing. They know how to fight. We have an army. All this stuff that somehow we can't fight against Azeris and this and that, it's all BS. It's done on purpose. So the point of that is to make it seem like we're weak. We don't need an army. So we need to have somebody else come in, help us, and put their own flag on our board. Just like, look at it right now. Look at Russia. Western border, Russia. Southern border, Russia. At least some of the east, Russia. Artsakh, Russia. So, So... I mean, we've basically handed it over to them because there's this claim that Armenian army, our warrior men and women, cannot protect our borders. I'm sorry, if we need to fight, we'll fight. And you saw what happened. And, and, and later on in the show, there's a something I want to read by a, a, an Armenian journalist who posted something in Armenian that night. I had to kind of reword it and translate it, but he talks specifically about this, the fact that we keep putting down our boys. And, and, and our, uh, the women who are out there fighting. Mm-hmm. Because if our, if our army didn't know how to fight, first of all, we wouldn't have the losses that we had recently. I'm talking about the recent one. Yeah. They would have just put down their arms and walked away, right? Why do they need to fight if they don't know how to fight? Why go die? Go home. Go to your warm house, you know? So stop doing that. Stop putting on our, our, our army down. Enough is enough. So uh, having said that, I think... Uh, Elena was supposed to join us. I don't know if she's, uh, I don't know if you want to send her a message, yeah. let her know. Um, but yeah, that, that was my two cents on the army part. But um, I, I don't think we're, I don't agree with the fact that we're putting the army down. We're not. What we're saying not is about that. we're ill-equipped to fight the drone technology that the enemy has. It's not about, it's not about putting down our army. Yeah, it's uh, not about the no, will. But of that's our, that's, that's why I was saying on. Edgar was saying, you know, we got we got to go in there, we got to fight, we got to fight. It's like, bro, yeah. go, going in there and fighting what? I mean, if guys, if we do military- have. Listen, we might not. Well, actually, we do have the drones. We do have okay, the weapons. It's where just, is it? It's. It's in the storage. It's where in the it? storage. It's in the storage. We have that's everything. Like, but, it's there. You, I mean, but uh, the government you have to under- is not. You have to understand how bad that sounds like hey we have it look, but the, you know what here for look i 
you guys know I was in Armenia a couple of weeks ago and I had conversations with random soldiers I happened to run into on the street where they were, I guess, coming home for a break, like a break. These guys were all very content. They said, we're, you know, we have the proper nutrition. We have the proper equipment. We have the proper um, uh, uniforms, everything. Whereas, but that's not what we're being told, guys. So there's a fear tactic being used against us as well. And this is why I, I asked this specific question because my driver in Armenia was also a driver in the military in 2013. He said in 2013, we didn't have crap to eat. He's like, you know, my parents were sending food, food, underwear. socks, underwear, tea, you name it, they had to send it, water, everything. He's like, now you ask the military, what do you guys need? They're like, we have everything. We don't need anything. We have better food than what you guys eat. We have, yeah. we're, we're equipped. So there's a lot of, the, what I'm trying to say, there's, there's a lot of propaganda out there, a lot of misinformation, at least from what I saw. Yeah. And there's, there, there's, there's a ton of improvements. I mean, as far as even on the streets, I would see military trucks and these trucks look brand new, you know? Um, whereas before the military trucks looked like they were from the 1920s. Commas, that's all you had. Yeah. So yeah. There, there's a lot of improvement to, to, to say that there hasn't been any improvement. I mean, this year, I think we have the highest military budget we've ever had. Armand, yeah. we still don't have our skies closed up, bro. Uh, yeah, we do. Have, yeah, we do. We we have the systems. Who? We who, have who the controls? systems. We have the systems, but yeah. is it being done? Yeah, it's of two course. They, they they shot one of the the air defense systems down. Listen, it's a war. Of course, it's not going to be perfect, bro. It's a war. They're going to hit it. They're going to figure it just the way we figure out to hit their drones. The way they're going to figure out to hit our. At uh, some point, yeah, you're you going to have to like, adjust. It's not perfect. It's like you guys expect it to be like in this iron dome that once it's up, nobody can penetrate. No, yeah. it doesn't work that way. But, um, okay, we have Elena who's going to join us right now. Let me bring her on, uh, get her point of view, what's going on. Um, so, give me one second. Hi, Elena. Hi, Elena. Hi, guys. Can you hear me? Yes, we yeah. can hear you. Thank you so much How for joining you? us tonight. Hello. Been better. Hello. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, we wanted you to join us to kind of uh, take your uh, two cents about what's happening, your point of view. Um so just give us a quick, you know, from what you see is happening, what do you think uh, we should do as Armenians? Uh, I know you were on the on the live on Twitter with the, um, uh, oh my God, I forgot his name, from Anka, right? You had a quick, great question about uh, what needs to be done. Um, yeah, Aram Hamparian. From yeah, Aram Hamparian, there you go, yeah, yeah. So if you can kind of talk about that too. Um, so, you know, I'll actually start with that. Um, Aram Hamparian from ANCA uh, said something very interesting that really stuck with me during that conversation. Mm -hmm. And he said, because for such a long time that we were stateless, we didn't think as states, but we thought as human beings. Yes. And that really hit me because it's so true. We are always talking about human issues, waiting for other people to care instead of appealing to the interests of states, which is what they actually care about. 
And that is actually our problem as an Armenian state as well, that for such a long time, we were under greater powers. We don't understand the concept of self-reliance and self-responsibility and following our own interests. That is why we are so often swayed to fall under the interests and agendas of other unions, whether it be the West, NATO, CSTO, whatever. And we don't dare to attempt to create our own partnerships and alliances that actually are beneficial to our own unique interests and uh, form our own agenda and try to get other countries to understand that our interests are also in their benefits. That's how diplomacy is done. You know, it's funny. I I heard that too. Obviously, I was a part of that conversation. Not part of it. I was listening to it. And I've been thinking about that so much. I even posted some stuff about it as well. It's so true. We need to change our mindset. We need to stop thinking from the human side, but more of the state side. Because we're, we still have this slave mentality yeah, of yeah. we have no choice. I even just, oh, like clockwork, there we go. Somebody commented, we have no choice. That is the type of mindset. It's called learned helplessness in psychology. And it means that even whenever you have an opportunity to escape the cage, you don't because so many times that you've attempted to, you've been hurt that you do not dare to even try. We are an independent country and that is a fact. Are we beholden to greater interests? Of course, every small nation is, but the Um, point of every nation and any nation is to fight for and advance their own interests at all costs. Now, um, I posted something saying that what if I told you that Armenia can be friends with Russia, Iran, and America? Yeah. Wait, that's the game we've been playing. It's not working. We've been playing that. No, what we've been doing is we've been saying we are Russia's loyal ally. And even before we can blame this on Pashinyan and everybody knows that I'm not the biggest fan of this administration. However, if you if let's we can go further back and back and back um, to all the way to the Bolshevik Revolution and the uh, Lenin-Kemal Pact of 1921, which stripped us of our independence from the First Republic of Armenia. Um, Actually, if you look at the document of uh, Azerbaijan's uh, petition to join the League of Nations, the document uh, for Azerbaijan to join the League of Nations was rejected. And inside of it, it stated that we are rejecting Azerbaijan as a state because it has no historical basis and it is um, founded upon uh, the nations of Armenia, Georgia, and Persia, basically recognizing these three states as legitimate and Azerbaijan as being an occupier. 
Now, what happened is that after the Bolshevik uh, Revolution and before that, uh, we were basically a nation of 500,000 orphans. So um, who had just won the Battle of Sardarabad um, and basically had lost the idea of Wilsonian Armenian, not necessarily because America betrayed us, but because inner um, traitors, some might say, some might say, oh, we were just trying to uh, help Armenia, but um, were part of the Bolshevik revolution and surrendered Armenia to the Bolsheviks and uh, annulled our statehood um, in hopes of being under the guard of Lenin and Stalin. And international law actually states that you en- you must exit a union with the same borders you entered with. The First Republic of Armenia entered with Artsakh and Nakhichevan being part of the independent um, mm-hmm. First Republic of Armenia. It was only after we got into the Soviet Union that um, after certain uh, discussions, because yeah. they, because at this point in time, um, uh, the the tar- the Caucasian Tartars, who are now known as the Azeris of Azerbaijan, had um, crossed the Caspian Sea from now what is now Turkmenistan, and they had completely exterminated and wiped off of the map Caucasian Albania, which was a neighboring Caucasian state to Armenia, where Baku is today. Um, and they were pushing into Georgia and Armenia to pacify these invaders. Um, and, and they were actually, these Caucasian Tartars were sponsored by the Ottoman Turks to do these campaigns of race extermination against the Caucasian peoples. Um, what happened here is that Stalin made a deal with the Caucasian Tartars and said, if you betray the Ottoman Turks that you have been working with and join our union, we promise you a state. And that is the promise, the promise of an actual state within the Soviet Union, uh, which is which was not really a state per se, but a province uh, under the umbrella of Moscow. Um, that they would have their own state that they never had before on the Armenian lands uh, and the Caucasian Albanian lands that they uh, had their eyes on and were attempting to invade um, since the crossing of the Caspian. They agreed to betray the Ottoman Turks and enter the Soviet Union to get their own state. And this was then whenever people say, why did Stalin... um, Give why did all of a sudden Stalin give our land uh, to this new state called Azerbaijan? Yeah. Was this deal that he had made with these uh, new invaders uh, that they would get a state and that they would get what they wanted? And what they wanted was Khan Kendi. Khan um, is the prefix, uh, the signifying word of the invading Khans, like Genghis Khan, uh, which were uh, basically tribal governorships. And whenever the Turks claim that 
um, the Khanate was Turkic. It actually wasn't. These were like tribal governorships. My ancestor was actually a Khan of Shah Verdi, and he was of Armenian origin. Yeah. So it was not technically uh, a Turkic. It was just more of, a, I guess, a title type of a thing. Yeah. Right? Alina, do you see any similarities today compared to the history we were just talking about? Yeah, I was do you see about the that. similarities Same. today? Of course, um, the Le- uh, the Lenin Kemalist Pact of 1921 uh, was just reaffirmed a couple of days ago, pretty much. So basically, whenever we saw Vladimir Putin and Recep Tayyip Erdogan walk hand in hand, which is extremely that was odd, very very peculiar, because uh, you wouldn't see me in a formal gathering. Uh, in a diplomatic arena, walking with my own husband in such a manner. But this was a message. This was a message of a pact sealed with brotherhood. And this this really isn't as much about um, anything else except for Putin's ideology. One of Putin's, um, whether you call it a mentor or advisor or a consigliere, Alexander Dugin. If you read his um, writings and listen to the things that he says, um, he is basically a Bolshevik. And and whenever we talk about Russia, we have to be very careful, just like whenever we talk about America. Neither Russia nor America nor Armenia nor any country, for that matter, is a monolith. They all have different parties, different ideologies, uh, different agendas. And very often, as we see in our own political sphere with the Democrats and the Republicans and the, you know, and then they even, uh, they fraction even further to the liberals, the progressives, yeah. the conservatives. Yeah, it becomes multifaceted, multifaceted exactly. agendas yeah, mm-hmm. on a monumental so, scale. I mean, look at Armenia. We have, what, like, 53? Yeah, God, uh, it's, it's, a, it's such 72, a, I think. a 72. 72 cluster F, if you know what I mean, with how many different agendas one country we can, can have. We can cuss on this show. I don't know. Well, I'm trying to You're be nice. You're with the wise nuts. You I'm can say as nice. you please. Oh, so the wise nuts cancel everything out. It's like yeah. a hall pass for, yep. for family yep. friendly. Yep. Huh? Oh, okay. Let loose, buddy. <laughs> nah, it's fine. I'll, I'll behave myself. Or else I'm going to cuss like a drunken sailor. But, don't worry um, about it. We're that, we're that get out of jail free card. <laughs> Use it. We've earned it, man. Use it. No, yeah, man. It's that, there's yeah, a, so, the, 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 the politics in that region is it becomes, and I know we've talked about this before, it really starts to blow your head apart. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't know who's on whose it's side. It's a clusterfuck, and it, you just don't it, know it's, what it's to... It's beyond confusing. Yeah. At least with the U.S., you somewhat have a grasp of what's going yeah. on. Yeah. But over there, God. It's... Bro, it, not only over there, over here. I mean, you try, you do one eh. protest in front of the Armenian, or I'm sorry, in front of the Azerbaijani consulate, or in front of uh, uh, the Armenian uh, Despanatun, and you look at it, it's like everybody's fighting with each other. Bro, there, no. There's so much division in our in our own. That's uh, what's going to bring us down. Right? Yeah, that's the, that's a. We need to unite as people. That and is like, true. You know what? Look, look not there is unite. no. There unite. Is, you not unite. Organize. 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 We have to. We have to throw all this <coughs> hunchuck, dashtuck, all this crap. Okay, all wait, of this. Let me, it let all me, has to let be. Me, we are BS. Armenian. It's that's all it. BS. Let me let me bring something up real quickly, uh, and then Um So uh, Roger Kopelian, who's a good friend yeah. of ours. Um, <coughs> Uh, we were having a conversation. I was at his house and 
um, he, he mentioned something. I'm going to talk about this Unite thing. Um, he was telling stories. Obviously, you guys know he did a documentary in the first war. He was there He in the front lines. You know, if, uh, I think it's called, uh, oh my God, what was it? The Dark Forest? Dark Forest. Dark Forest. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. He was a young man when he went down there by himself with a camera and mm -hmm. shot this documentary. Um, and he was telling me a story about how they were sitting with a bunch of men and, and some of the guys who were fighters. And Ellen, obviously, your dad was, you know, a hero as well. And um, they were talking about, you know, how Armenia, how great it would be if Armenians would only unite, how powerful it would be. And, and some one of the soldiers stood up and said that basically, see, that's the problem. It's not about unity. It's about accepting how different we are. Barskahai, Berutahai, Hayastansi, Bardahai, Sidiahai, doesn't matter. Yeah. We have to accept that we're different and respect that we're different and come together with our differences and be united Armenia. Easier said than done. That's the that and, and it that's so true. That's the thing. Oh, but the we, problem the problem is is that a lot of people don't understand why we have Barskahais, Berutahais, Bardahais. We have those. We have all these uh, different. I don't even want to. I don't. I don't even want to say different types of Armenians because I don't want to even say that we are all Armenian. That's what we are. That is the root of what we are. We are the all Armenian. We have these, the reason why we are like this is because the same mistakes we've made in the but past. But Arno, Arno, hold thing. on. Aren't you drawn more towards the Parskahai or or you know uh, whatever? And this is there's no shame in that. It's, it's it, no, you're, you know, you're drawn you know what to what Look, you're used to, right? And that's no, okay. Here's the thing. Wait, wait, wait. When somebody asks me that's what nationality true, I am, you know what I say? I'm Armenian. That's of course. It. And then when no, they say, that's, that's the, the umbrella of Armenian. I, I understand that. But the problem is, is that when 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 an Otar says, oh, what kind of Armenian? That's, that's what, where, that's you know, where we have the a problem, problem is. When, when you and that, I can ask ourselves, That ends up, that ends up right? being the Bro, secondary question. Yeah. That, that is, that's, the big, that's the big problem. Well, we've Bro, done that to ourselves. Was, yeah. Well, of course, bro. When when an Otar says, what type of Armenian are you? The first thing you need to say is, what do you mean, what type of Armenian am I? There's only one type of Armenian. But no, Armenian. no, no. But what, what I just mentioned isn't about the Otars who's asking about national. It's about within each other. That's the point. It's within accepting that we're different. We come from different past uh, and history and everything that's happened to our families because of the genocide or even pre-genocide. There's been other genocides. You know, there's families who are in the U.S. or in other parts of the country before even the 1915 genocide. Yeah. I get because it. There's a little bit of a cultural, there's a cultural influence in our, in our, yeah. in our own culture. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we have to, again, it's, it's a very small kind of idea that's been implanted into Otar people's head that there's different types of Armenians that needs to go away. Have you ever heard of a Jewish person? Bro, what does saying, that have oh, to do well, with, kind of forget the Otars right now. Forget the Otars. Right. This is about us, about us being uh, united with our differences in Armenia. I don't care about okay. that. No, I get it. But that's happening in our own people as well. When you go to Armenia, there's still that division of Parskahais, Perutahais, Suriahais. Even as a diaspora in Armenia, yeah. you stand but out. You guys, you guys as an, a nation as ancient as us, you have to expect that there's going to be mm -hmm. this many Diversity. different dialects. Yeah. This many different um, types of, you know, ideologies. And I would even go further to say, if you feel Armenian, you're Armenian. Yes, thank you. Totally, yes, totally understand. Definitely. But when, but when, when an Armenian says <laughs> what do you? How do you think that? Of, of course, there are people that say, "Oh, it's that's out of jealousy. That's out of jealousy. That's out of insecurity. You know what I tell them? 
especially when they're in America. I said, I say, I don't understand. I was like, Chem Haskanum, do Karas Gas America by Artsakhin Chikara Gayereva? Yeah. Listen, those are those are uh, remarks made by insecure people because you know we uh, it, it's it, those Sudanese that they're talking about. They're the ones who who just went because of the war in Syria recently. They're prospering. They're they're they start businesses and and you know invested in things. So uh, and 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 the thing is, is the the people over there need to accept that and 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 respect that and welcome them with open arms. They're Armenian. Doesn't matter. That's the point I'm trying to make. Is that with our differences, the minute we start respecting one another and accepting one another and start talking shit behind each other's backs because Beirut hide this, Barskai yeah. this. I'm talking about within us. Forget about the Otars, what they do. But, you know, we do that We do that everywhere else except for Armenia and Los Angeles. Because if you go to any other country, mm-hmm. for example, in Greece, I met several Armenians, right? Yeah. They were so excited to meet me and vice versa mm-hmm. because... Greece doesn't have a huge population of Armenians. If you go to Argentina, Spain, anywhere else, you're not going to have that. But in Armenia, Los Angeles, where we've got larger numbers, larger numbers we tend to not care about one another. We, we throw each other under the bus. But in other countries, it's not like that. They're, they're actually happy to meet you. They, they're happy to learn about you, where you come from, what your background is. So that, that it's, it's kind of like, you know how... You have family members that uh, respect and take others' opinions more than their own family members, right? Yeah. It's like somebody else's word is more important, has more leverage and more weight, value. more value than yeah. a close, yeah. uh, sometimes even a spouse or a child. Or That's just, you know, that's human nature. It, it, it's common in every culture. It's The Greeks would say the same thing because actually one of the, <laughs> when I was in Greece, one of the guys was like, Man, you guys seem so close to one another because when you see another Armenian, oh, yeah, because we went to a restaurant. It was called Armeni, Armeni restaurant. And he's like, you know, every Armenian comes here, they think it's Armenian, but it's not. He's like, Armeni, Armeni was the first actual port in Santorini. So he's like, that's why it's called Armeni. But he's like, and I said, why? You, you Greeks are not, you know, close to one another? He goes, well, you know, if we see a Greek in another country, yeah, we get ecstatic and excited about it. But in Greece, you know, just like anybody else, we, we're not very close. We throw each other under the bus. We don't want what's good for one it's another. It's just human nature, so man. It's, yeah, it's human nature. Yeah. It's not just Armenians. And I would go further to say um, Armenian, um, beyond your genetics, your last name, or your, uh, you know, heritage, is... Armenian is a state of mind. Uh, it's called and it's your it's the ideology of being Armenian. And that's why I said, if you feel Armenian, then you're Armenian. There are people with Armenian last names, Armenian genetics and Armenian heritage that don't feel Armenian. Yeah. And, and they will soon not be Armenian because of that fact. And there are Armenians who are married. To, there are people, there are non-Armenians that are married to Armenians who have Armenian children who feel Armenian. And I count them as Armenian because Armenians, uh, the Armenian spirit and the American spirit is very similar. For a very long time, we have wanted the right to free speech the right to uh, not be treated as second-class citizens, freedom, fairness, 
independence. Those are the, uh, that's the ethos of being Armenian. It's not enough to have Armenian heritage. You must also have the ideology of the Armenian and pass it on to your children. Yeah. Uh, now I'll go back. Let's go back to um, the, um, the the question that I asked at ANCA. Yeah, when I, about that. when I worked at the White House, um, there were a lot of people that were walking around, uh, you know, in the West Wing, in the administration, the EOP, the Executive Office of the President, um, and. During that time, there were a lot of um, people from different think tanks. Now, whenever I joined Twitter recently, I found uh, some people that are ardent anti-Armenian people. One of them is Michael Dornan, Luke Coffey. Both of them are part of the Hudson Institute, which is a think tank um, which is a nonprofit organization that basically uh, takes money from different uh, cor- organizations, corporations, and such to think and advise policymakers. Basically, they're lo- paid lobbyists. Um, whenever I went into the Hudson Institute's uh, expert list, I saw, and I know this is going to hurt a lot of uh, us conservatives, there was an anomalous amount of people from the Trump administration that I would see at the White House all the time. That is Mike Pompeo. That is General H.R. McMaster. That is uh, William Barr. Um, These people are basically uh, in this conservative think tank, the Hudson Foundation, the Heritage Foundation as well, that are ardently anti-Armenian, and pro-Turkish and pro-Azerbaijani. They um, design their uh, ideology as if they are um, pro this, as if it is uh, pro-American interests to be pro-Turkish and pro-Azerbaijani. And they say that Armenia is a uh, vassal of Russia. And that we are an ally of uh, Iran. And this is why they must uh, carve up Armenia and hand it over to Turkey and Azerbaijan. Now, the issue that we have here, and this is the real issue for Armenians, is that we are given the uh, choice, whether false or not, between choosing the NATO alliance or the CSTO. And I would go... As far as to say, there's no difference. Yes. Yes. Because, and I'll tell you why. If you guys are familiar with the um, Turkic organization, it's called the Organization of Turkic States. It includes the countries of Azerbaijan, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Turkey, Uzbekistan. And if you notice that this is basically... Um, all like of the countries that are in both NATO and the CSTO. So NATO and CSTO are heavily influenced by the Turks, if not infiltrated. And the organization of Turkic states is basically um, the predecessor to 
the agenda of great Turan, pan-Turkism. And every decision that filters, every decision that goes to either NATO or CSTO is filtered through the organization of Turkic states. And nobody talks about this union that basically has an arm in each um, union, making both unions almost shell organizations that take orders from the organization of Turkic states. Mm. Now, you can tell this because um, um, I believe it was Kyrgyzstan, uh, one of the nations of the CSTO, said when they asked, why did you not go to protect Armenia's borders? They said, well, Armenia doesn't have demarcated borders, which is an agenda of uh, Azerbaijan for us to demarcate borders, uh, because then they are basically then we recognize our all of our, our, our the Armenian lands as theirs and we can never try to take it back. Yeah. Um, because Armenia doesn't have demarcated borders, we we don't know where the borders are. So they're saying that Jermuk, a known Armenian city, cannot even be counted as Armenia because the borders are not demarcated. What does this say? It says that the CSTO nations, if they don't recognize Armenia has borders, they don't recognize Armenia as a country. That is what that means. Yeah. And um, this decision is filtered through the talking points of the organization of Turkic states. So what Armenia needs to do, nay, must do for their survival, is not choose between these two, but create an alliance, whether they stay in the CSTO as just something to not anger Putin of getting out. But at the end of the day, we see that we are only beholden to the other states um, and they are not beholden to us. So what Armenia needs to do in its own interests is to create its own alliances based on its own interests along uh, the old... Helen, Helen, there is an alliance you can join. The anti-Turkey alliance exists. Yeah. There's many countries, and some of them, like Greece, who is one of those countries, has offered there us you go. aid. Yeah. We're not exactly. taking it. So exactly. the government of Armenia needs to start accepting the aid, but they are not. What's holding this back? Isn't Iran part of it as well? Yes. There's Iran, uh, India, uh, Apparently, part of it. Uh, Greece is part of it. France can be a part of it. Uh, all along. Egypt the is a huge part of it. That's a big country to have on your side. And they've offered help. But why is the government of Armenia not accepting help from anyone? Why? Well, you know, there's a lot of conspiracy theories of why they might not. But I actually want to go back to Putin and the Turks. Um, this thing of whenever we say any anti-Russian um, things, we have to be very careful. Because at the end of the day, Russians, the Russian people, are historically friendly people to us. We are friends. We have been neighbors. There are intermarriages. Um, there are half uh, Russian Armenians. And we are uh, friendly people to each other. However, there is a difference between Russian people and Bolsheviks. And this is an ideology within the culture that 
the Bolshevism, Bolshevism itself is treasonous towards the um, Orthodox Russian culture because it, so, it sold out Russia to the Turks a very long time ago and Turkified Russia. Now, if you read Alexander Dugin's um, uh, ideology, he is very much that type of Bolshevik who believes in the Bolshevik pan-Turkist alliance that the lenin Kemalist pact uh, established. Yeah. Elena John, you- uh, uh, sorry to cut you off. Uh, we have other guests that need to join, and we have a limited time for everybody, and we want to get everybody's opinion. What I wanted to know is, last thing, if you can just let us know, what are your thoughts about Nancy Pelosi going? Do you think this is a good thing, a bad thing? Just, you know, uh, real, real quick, real quick what a- are your thoughts about that? So um, I'm going to reserve my full judgment to see if um, there is going to be an actual um, something actually done. Yeah, an enforcement of Section 907 um, to stop military aid to Azerbaijan, if Mm. there is going to be any actual material aid to Armenia as well. But this is a strong message. And if you look at the reaction from the Azeri propagandists, this is something that really throws a wrench in their plans of invasion and it uh, gives them pause and makes them think twice. Uh, So in that way, it is a good thing. Um, And if anything, if this is, it's generally a good thing, but we have to see if it materializes in any concrete way. Yeah. Um, Thank you so much for for being with us. Uh, How can people get a hold of you? Thank you you very much. um, uh, Quick plug about, you know, if people want to get a hold of you. Elena Samer and uh, Instagram Elena Samer. Okay. You're more than welcome to stick around in the our virtual green room. We can bring you back on. I just want to go through the guests and then, uh, you know. Please, guys, but, I'm, I'm done. I'm out for the night. I'll be watching. Good uh, luck. Thank you. Thank you thank so much. You, Appreciate Elena. it. Thank you Have a good Bye, night. Elena. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, guys. Um, you know, that, that was a lot of information. That was some great information from her. She's a very smart young yeah, woman she, and uh, she, you guys should follow her on twitter on instagram she posts a lot of great educational uh, information you need to look yeah, into look into so yeah. uh thank you again elena um Gevork Nazarian is our next guest who is uh let me see if Gevork is ready um i think he might be uh well, i see him his camera there, but there he is there Gevork. he is all right Gevork, are you ready i'm gonna bring you on Gevork. i am yeah, there Hi, you Gevork. Go. Hi, Gevork. How you are go. you? Hi, Gevork. Hi, Gevork. Hello, hello. Going. Um, Let me introduce Gevork. Um, Gevork Nazian. He's yeah. a historian. He's the man behind all the research a that lot, a he lot. helps us with with uh, our podcast. Everything we talk about. Uh, he is a historical uh, genius. Genius. Uh, you know, I mean, he can recite the entire Armenian history. <laughs> yes, he can. If you have time to sit and hang out <laughs> <Thanks>. with him. <laughs> but um, first of all, thank you so much for taking time. You're joining us from Armenia. I know it's early in the morning over there. Um, we we wanted to have you join us to kind of get your, you know, f- from your point of view, being there in Armenia, being a historian, seeing everything that happening. What what is your opinion? What are your thoughts? Where do you see this going? This is a good thing, bad thing, with especially with Nancy Pelosi coming. And what do you think we should do? Right. First, 
first of all, um, thank you for having me and thank you for doing this podcast. It's very important that we're facing, guys. Um, coming back to the question, uh, well, I think it, it was, it, it, I mean, Nancy Pelosi's visit, what it is very important because it kind of showed that Armenia is not alone, that we're not uh, and there is especially in the United States specifically, you know, uh, the, the the political elite is not indifferent to the plight of Armenia. So absolutely, I think it's definitely an important, important, important message to especially Aliyev and his ally Erdogan and all that Armenia is not alone. So at this critical juncture uh, is very important uh, uh, so uh, a visit like this sends a clear message and uh, uh, also a very important call by the uh, Anthony Blinken uh, to, uh, to Aliyev which again happened on the same day yesterday actually he made it very clear that any f- further aggression against are then by the United States and there would be direct repercussions for so not only did Nancy visit actually come to the United States Nancy Pelosi visited United, uh, Armenia but actually she, she basically said against Armenia so she clearly you know called out Azerbaijan and said that it was Azerbaijan and Aliyev that, you know, uh, aggression against Armenia and their troops invaded Armenia. So that was very, oftentimes you would hear that this vague, you know, statements of putting in between the two parties saying, you know, that the, the, you know, the, the party should stop the parties should stop fighting each other but now you know it was very clear that Azerbaijan is at fault Azerbaijan is invading the territory of the Republic of the Republic of Armenia and we need we need something like that that that's very said that there's going to be a further resolution in, in the Congress that would condemn aggression you know and, um, you know, I know, you know, a lot of people say we concrete something tangible. But unfortunately, at this point, what well, we have diplomacy, because, you know, I, I I completely agree that for the last on more to strengthen Armenia, we should have strengthened our own potential. Fortunately, that wasn't done properly, as we all saw. In yeah. the last couple of war, in the war that we're facing now, uh, so at this point we can't say you know we have to do this, we have to do that. Of course we have to do that, but right now we simply don't. We, we just don't have that luxury to simply you know do that. We we sh- should do it from hand, you know. But right now we need powerful, strong diplomacy by by the you know great powers, superpowers to actually stop this. And um, I actually heard last guest, 
uh, and I, I think she was also making a great point. Armenia's Armenia's ally, Russia, is not doing that. I mean, you know, clear uh, calls that Azerbaijan should withdraw from the territory of Armenia, that Azerbaijan is invading the territory of the Republic of Armenia. No, very indicative uh, that what is going on is in, in some way or is coordinated with Russia. I mean, unfortunately, you know, this is the reality. Just by looking, we can't just ignore the facts. Uh, we have to look them straight. And, you know, we can bet into the why Russia has put in the president of Russia policy. But, you know, very briefly, this, this was obviously years in the making happening now. You know, obviously, Russia getting closer to Turkey, the role in this, in this Russian policy. Russia getting closer to us. Azerbaijan so plays a policy and, and obviously, you know, it's there are indications to Putin obviously is calculating that, you know, maybe, I don't know, like, like uh, with these two is better or, or serves his ends better than commitment uh, to the alliance uh, to Armenia, which is actually, uh, you know, it's, it's fab agreements. We have the 1990s seven agreement of joint defense with Russia. Actually, Armenia called upon to implement, uh, but hasn't been so far far. We are also uh, part of this Russian-led CSTO collectivization, which again, Armenia called upon uh, under Article 4 of Protection State, which is under attack by a third party. It hasn't been again, you know, been again put in force uh, by the CSTO. Uh, even it's it's all come to Armenia, uh, you know, saying that he is planning to do so in the near future. You know, ASAP. I mean, right now, even right now, there's a strong talk that they're on Armenia from Nakhichevan, from joint Turco-Azeri forces that the uh, so-called Zeri army in Nakhichevan is actually staffed from Turkey. Uh, you know, they have a you know common border with Nakhichevan. It's very porous. So it's, it's you know, there there there's a strong Turkish Turkish military Nakhichevan. So, you know, uh, uh, there's a strong military intelligence that uh, you know Turkish forces are accumulating in Nakhichevan. And there might be like an attack from the occupied Arsah part that the Azeris are attacking. But they're going to have this prompt invasion of Armenia, of Vyazor and Sunni provinces of the Republic of Chevan and from the occupied Arsah area, from from Karvajar and, and those already are occupied by the Azeri army. Since, uh, you know, May of 2012, they occupied already great deal of the territory of the Republic of Armenia since one. And, you know, Armenia has been repeatedly pointing this out, especially in Russia, which, you know, as you can see, it's or soon it's going to be like almost a year and a half. They haven't done anything. And I, and I said, like, the reason 
they haven't done anything. Uh, there are these, you know, uh, I mean, even the 2020 war already showed to me there are these agreements, you know, these agreements between these three parties, Russia uh, and uh, Turkey. Uh, and th- this was actually very strong indication of this 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 collaboration, which is of course geared again. The, uh, February of 2022, this year, uh, alliance, economic and otherwise, that was signed between Russia and Azerbaijan for the the war with Ukraine. Actually, just a couple of days before. For the Putin signed this agreement with Aliyev on uh, February 22nd of 2020, John, you know, citing alliance. Well, if if you know, he he says I'm an ally, enemy of Armenia. Uh, then at least that should raise strong concerns on our part. You know, they just keep saying Putin and Russian leadership saying, you know what, it's not geared against a separate. We have our own, you know, treaties with our Well, fine, but, you know, on the ground, those agreements, you're not, you know, you know you're not doing anything. I mean, again, like I said, Armenia already invoked this disagreement between Russia and Armenia. They haven't done anything about that. Yeah. Armenia has called upon the CIA. I mean, aren't we supposed to be the head of it? I mean, you know, we were supposed to lead that uh, pact, right? We're, we're the head of it for right now. Um, and it's like, I, I feel like, we're, what are we supposed to do? Armenia is supposed to be help itself? Like, if they're not going to help? You know, it's it's like, I, I don't get it, you know. And, and well, the fact that, uh, I, I, in your opinion, I mean, for, you know, we all have that sense that something's coming after Pelosi leaves. Do you, is that what's on the street? Like, is that? Do you think that's that's something that's highly likely? Well, it is. It is. It's very dangerous time, uh, Vic. I'm not. Uh, so it's it's like I said. Right now, we need powerful Armenian diplomats out to to you know these countries, to United States, EU, uh, and, and not only these countries. I mean, Iran is also another country that is has. Very much going on. They have mobilized their forces uh, in the in the north of their country because they're also against this so-called uh, Zangezur corridor, yeah. quote unquote. They actually call this corridor uh, as Gates of Turan. Mm-hmm. That this is a pan-Turkish plan of uniting not only Azerbaijan also through Turkey with. Turkey. I mean, Turkey is behind all of this, these machinations. John, and beyond Azerbaijan to, you know, Central Asia and even beyond on a country that, you know, is, is very volatile and has great deal of concern, which also stakes its own claim against North Iran, saying that yeah. Northern is also part of so-called Azerbaijan. Azer- yeah. we, remember, we talked we, about we spoke this, about right? this yeah. one time during your live with you. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So Iran also has this great concerns on this pan Turkish Turan corridor going across Armenia. And even in twenty uh declaration, there there isn't anything about so called like uh, there's only that 
you know, a communication route should be open between the, the countries. Like there's no wording of a corridor. And now they're pushing for this corridor, which is the sovereign territory of Armenia and make it like an open zone that you can basically like smuggle weapons or anything like that. And there are no checks. Yeah. They're not no no like your own uh, yeah, free post, really, you know, they can do whatever they want. So yeah. uh, for now, really according to the paperwork, uh, Russia's Fezbe would be in control if that so-called corridor were to be signed by Nikol. Today, that signature, there's some type of paper that's out, supposedly. This is coming from Armenian media, that if Nikol signs that, literally hours after he signs, you will see another attack. And we'll know about this signature after it's been signed. Is that something you're hearing in Armenia? Uh, yeah, but uh, like I have to point out that several high rankings with the uh, Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan and others in the government, like the Speaker, repeatedly have stated that there would be no corridor going through Armenia. I mean, we're going to open the communications. Okay, fine. But there's there's no corridor in the Nova. Forget about that. We're not gonna we're not gonna stand by that. So even you know, and, and there, for example, like Russian border guards involved, it has to be Armenian Armenian checkpoint and going through sovereign territory of the Republic of Armenia. The Armenian yeah. checkpoints as well. Okay. <laughs> Because this is a very crucial thing. Get their foothold into Tunic, and this is actually eventually they'll just hand it over to the enemy, just exactly. like they did with Nakhichevan. Exactly. That's exactly what they exactly. did. This is this is not about like you know opening out eventual annexation of Tunic and having like this link with Chevan, which, as you know, you know, is historic part of Armenia. Now it has zero percent Armenian ethnically. Cleansed. If if we leave Arsaf also within, you know, so-called, that's exactly is, is what's going to happen. We we saw through history that Armenians very rule. They don't live. Okay, they're just basically ethnically cleansed, killed. It's not going to happen. So we know what's going to happen to Sunik with with this so-called uh, pushed Zangezur quote unquote corridor, and you know. Even Iranian officials have been saying that there's no territory by the name of Zangezur. Yeah. That's already upon the sovereign territory of the Republic of Armenia. There's a province of Sunik of Armenia. There's no such a thing as Zangezur. Yeah, there's okay? no such a thing. There's I a, mean, there's a, even the name Azerbaijan was taken from Persia. From, from the actually, northern, it was like yeah, a northern Persia, territory. Yeah, yeah, who actually appealed. Still is. Exactly. That's why oftentimes even their officials, they call the Bak who refer it as Azerbaijan. Because they say Azerbaijan, the real Azerbaijan is in south of Arax River. Mm -hmm. There's no Azerbaijan north of Arax River. They call it like, like or even so-called Baku Republic, okay? It's, there's never been, you know, this. this the, that's the real name of the province of Iran. It's always have been south of the territory of Armenia and on the 
Kur River, that was the territory of Albania. There's came from Central Asia as invaders. They killed, destroyed, and assimilated the Albanians, okay, of these territories. Their, their, their survivors are exterminated, the lesbians and others. The native population of so-called Azerbaijan exterminated. And they're doing the same thing to the Armenians as well. Uh, coming back again to the original question, we, I mean, absolutely. I mean, the, the, now this is what we can do again. You know, long term, I can say what fortunately, like we need short term solutions. We don't have the time. We're like, we're as we speak. Yeah. So with, right now, only very powerful diplomacy. That's all I can say. Armenia stronger, first of all, economically, militarily, and otherwise. For 30 years, you know, we just, you know, slept at the wheel, so to speak, as, as so-called oil money, you know, pumped it into their military, you know, our leadership, unfortunately. All the all the previous governments, all even the current one. We, what it's been two years since the war. We still we're still like we still have issues with our own anti drone defense, mm -hmm. with our anti aircraft defense, missile defense, long range our own like you know our weaponry. What have they? Years two years have passed. So you know I don't want to you know be negative right. Right now, you know, that's not the time. No, no, no but, it's not, but it's not easy. But it's not easy. I'm sure the climate's changed quite a bit over there over I, the last... I, you know, I, I understand that. Of course it's not easy, but, you know, if, if they can't deliver the government, you're taking the fate of the country between the people into your own hands. If you do the task, you should step aside, you know? This is this is what, what they do in yeah. normal countries. You, so... Gevork, what, um, what what is the atmosphere there of the people as far as? Yeah, I was about to say I was about to say the same thing. I mean, what are, what are people's thoughts and what is the vibe going on as far as uh, not only you know the, the what's going on you know uh, with the war, but even Nancy Pelosi entering Armenia, meeting with Nikol Pashinyan and uh, the Armenian government. What what is the vibe going on? What is what is the culture? Saying how how are we basically uh, receiving all of this? How, what's going on in Armenia right now? Well, uh, as this was a historic visit because you know she's the third ranking highest person and in the visited Armenia, so that kind of spotlighted Armenia more and showed solid. So obviously, you know that this is a great deal of moral and diplomatic support. People are excited. The people are excited. And this is a very good start. You know, it opportunity. It opens a window of dialogue. Uh, but we should, we should not, we should develop upon this. And, you know, we should basically continue with the United States on the diplomatic front, on, on other fronts as well. Uh, and, and we have been, you know, to the, credit even to to this to the credit of this government they, they realize what's going on so you know even like i said secretary of yesterday was very important because he sent a clear signal 
to Aliyev that you cannot wave of aggression against Armenia. There will be repercussions for that. Not that you know, now yeah. we have to build upon the and and the worst thing would be like because they constantly stay state that oh no, you, Armenia should not have a dialogue with you. Should not reach out to the United States. Well, obviously. You can see that, you know, those own national interests would not say that. I mean, we should question people who come diplomatic moves that Armenia wants to sort of, you know, have different sort of because the, the security structure system that was in place for 30 years, seeing that it's not working, it's crumbling in front of our eyes. You know, the commitments of our soldiers. Are, are not being delivered. So, you know, it's only the right thing to do a new security architecture for Armenia yeah, yeah on all fronts. Yeah. So our, you can even see on the streets, you know, they're excited, they're hopeful. Of course, of ordinary people, uh, guys, you see a lot of concern, you know, they're concerned because they, they realize that the war is still ongoing. They realized that a new attack public of Armenia by these Turkish Azeri forces can take at any moment. Exactly when Nancy Pelosi uh, leaves Armenia, this is what they say in Independence Day, you know, September 21st. Uh, so there are a lot of concerns, you know, you, you see a lot of people doing volunteer work, you know, think, you know, clothing for for our warriors that are defending our borders. And, you know, a lot of people are also, you know, volunteering. I mean, you see a lot of this on every of Yerevan, you know, just especially young people to their credit. You know, they're volunteering food, medicine, clothing, uh, you know. This is happening right God now. God forbid. Right now. Okay. Oh, right now. Right now, for the so they they they're kind of getting ready. Maybe, almost they yeah. kind of sense it that it's yeah. going to happen yeah. no matter what. Yes, we have to be ready. We have to be ready for. We have to be ready even for an all-out mobilization. You know, and our brothers and sisters in the diaspora, I would even say, be ready to help in again, like with you know, military supplies. I don't know any. That even physically here, if you can, that's fine. Think of how you can help. I know, like in the lot of maybe perhaps after the war, you know, with the result, there was a lot of disappointment. Understand the pain, but right now we can't just give up and say, you know, so many things. Uh, just you know, find ways if you can directly help. Uh, in, with those, you don't have to go through a third party. Be ready. Be ready to defend Armenia at our motherland. We can't just give up and say, you know, we just give up. We're tired. I don't know. Where is we? You know, this is this is a this is a fight. This is a this is a a fight to for. We should be always ready to do that. And you know, all Armenians, not just the Armenia worldwide. Yeah. Uh, you know, they say yeah. we're like ten million. You know, worldwide. I mean, that's a powerful and organize. I think our greatest uh, drawback 
you know, we're always weak at mobilization and organization. We need to, we need, we need to mobilize our resources. We're not mobilizing our resources. Again, I don't want to be critical at this point, even like our, you know, embassies are be more. I mean, every consulate and embassy of the Republic of Armenia, every center society has to be a mobilizing center for the local community. Um, like if we're talking about the LA community, okay, our consulate should be the point around. They haven't delivered on that. Yeah. You know, they haven't mobilized our community there. You know, like even they, this, this has to be done. This should have been done. Like, it's like people should have been there already, like on rosters of who kids of this kind of a scenario. If somebody, for example, like wants to volunteer, he has like a United States army, like has been a ranger or like in the special forces, that person, like this type of, this type of coordination. Yeah. If, if somebody is, is going to donate, has like donation, like for example, in the United States, we have a lot of people that are in the military in the United States, even retired people. Can you imagine the level of their expertise? Drones, yeah, even yeah, on but military. The, the problem is the government won't allow those people to, especially from, from the diaspora. You know, they, they uh, the problem we have with the current government is that they've completely shut off the diaspora. They almost insulted all of us, you know, like but this, this, stay this out government of it is not the one responsible for that. What do you mean? Rob, so the, the diaspora, diaspora being was shut able out to vote. I mean, recently. Yeah, no, that's not recent. Uh, Robert Kochina is the ones that took away diaspora's right to vote. No, I'm not talking about voting. Not voting. I'm not talking about voting. Overall, to have a voice. Well, if you can't vote, you can't have a voice. Well, well, why didn't Nico bring it back? I mean, he's in because charge. He's now. just as buddy. They're all the same. They're all the same. Uh, there is no difference. There's no difference. Okay. Four in a row. All four are uh, the same people. I'm just, I'm just hoping with Nancy Pelosi showing up to Armenia with you know with her delegates and meeting with Prime Minister uh, Pashinyan, uh, I just hope there isn't any sort of desperation or any sort of weakness shown on our behalf because from the videos you watch i mean it, it just shows constant gratitude constant thanking constant it's like look you, you can thank somebody just a certain show. amount of time no, I, I know i know it's like you guys you guys gotta try yeah, harder than fun. this i just hope there isn't weakness this- and desperation showed on behalf of armenia because yeah. when when somebody of that stature sees weakness and desperation. I mean, Yo, that Greg, let, let's, let's Greg's continue. Let's continue to bend over backwards and pull down our pants. Let me put yeah. it to you that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, look, um, I know you got to get to work. So um, thank you so much for, for, for Thanks, joining us. Appreciate thank it. You. Thank you. Uh, we'll thank definitely you, talk you, to you offline. We have a lot of stuff coming up sure. with our show. So uh, again, thank you so much. Be safe. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. And then, uh, <laughs> Hopefully everything works yeah. out, man. Yeah. So. Great. 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 Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Kev. Thank you. Thank you, you know, for joining us. God be with Armenia. We have to be strong. Okay. Yes, definitely. Okay, guys. Thank, thank you. you. Take care, brother. Take care. Thank you. Sorry for the uh, choppy audio. Yeah, guys. Sorry. He's, he's in Armenia, so um, I, I think his connection was just not the best. <laughs> Maybe Azerbaijan's doing something. <laughs> See, he's in dialogue. Uh, yeah. Um...
All right, so we have Stepan Partamian who's going to join us next. Uh, I, th- I see him in the green room. Mm-hmm. Looks like he's ready. Uh, Stepan, he's joining oh, us from Armenia, yeah, right? He's in Armenia yes. too. He's in so yeah. hopefully his audio is not choppy yes. either. Yeah. So, guys, uh, if your kids aren't sleeping, put your kids to bed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. So, <laughs> Ste- I think Stepan's going to be joining <laughs> Wisenet style. Maybe look at that face. Some bombs might go flying. Look at that face. Happy belated well, birthday. Why, why is, Do we sing you happy birthday? Well, my birthday, but the whole year is my birthday. Uh, why is it that um, my name is uh, put the kids into the bed and such? Um, I think the kids need to listen to me more than the. I'm just going to give you a scenario of what's going on. Right now, diaspora is in action, but uh, if you have a hostile neighbor in your street, listen to you, you become ready for that neighbor to do so many things. So what you do is um, security monitoring systems and you put it on your door, on your backyard, so that neighbor is doing to you. But what we do is we uh, that we're having a barbecue. Oh, hold on. And then step suddenly... On, step on, step on. Are, you, are you able to connect uh, like a headset or something so your voice is not choppy? I, th- I think that Armenia in general is really having internet issues because it, it was happening with Gevok yeah, as with well. Gevok. There's something now, going you, on. L- let, me, let me ask you a question. Are you, uh, is the phone on any sort of stand or something? Yeah, it is. If the, if How the, about the, okay, the, the only reason why I say it is because if the bottom of the microphone is covered, the audio may go in and out. That's why. Okay. Now, I can't see my is a proper angle right now because this, you know. Okay. Can you, you can push the right phone now? back a little bit. Push the phone back a little bit, or you go back. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Right. That's that it. works. I, I that works. Myself. Right, we could. Okay. Is this is this yeah. better? Yeah, I think that's yeah. that's better. But I I can't see myself from the phone right now. It's okay. We could see you. We, we could, could see, see you though. perfectly. Oh, oh you, fell, you just. Fell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The beauty of All doing right, a here. live show. Stepan Ura Studio Ba. Yeah, because in I tried with my uh, with my computer, but uh, the, I'm using the um, cell phone uh, reception. Uh, now we have never been ready. We will never be ready because we are the Horovats. As I said, on your street, your next door neighbor is you become ready for it. But what we do is we continue doing chorovazes to come over. Nancy, come over. We're having a chorovaz. And then suddenly in the backyard is so happy. But your neighbor next door is planning on destroy. I've been in Armenia for two weeks right now. I came to pay for the 20 sessions, which I did. And right now I am here to document your front button uh, about how we're doing things. And uh, one is it best of times people are having uh, the of what's going on in Ar- Armenia is not the same as what's going on in Armenia. And uh, we can ne- never unite and we will never unite, get organized. And that's the 
problem with Armenians. Armenians, we have, have unorganized organizations. Um, we have things that we do in the diaspora. Uh, I'm so negative right now in what I'm saying, but that's the reality. Um, all the uh, locations, restaurants, uh, yes, there are some kids on the streets collecting water, uh, but it, it is not an organized thing. It's like, like um, my uncle is doing this, so let me go and help him. Another uncle is doing something. Um, yet, we need to get organized. Let's forget what has happened before. Uh, for two years after the war, having our chorovat and barbecue instead of being ready. In the diaspora, uh, you guys know that I'm always against the rallies and the protests. The point for the last 25 years that those are things that doesn't help anybody. In San Angeles, there was a demonstration in front of the uh, Azerbaijani embassy. On a Sunday, nobody is there. Uh, we just demonstrate because it's better to do it on a um, Or like there was another demonstration again late at night. Or We just uh, give speeches, being very emotional, um, utilize emotion. One thing that the Armenian nation lacks is logic. Yes, who are intelligent and logical, but they are very minute uh, portion, very um, the the nation. So, so, as far as don't get involved in politics, uh, I look at things from a perspective. Nancy Pelosi was going to drive by, and, and they were idiots to USA. They were. People organized uh, on the streets, American flag. And so tomorrow, if China does the same thing, we will do the same thing. The mentality that Armenians have in the diaspora and in Armenia is Armenia. Uh, Armenia needs to have a strong army. The local government, I mean, the current government and the past government has had a strong army. We're still having our bar barbecue from Levon Derbedros to Sarkisian's days to Nigol's days. Uh, you know, the, cover the government is not a nationalistic government. It, it is an internationalist. Uh, there's been threatening Armenia for so many years, and Armenians are saying, no, we can that mentality needs to be changed in the government of Armenia today. So this is reality, but nobody wants to understand reality. Very nationalistic and start singing Banco Toman Karavadze. That was what have we done in the hundred years? And as you know, in Armenia, you don't have people who are experts in their field, assigned to, to those fields. From Nigo's system to Robert to, to Roberts to Levons. It is always Khanamid Zanot Paragam becomes your 
becomes your uh, interior minister instead of, uh, or you it be, uh, to America, instead of having a career uh, um, diplomats and how to do things. So, so I don't see a bright future for diaspora, nor in Armenia. We will always be under somebody's else dictatorship. And now, as you guys know, <clears throat> what's going on in this thing prior, and I saw some of the comments, uh, we're so naive in belief uh, in Islam war. We are so naive to believe this is a territorial war between them. Uh, uh, the key element is Iran. And if you guys know North-South Highway being built in Armenia, to accommodate it's their, it's their trade route. Yes. Yeah. To go to the Black Sea. Mm-hmm. We are so not Azerbaijan is only ninety nine years old. We are seven thousand years old. Those are the Armenian genocide happened because of petroleum. Today because of petroleum too. Nineteen fifteen it was the Iraqi petroleum, it is the Iranian petroleum. So we as Armenians need to wake emotional I love you, you hate me situation. We need to be more loyal. are not ready for anything today. We will ne- never be ready for anything because we love this situation when an order doesn't do anything. And the, the sad part is that that these 5,000 who were killed during the war, they went in vain. So unfortunate. So uh, a wake-up call to Armenians will never have their genocide occurs. And, and uh, again, immediately after genocide that happens, we will go back to our status and having biting our leaders to come and say oh you guys are so good uh, you know Khrimian Hayrik had a very important message 100 years ago have we implemented it? no Armenia is that you know like I always bash Armenians by saying I know everything uh, it is very prominent in Armenia uh, in regardless, you give an advice, they tell you, I know everything. Stepan, uh, you don't, they, you don't yes, think the, the, the military army has improved over the last two years? No militaries, my dear friend. There is no military because Nigos has created uh, a vacuum in military power so not be thrown out. Now, what you see is, yes, there are, I mean, right now, talk about those things right now. Yes, there is a military, but you guys know better that uh, orders are not being given to defend. Orders are in 2020 to protect Shushi. Shushi was given because it was agreed upon. Died, they died in vain. So, yes, right now, volunteers tier units alongside of whatever it 
challenges. I don't want to go in detail. But again, you say, let's buy shoes, let's buy vests, let's buy bikes. Uh, uh, those are, are for the volunteers. It is not for the Armenian. And uh, let's not go there, but continue. I would like to talk about the Armenian has destroyed Armenia. Yes, Stepan, I want to add something when you talked about the oil as far as the Armenian genocide. There, there is a book called Betrayal, The Promise Never Kept. And uh, it really talks about mm. why, how the Armenian genocide happened because of the oil. So those of you out there who want to um, definitely read it. It's a great book. Again, it's called Betrayal, The Promise Never Kept. <coughs> and it's written by, it's co-written by a bunch of Armenian authors and also non-Armenians. And it's a great book. So. I don't know if you read it or not. And nothing has changed today. 2022, it is the Iranian petroleum gas. Because remember, Azerbaijan went and made a deal with petroleum. Russia is saying, I'm not going to provide you, but Azerbaijan is providing. And Russia are brothers trying to destroy Iran pigs in between that everybody's experimenting on. If you guys remember in 2020, the North-South Highway was being, after the war, it stopped. Just recently, the North-South Highway, their construction. Now we have this war. I mean, things from emotion, emotional perspective, but it is all about the north side. It allow Iran to take its products to the Black Sea. So, uh, smarter, you know, you guys know that I use the word abush very uh, randomly. We are really anushatirs. We look at things that, like, what pisses me off is, let's pray for Armenia. Forget about the past. I don't know who was praying in 1915, but in 2020, Armenia, and we lost Artsakh, and we will lose Artsakh next. Our so, Armenians are so idiots. They go after emotions instead of going after. You guys know I've been talking about this thing for 20, 25 years. Yet, aid of expressing the truth. Now, there are certain people who are in on because of their relations. Armenian government is very incompetent. The Armenian government is based on and not experts. Uh, I read someplace that the economy minister was actually it was I didn't read the article, but somebody said that they said that thing and I it's very. It, it could be very, very possible. Like uh, there was an uh, economy is much better than the Saudi Arabia economy today. The last seven proposal, the economy, uh, the minister of economy was build more hotels. To be so stupid to believe that a country that has provided petroleum to do, it has less economy. Than and our economy. Um, uh, I, I'm not. A, I can't predict what's going to happen. 
but in the diaspora and in Armenia, uh, I can predict that they are sheep and is the shepherd that uh, shows them where to eat and they just follow. So yeah, that's my point. I don't know. See, this is the problem right now. I'm sure everybody's going to bash me for telling the truth, but take action on it. Uh, we, we diaspora the... can do nothing. Go ahead. Uh, uh, diaspora can do nothing about Armenia and all your protests of whatever you guys want to send to Armenia uh, is, is only like one personal hundred percent that can change. We need to be more firm on government. We have to do better. And see, the problem with diaspora, and I have stated in my past shows, is that they like to take with whoever the leader is. They, diaspora leadership doesn't care. It's very emotional. Yes, yes, about that. We need to be real in how to deal with Armenia, Armenia's social structure and how the young Armenians are getting in Armenia. When somebody's salary is $125, restaurant in Armenia and have a tomahawk for $150. Working there is getting paid $10 or $15 tips if he gets tips. Uh, the the mentality needs... Uh, I had an interview late uh, earlier this year where I said that Armenian needs to be changing, changing Armenia. Because with the last 100 years, 100 years before that, we as Armenians have turned into vochkars. Make money... However, we can make money from, we are ready to do that. Journalistic agenda. Um, we, and it's so at us from that perspective, and they know that, that we are that. If $500 million and I'm going to give it to Armenians, um, whoever is a stupid guy will say, but. Aron Partamian took me asking Badivnik in our country. Uh, if you guys know, Rupen Vartanian won't give away his Russian uh, um, citizenship and moved to Artsakh. Anything. Do you know that the Putin Act in Congress has as one of the oligarchs who, whose assets could be seized? Because in Russia and Ukraine. And I published it on my oh, wall. Yeah. Um, about this. His name is one of the names of the people that the Putin Act, you know what uh, number is the the motion. Uh, but see, we are emotional. No, he's trying to protect denouncing his uh, Russian citizenship. So again, those are realities, but we don't, everybody is dependent on the other person who has $1 more of that. Not only the poor person who has 
is only one dollar in his pocket. It is even less millions than the other person who is a billionaire. Stefan, so, we have, so we have about seven seven minutes with you left. Really quickly, we named this podcast. Perfect. The, I the go fa- back to sleep. <laughs> we, we named the podcast "Fate of Armenia." Very, very quickly, with the with about now the six minutes we have left, how do you see the fate of Armenia after Nancy Pelosi leaves, after this war continues, or hopefully it completely ends? What? How do you see? How does it play out? How does this all play out? Very quickly. I'm not, I, I can't predict, but I am. Nothing is going to change between what Azeris and Turks want to do to Armenia. We are Sherep. We don't have the Yerga the Sherep. Khrimi and Haidik said we need Yerga Tesher uh, Sherep. So right now, it is all about Iran. Forget exists. Armenia exists only for us. We have haven't made Armenia so strong. Say with all the intellect that we have in the diaspora, uh, and because it, you guys know about my books and how, how I present Armenians who have changed the whole planet. But none of those inventions help help Armenia because Armenia proper with Armenia because I I call the whole planet Armenia the diaspora highest. He say yes, kidem. Nothing is gonna change. And pessimistic. Uh, we can change those things once we accept. As an Armenian national character, we don't accept our faults. We only say, I, I know. Here in Yerevan, every day, from a waiter to taxi driver to, they know jack shit. What you when you try to explain to them, they interrupt you and say, <clears throat> today Nigo says, I know. His defense minister says, I know. I made a joke that his defense minister was in Washington and he was defending Armenia, but he came back right away. Um, so, um, I mentioned that Yerevan lies. We need to be real and stop lying to each other, to each other. The fate of Armenia changes the minute we accept why we are lost, except that the diaspora has more knowledge on how to take care of issues, yet another bunch of liars. So we have selective people in the whole world, million Armenians in the whole planet. I can assure you there's only 100,000 Armenian wannabes. Now, whoever wants to uh, say I'm having fun with what I'm, let them say it. Uh, the, my Armenia, we're going to be slaves to another nation, either Russia or the Turks. This is my statement by giving you an example. Hawaii is one of the states of Hawaii has its own culture and it has an own language. Yet Dovi is English. So Ar- Armenia has two choices right now. Uh, part of the ex-Soviet Union being under it becomes one of the wilayats of the Turkic, pan-Turkic uh, plan. With local government right now, it's going towards the pan-Turkic 
uh, Aida Luis. Stefan, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Stefan. really appreciate it. Appreciate that, uh, Be, be safe. see you back at home, Yeah, Stephon. when you get back, we'll have you on. By the way, it's very safe here. There's nothing going on. Tourists are on the streets. Plants are packed. Uh, coffee shops are packed. Nothing that you guys think that border and those small border villages and just like the song Adonai Vokhba song that everybody starts crying. It says Zeytun is another village. Adonai is another village. They did not help each other during the as thriving with businesses. Party loose. Have, enjoy, enjoy the rest we, of your we trip. We couldn't there, get Stepan. one positive word out of you again, Stepan. One positive word out of you. Negative doesn't mean I'm not positive. I am the most positive person on this planet. Is not. He's a realist. Negative. A realist. Yeah, yeah a realist. Stepan, realist, enjoy the rest the of your trip in Armenia. Is not negative. All right. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, brother. We'll see you when you get back. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Uh, it's, Take care, Stepan. Take it. It's it's funny. Stepan says that where he goes, the restaurants are full, the cafes are full. Uh, on the thirteenth, when the attacks were taking place, my parents were in Armenia, and uh, I I I called my I called my parents and I said, you know, I waited for you know morning and I said, are you guys okay? Is everything fine? Their reaction was. Why, what's well, going yeah, on? Why, why, what's, yeah. what's going on? I'm like, well, what do you mean? What's going on? That's brutal. I'm like, are you, are you, are you guys safe? Is everything That's okay? Are you, I, I know you guys were in Jermuk uh, two days ago. Is, I mean, uh, and they go, what are you talking about? Everything is fine. I'm like, well, there was an attack in Armenia. And he, my mom was like, okay, yeah, you know, where? And I was like, well, in, J- in Jermuk, in, in different areas of, you know, the south border of Armenia. Papa. Yeah, in Rapa. And she goes, there's no way. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, is nobody talking about it? She goes, well, no, not really. I mean, we had breakfast. Your, da- your dad was downstairs. And I mean, everything felt like, you know, just another day in, in Yerevan. Arno, that's a perfect way to... Actually, the funny thing is my, my sister-in-law is in Armenia right now. Same thing. When when we reached out to her to see if everything... She's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, oh, we heard there were some little shootings Guys, don't and forget things the like that. Same yeah. media, the same media control yeah. we have here. Armenia media is... Pretty much owned by two, three yeah. people as well. Nicole being one of them, and the other two past presidents being the other two owners of all media in Armenia. Yeah, that's very so true. You get what you get. Yeah. Um. Uh. One thing I want to before we bring our next next our next guest is actually uh he's a he's a listener he's a fan of our show and he's in Armenia right now and he wanted to kind of uh chime in and give his view from being there. Uh, his name's Levon uh, Stepanian. But before I bring him on, I want to mention something. Everybody in the chat. Please be respectful towards each other. Uh, we understand that this is a very emotional hot time, topic. Yeah. hot topic. You know, we all have opinions. Um, just respect one another, please. Yeah, um, we were we were just talking about uniting. So see, oh, oh, wait, so really quickly. Al, Alex is saying, bring someone with better connection. Alex, listen, if I was the owner of the Charter or Spectrum in Armenia, I'd make better connection. We don't have power for that, man. Uh, the people are getting on. Whatever the internet signal is there, that's what it is. Unfortunately, yeah. Armenia is a third world country, man. They don't have the luxuries of the 5Gs and the Wi-Fis we have here. So you got to bear with us, brother. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you guys uh, you guys have luxuries here. 
Yeah. Yeah. For, we're first world problems, yeah. right? First world <laughs> yeah. problems. So uh, I'm going to bring on Levon and, uh, you know, like I said, he, he's going to be listener. video or audio? It's video. It's video. Video, again? video. So hopefully he's in let's, connection. Let's, let's, yeah, yeah, let's if it, try it. If, if, here's if the thing. it's static, he's change it to audio only. Have him call in because, it. I mean, the listeners are right. I mean, we can't even hear anything. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's on. Yeah. It's, uh, I can't make out some of the words yeah. myself. It's like listening to Nancy Pelosi speak. I mean, Nancy Pelosi is worse than that. <laughs> All right. Well, we, let, we, let's, let's we cross to, our. We need, to, we need to fix it. Uh, yeah, the Wi-Fi in Armenia, and that could be the first. Well, we can even walks, provide a translator for that lady. We're of, still complaining. Watch on with an IV of liquor. All right. Let's cross our fingers, and those of you give, uh, you know, pray that his connection is better. So here we go. Levon. Hello. Well, can you guys hear me? Yes. Yes. Hi, Levon. Third time's the charm. I tapped into Pelosi's connection, so I don't have the, uh, the Joe Biden. There you, there you go. You oh, took your Wi-Fi with you, didn't you? Yeah, pro, I don't even know. I guess the people I'm, I'm with, uh, we got good Wi-Fi here. All right, you got the hookups. Uh, nice. First of all, well, Levon, I uh, like I said, Levon is a is a is a follower, listener of our podcasts, and uh, he's you're there right now visiting, correct? Yes, I've been here for approximately two weeks now. Okay. Oh, uh, wow. Seeing my fiance, future wife, and family. Wow! I don't know yeah. if we should congratulate you on that at this point. <laughs> the man is crossing into some dangerous territories. <laughs> well, we'll see what uh, what the Biden administration, along with Homeland Security, says with the uh, extra long wait times for visas. I like oh, Levon. Wow. wow! Yeah. Well, Levon, I uh, like you guys too. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, you know, we were talking off, uh, you know, a couple of days back and, and you, you sent me some videos of just the atmosphere in, in Armenia. And, you know, like yeah. I said, we've, we've heard of things where, yeah, there's small kind of like, you know, collecting water that just like how Gevork was saying, but you sent me some videos where it was just like, that people don't give two shits at this yeah, point, you know? Um, so you being, from here and visiting right now, what is your opinion? What, what can you just give us some information? What is the overall atmosphere, the climate there, climate, like your point of view from being okay. from America, from here, LA? Yeah. You know. Well, I'm I'm not from LA. I'm actually from Philly. Oh, all right. But, Sorry, um, yeah. Philly. My bad. <laughs> you should but, come to okay, LA. Okay, so the videos I sent you, the videos I sent you was uh, kind of like how how uh, Stepan was saying, you know. If you're in Yerevan, blah, 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 this and that, like that, that was kind of like, um, how should I put it? Like an extreme uh, sense of just not, not ignorance. I don't know the, quite the right word to use, but that's just your everyday. You know, that wasn't even, that was not in Gentron. That was not, in, you know, anywhere in the, you know, go-to places in the city or anything like that. That was just your everyday, you know, walk in the park. You know, walking down the street, gas station, you know, yeah. taxis bustling, all that stuff, you know. But um, as far as the people's mindset, um, what I've seen from my friends and relatives, um, I don't know if that's not the majority, but I would like to think it's at least more than half. But so here's what I would, th- I would say and how I would put it. Stepan was saying, you know, Right? No, thanks, Chief. I was out yesterday. Um, we sat down for a picnic just to have, you know, lunch. We were in Dilijan. And we sat down and my father-in-law said, you know, 
we, we're not going to do a fire or anything like that. And there was other picnics, you know, a couple people here and there, and they saw us, you know. Um, and the one guy came up and he asked for a little bit of salt, you know, and even he said, he's like, you know, it's, you know, at least we, we both, you know, both parties acknowledged each other saying like, you know, at least there's people still that are respecting that, you know, what's going on, you know, you know, the situation is, is not good. You know, it's, it's, mm. it's worse than not good. Right. And there's people that are still respecting that. We're not doing a photo of us. We're not even lighting a fire. You know what I mean? No, we're not. We wouldn't even play music. Like if we, the only music we played was like, you know, nationalistic songs, you know, yeah. there's the last time I heard a, you know, happy American song was probably the day or two days before the attacks happened. So, you know, and the only thing that I hear people talking about is this, you know, you walk down the street, you just hear a couple of friends just hanging out and that's what they're talking about. The situation, you know, just discussing, um, just discussing this war and this attack. And a lot of times it's not even discussing politics so much. And I will say I, I did have a discussion, a heated discussion in politics with someone, um, a relative. And, you know, I, I came to the realization it's, it doesn't matter what he says, what I say, because no. at the end of the day, us six sitting here, you know, the viewers, everybody, we can say what we think and our opinions. Stepan Partamian can say what he thinks. It doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, we don't actually know. Um, you know, he said, I want to touch on a couple of things um, that he he said. Um, he talked about the military and he talked about how, you know, there's, you know, he, what was the words he used? He said, he said, Nicole, um, I don't know, guys, help me out. He said something about the military and how we're basically just stuck and no one's going to do anything about it. Are you talking about Stepan? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, that was one of the points he mentioned about the military. Anyway, it doesn't matter what he said. Um, the, the fact is that the military is there. Um, if you look at statistics, um, like we start from Levanter Petrosian, like after the first Artsakh war. Let's start yeah. 1990, start 1995. Between, uh, and these are statistics that anybody can find if you dig around. I came across them uh, sometime last year. I don't remember exactly where it was, but it was a document, like an actual document. Um, and basically it tells you, starting from 1995, if not even a little bit earlier, all the way till... Hmm, when I saw it, it was up until the up until the war, around give or take around the war, 2020. So if you look at those stats, you'll see that basically the most amount of weapons that were purchased was during Nikol's time. However, we all know, I'm sure you've all Where seen. Where are those right? weapons today? No, no let, let me finish and you'll understand what I'm talking about. Um, how to lie with statistics, right? Mm -hmm. We've all heard that, stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So when you buy weapons that are useless, when you buy weapons that are outdated or useful, but not updated to where it will shoot down an, a drone or detect something as small as a drone, as fast moving, you know, you know, you can have, you can have, let's say, you know, a rifle, but if you're, you know, if your scope isn't, you know, perfect, you're not going to be able to shoot it down. Right. Let's just make it simple. Yeah, they're, like not, that. they're not matching so, one to one. Yeah, they're so not matching speak, one yeah. to one. They're not even matching half to one, bro. It's yeah. you know, I and I hear people talking about you know, oh, you know, the AKs. You know, they're only giving out twenty AKs in certain village, but there's two hundred people ready to volunteer, 
bro, let's let's be real. An AK-47 isn't going to do anything. No. Even if it's the best rifle in the world, it's still not going to do anything when it comes to a drone that's about to drop bombs or a suicide drone and Kamikaze. you know take out take out 50 people at one point. You know what I mean? And they don't even know it's coming. I mean, you you've all seen the videos from the 2020 war. Soft guy nonsenses. Like 15, 20 people, and we just watched their last minutes, their last seconds, and then boom, it's gone. You see their body parts flying. They didn't even know. And that's, you know, unfortunate that we don't have the weapons, we don't have the defense mechanisms in place. Um, so just because a certain person, a certain administration bought more weapons than another, that, that the statistics don't mean anything. So well, I, I think that's what that's what Stepan was going towards. He was saying there is no military, there is no army. Well, it's not yeah. that there is no army. You can't well, say that. Not, we, I don't mean we, phys, I don't mean physical well, army, as in like we we're have, way behind. We're lacking, as far as technology. We're lacking major upgrades. We're not it's, up to it's date. Not just to compare in comparison to what everyone else has. It's not. It's not just about the equipment. You guys have to realize the, the soldiers we have in Armenia, they're 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. Yeah. These guys are not professional soldiers. They're fighting well, like, against 30, 35-year-old professional soldiers. A professional soldier means that's what they do for a living. They kill for a living. Have you seen the soldiers we have? They're like 130-pound yeah, kids. kids. And, 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 and kids. most I mean, of them can't wait to get out after their two years is done. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it, the truth. They're just something they it, have to go and I'm serve and get out. I'm not questioning their heart. I'm not questioning their will to fight. But there's also the physical aspect of it and the mental aspect of it. You know, a 35-year-old has seen war, has been to different parts of the world. These these kids have never left Armenia. And now to, to have to fight against an enemy, an uns, unseen enemy, because like we talked about drones and all these other you know, AI and so on and so forth. But yeah, they're literally yeah, handed yeah. a gun and said, yeah, I mean, and, and when you see these guys, it's, they're, they're so tiny. But know? guys, besides those soldiers, we do have volunteer groups. We do have. So I want to touch on that. I want to touch on that. Continue. Yeah. Finish what you're saying. I want to touch on that. Though. Well, besides the 18 year olds, we do have volunteer groups. Some of those people are protecting their own homes and, some are sent by the government after a supposed three-month training. But I hear that what happened was the people that were sent on this last three months were the people that were protesting against today's government. And they were supporters of the last two cooks. So we don't, we don't really have accurate information from our own government. That's what we're lacking is information. Look, and that well, could be on purpose too, guys. We probably shouldn't know everything. I heard conversations. I overheard and direct conversations where they were talking about how the military wants to offer uh, soldiers thousand to twelve hundred dollars a month for them to actually stay long term, like be, what the army does. Yeah, vested and committed to the military. Yeah, exactly. They have career. programs like that. Yeah. They have yeah. programs yeah. like yeah. that. Just like well, here. But no, Armand, I understand you say but the 18, 19-year-olds and stuff. But listen, our army is like about 150,000. There's, there's, there's special forces. There's, we have those things. It's just they don't just deploy them we're right away. We're not using them. We're not the using time. them. If, if the Armenian army actually gets deployed, we're 150,000. 
thousand strong with the special forces and different fractions and things like that. And right now, we also have a lot of reservists too. Yeah, a lot of reservists, which they, is another hundred thousand, I think. Yeah, and I'm not talking. If the reservist isn't the person who's you know, Atamnita Tapat's sixty years old, Gunwem Karam, I'm going to die anyway. Let me go out with a bang. I'm talking about people who actually served, whether it was two years or you know. They're actual, they have the knowledge, they go, um, I forget, every few months or so, and they get there. You know, like we have our National Guard here. It's not the same. I'm not going to do a, a one-to-one comparison. Yeah, it's apples States. and oranges. You can't compare. Yeah, but we but we do have a, res, a reservist army, too. Um, and, you know, you mentioned the volunteer groups. A lot of these volunteer groups are people that formed, the units formed an army back in the first war. Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of those men died. However... There are groups that are still there doing their job, doing, you know, they're obligated, you know, that's, they're going to do that until they literally can't, you know, and um, I'm not going to bring names into this. You know, I talked to you about, I might have another guest, but I got his point of view on it and, you know, just had some discussions, but in the first days, or it was only three days, but the first day or two, even the the full, full three days, there they weren't the official military uh, command was not allowing. Uh, could you could say Nicole was not allowing mobilization of those units? Is that on um, purpose? Well, you you can't really say a hundred percent if it's on purpose or not. It could also be a strategic move, like you said. We have special forces. We have real soldiers who have the experience, right? Um, in any war, though, in any battle, you don't send in, especially when you're being attacked. When you're being attacked, you need to defend. I mean, think about chess. You know, you don't send in your queen right away. You don't send in your bishop right away. You have your pawns that make the first moves to create a defensive line. Um, so, again, in three days, it's very difficult to kind of, you know, decide whether it's on purpose or not. Yeah, obviously, we're Armenians. We're very emotional. We'll say, we'll say it was on purpose, right? We'll say... Dawa, uh, gentlemen, this and that. But again, we don't 100% know. Okay. So that being said, I mean, I'll say one small thing and that's it. I don't want to, you know, be like the idiot. <laughs> you guys saw the video. He's like with the Vartani sign behind him saying we yeah. shouldn't be saying our positions, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, you know, as of right now, there are, there are movements going on. You know, when I say movement, I mean actual, you know, troop movement. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, there was, uh, there's a couple groups that are, Azeri groups that are being basically starved. They're encircled. Um, these soldiers, these Azeri soldiers are encircled for the past, yeah, I don't know what's it been now. You know, Before. the Armenian side did use that same tactic in 2020 and advertised to us that we have them encircled, but then looking well, back today... That war didn't end in three days. This is, you know, ceasefire moment. So I'm not, again, it's it's not a very important thing. It's trivial at this point, whether there's 50 soldiers or 10 soldiers that are encircled, whether they'll get starved out, whether they'll, you know, put up the white flag, whether they'll be killed. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. It's not going to make or break anything, but that's just no. a small little. Does that fact. bring back so, the amount of land we have lost in the last three days? So we're talking about three days, but... Three days, we have lost land and 150 plus Armenian brothers and sisters. Yeah, but you lose, yes, you, yes. You lose so the land Turkish during war nation, and you can gain it. I mean, yes, it's back but and the forth. Turkish nation is like 90, 100 million people. 
and well, you're not the entire country goes to war against you. I mean, you're talking about not, armies but, fighting. No, but sure, it doesn't matter, bro. The hundred when you have a hundred million people, you have a bigger military than you do when you're only three million people. Well, besides the military force and numeric value of foot soldiers, I mean, I mean, let's look at Turkey. It's the second strongest NATO military. I mean. And if you look at Greece, about five, six years ago, we all remember how catastrophic their situation was mm-hmm. e- economy-wise. Their military was rotting away. It was worse than Armenia has ever been, basically, in our lifetime. Um, but look at them today. Look at look at the moves that have been made in Greece to, as, as of today, in the past four years. I mean, Greece's military has grown... <laughs> I would say five, five to tenfold at this point from what yeah. it was yeah. in on its last you, state. You're not going to be comparing Armenia to a NATO nation. I'm not because we're not in it's NATO, and, exactly. and in our lifetime, we probably won't ever be in NATO. That's my opinion. Um, and you know, this whole situation that we're in right now with you know CSTO, you know, basically, you know, for you know, forgive my language, but it's a bullshit organization. Yeah. You know, yesterday, um, I forget who. Who it was um, from Russia said, CSTO has not uh, taken out its sword <laughs> yet. Yeah. And I'm like, that's you, the first thought that came to my mind was, that sword has never been taken out for us. It's rotting away. It's stuck in there forever. That sword is dead. It's it not sharp. That's why. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I but think that sword is probably made out of paper like our. Uh, no, bro. That, that's, that sword is made out of the same steel that the, uh, the communists built their, you know, Bolshevik revolution in the USSR, because that's another part of our fall. I mean, you know, you want to talk about division, you know, you had people that lived in Shushi and we all know the massacre of Shushi, right? And there were two schools in Shushi where Armenians went to. You had, you know, your basic Armenian typical school, and then you had a Bolshevik school, right? When the war broke out, you know, after World War One had ended, but, you know, there were still battles and fighting happening on the Eastern Front, right? So there were people that went to that Bolshevik school, and they went and joined the Bolshevik army. Guess who they fought against? Armenians. On the, on the lands of modern-day Azerbaijan, Artsakh. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's really stupid because our people um, are very easy to pander. And the reason for that is because for the past 800 years, we've been, so to speak, in a dire state yeah. as far as Utsun, nation, all that. No kingdom. So no kingdom and no... Statehood. Uh, no, but besides that, just no clear idea. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They just cruised along. Yeah, they cruised along and anybody who got any sense of happiness, any sense of I don't know, joy or safety in regard to their life and how they're going to feel. They moved in that direction. I mean, I had a grandfather who, you know, I, I'll, I'll start with my great grandfather. You know, he he escaped the, the, the genocide. He got captured. He, he got taken to the military, the Ottoman military, and he saw what was going on. He saw that the Armenian soldiers are being basically used as slaves and then slaughtered or used as cannon fodder. And yeah. He saw what was happening and he, he escaped because at that point it was it was basically around 1915, 1916. I mean, back then they, it wasn't, you know, you have to be 18 or older to join. He was around 16 years old back then. And him and a few of his friends were, you know, forcefully taken to the military. And 
in one way you can say it was um, a blessing in disguise for him at least because he lived in in uh, Polis in Constantinople, modern day Istanbul. And he was taken instead of, you know, being one of the people that lived in, let's say, Mush or, or Van that got slaughtered, right? Or got picked up and taken and put on against the wall and just executed, right? Yeah. He was he was lucky not to be one of those people. So when he was he was captured, uh, well, let me get to the point where he was captured. He, he saw what was happening in the military. He escaped, right? He escaped and he was, he was caught by the military. He was put in military prison. He escaped military prison. He dug his way out under the wall. And then he was caught again, I don't know, a week or two later. And at that point, he was basically put under higher supervision. And then he ended up killing some people and escaping again. And at that point, he made his way to uh, the port. And, you know, at the port, he met a Greek guy. He said, the Greek guy said, he's like, you know, relax. He's like, I'm Greek, you know, I'm not Turkish. And he's like, I, I know what's going on. Like, you got to escape too. He's like, there's a ship that's coming in right now and it's going to go to Thessaloniki to Greece. Mm-hmm. So he's like, just rub your face with some dirt, pick up some cargo, whatever, and get on the ship. Be a, You know, act like you're a crew member and just get the hell out of here. So that's yeah, how he is. Yeah. And he ended up living in, in Greece, Thessaloniki for about four or five years, you know, and then he found out about certain, you know, some of his family had made it to Soviet Armenia at, at that point. So in the 20s, you know, early, mid-20s, he, uh, he moved to Soviet Armenia from Greece. Um, but, you know, he was a person that, the reason I talk about this is because he was a person that he was, he respected authority. You know, he was, he saw the, the, the strength, right, of the Soviet, the Soviet Union. And he, he respected that, right? He, he made sure, like, his kids didn't, you know, Discipline. go out and say anything. I mean, you, you had to be disciplined yeah. to basically stay alive for the first 40 years or so, you know, until after Stalin died. And he even told my grandfather, if somebody tells you, like asks you, you know, each part of the this and that, he, he told my grandfather, like just straight up. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Right. Exactly. But again, my grandfather was a very, very, um, strict in regards to how he lived his life as a Soviet citizen. He, he abided by those Soviet rules, not only physically, but also he mentally, you know, he agreed with it, you know, like he went with that plan. My dad's generation, I guess all of our dad's generation, um, they're the ones that started the Soviet type of agenda, right? Yeah. They, they got it, right? I'll give you an example. My father, when he was in college, he had an economics course and the teacher, a Russian teacher asked him, you know, what's the difference? Do a, tell me a comparison between capitalism and communism. And at that point, I guess it was like the beginning of the, uh, the semester. So there wasn't actual, like they went through the book or whatever. So my dad gets up and he's like, basically what that means is what it actually means, what the actual difference is. After he said that, the teacher was just shocked and looking at his face and like pulled him to the side and said, don't say things like that out loud anymore. You'll get yourself killed. (laughs) And gave him a book to go read. And he's like, I went and read this bullshit Soviet book to, not get killed, basically. Wow. <laughs> How to not get killed in Soviet oh, no, Russia? Wow. <laughs> like, tell them, tell them what? What? 
hear. <laughs> Tell them what they want to hear, basically, right? And oh, Jesus Christ. So, and there's, coming to today, I mean, we have people that are, still have that Soviet mentality. And honestly, uh, I mean, it's weird because I'm in my 30s and I grew up understanding what that means, what that mentality is. Like, Soviet sense, Soviet sense. Like, we grew, I grew up in America, but I... I mean, oh yeah, our, pa- our parents, our parents revel in it. They still talk about yeah. it. But, yeah, man. yeah, but, but here's the point. I mean, I don't know if you've tried this, but have you tried debating it with a you know father or, oh, or yeah. you know somebody? Oh yeah. But when you bring out an actual fact, like I said, like my dad will will sit there on his own and you know think about like, you know, this sucked in the Soviet Union. Like, yeah. there's a reason why we wanted to leave. He's like, you know, why 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 did we have to you know have a black market to buy a pair of jeans. Yeah. <laughs> why was there, why were there certain stores that we had to, you know, have um, international currency, let's say a dollar or British pound or whatever to go use those, uh, those, that currency in a certain store to buy a product that's not Soviet. Oh yeah. Any, I mean, anything sure. Western was basically frowned upon. Well, it, wasn't, no, it wasn't frowned upon. Everybody loved no, that stuff. Wasn't man. Allowed, man. No, no, no. As far as the government was like, no, this is this is it's frowned upon as in like it was censored. Bro, I remember during I who's whose time was it? Who was the president? I think it was Nixon, bro, where they introduced washing machines to you Soviet. Were around when Nixon was president. No, of it's, course, this, bro. This, this is shit that I'm there, bro. I remember, <laughs> yeah, Nixon. I remember You see, Lev, this is this is you try to bring up a conversation and a topic no, because is, you say get I remember I remember that's Nixon. Why. Yes. Yes. He, he you have to be very specific Armon. with these guys. Armon. You got to be very Armon. specific with he these guys. He handed him the phone when Nixon called the astronauts. That <laughs> <laughs> was part of Watergate scandal. Congratulations. So, no, I, okay, that's, let me, let me be more specific. I remember, I remember viewing videos and yeah. reading about Nixon uh-huh. when he was meeting with the Soviet Union, where they were. Better. I know when they were introducing them to washing machines, where they were like, "Holy shit!" So we could wash our clothes with this machine instead of by hand. Like anything Western, even if it was to benefit the Soviet Union, was frowned upon or was basically censored. Why? Do you know why? Control the mass. Control. That's what what communistic states do. That's what they've always done. Look Look at at China. Look at North Korea. Buka Party had mentioned something and that basically ties into See how I mean, you say many Armenians were happy in the USSR. It depends on rank and position. Corruption was rampant. Many people lined their pockets. And who was and I mean, who was informing yes. the KGB? Oh, yeah. that? I, I, can give, I can give you an example of that too. This is a, an actual story from my grandmother, yeah. and you know, she grew up in that Stalinist era. Um, so they had a they had a a neighbor who was an artist, right, right here in Yerevan, and. He, had, he took his trash out, I don't know, in, in the evening or whatever. He had an old newspaper thrown in there, right? It had a picture of Stalin on it. The next morning or the, or the, the following evening, the KGB picked him up and nobody ever saw him again. Because he threw out a, he threw out a not a picture of Stalin, but a, a freaking newspaper that had a black and white picture of Stalin in there. Bro, he must Mesh, have been pretty Mesh, rich. That was what, toilet the paper Mesh, back Mesh, then. Mesh, he should have used it for it. toilet paper. <laughs> And that's when the shredder was yeah. invented. Yeah. 
Levon John, um, we're getting close to uh, the time limit we have uh, with you, but um, yeah, yeah. What you was mean, the? What was I, the I you said you had some information from the, the person that might have joined you, but what was? It, is there anything specific that we should know? Or okay, yeah, that's what yeah. I'll touch on. That yeah, please. I I just uh, spilled my not photobots but coffee. Um, so basically, we have we have we have two choices, right? It's either stay in the position we're in, which is under the boot of Russia, which for the past hundred years has shown us at least the past hundred years. We can go further back, but yeah. let's talk about Soviet and post-Soviet times. I mean, R- Russia is not our ally. Russia is not our friend. The only I time agree. Russia was our friend was when we had people like the Migoyans who did something for the Soviet government. We had uh, Migoyan jets being produced. Mm-hmm. We had the the, the jet engine, you know, coming to the Soviet Union. Yeah. They have only used us to their benefit. I mean, Thank look you. at Armenia, uranium, right? The whole Soviet era was trucks going back and forth from Armenia carrying uranium. I mean, the entire industrial it, revolution of Russia yeah. was happening in Armenia. In Armenia, yeah. Exactly. And you said that um, Armenia is a third world country. It's not actually a third world country. The Soviet Union. It, the Soviet Union was the second was the second world country. Those words, the terms first, second, third um, world country, that's just when they're who was first industrialized. The United States was the first major industrialized country along with Britain. Right. Soviet Union was second. And Armenia, if you look at life in Armenia compared to, you know, some faraway place in Russia, that's never even a citizen who's never even been to the city, let's say. Yeah, life was very different for an Armenian living in, let's say, even Yerevan or Gyumri, uh, Len- Leninakan at the time. I mean, life was pretty good for an Armenian if if you knew how to play the game, right? When I say play manipulate the game. Manipulate the system, basically. You, no, not manipulate it. Just use it to your benefit. I mean, it's just uh, Bend it's it a there. Little bit. It's there. It's there. If you have somebody there, if you are the person there who's in charge of, let's say, bringing in, you know, a hundred tons of whatever. If you have the right connections, I'll call it that. Yeah. If you know, if you, if you have the right connections, you know, you bring in more than what, what's needed. You sell the rest, you make your money. Everyone stays happy in this factory. Right. That's, that's just how it works. I mean, yeah, it's kind of like mafia union laws in the Soviet union, you know, but so basically our two choices, let's go back to that. Are we stay with Russia or you take a gamble, you know, 50, 50 gamble moving to the West. I mean, it's a dire thing when somebody says that, and this is somebody who's been through three wars. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't know. I my opinion. You is, look at it as what do you have to lose at this point? Yeah, that's true. And Partamian said, "Stay, that, stay uh, with Russia. You're screwed either way." Exactly. So Nothing's going like, to change. You know the outcome. You know the outcome already. But it's, it's going to the West, you will. Be, Russia will not just let you go. You that's will my, have Russia will send exactly. half a million Armenians back to Armenia, and these same half a million will be fighting the people inside Armenia because they are going to be cut from their good life in Russia. Don't forget, they could do that. You have 3.5 million Armenians in Russia today, they can be used as pawns anytime. Yeah, they can, but at the same time. Um, Armenia has the chance right now to make a change. Yerevan, Yerevan could be a target of Russia as well. Because the well, next thing our enemy is going to do is drive fear into the Armenian people. 
whether it's exactly. diaspora exactly. or the Armenians fear. in Armenia. That's, that's the word, yes. fear. You should not yes. be afraid of fear. You should make moves. You shouldn't be afraid and sit there on your chessboard and not make any moves or be not or be afraid to make a move that's going to benefit you. Okay. I mean, we can't sit here for another hundred years and wait for what's going to happen for our people. Yeah. I mean, it's the same Russians, the same Russians that gave away Nachichevan, the same Russians that gave away Artsakh, the same Russians that were our allies for the past 30 years that Let, never did anything. It's the same peacekeepers. The same, yes. well, the same bullshit, the same bullshit narrative over and over again. If if they were our ally, they didn't have to have a piece of paper signed to, oh, we can't come into Artsakh because blah, blah, blah. No, you didn't go into Artsakh because you're, you're friends with the Turks, bro. There's a reason why Armenians call them white Turks. I mean, look at, look at throughout history, bro. Like Western nations, want, especially people in America, like um, I've seen some comments that are, you know, Western American based. And like they don't get it, bro. They don't get it that Turks and Russians are only enemies on paper. And that's it. And Armenia and Russia are only friends on paper. And actually, they're not enemies on paper either. They're allies on paper as well. Well, yeah, they, they bought weapons from Russia. Let me look at it this way. Russia well, 90% sells weapons. of the weapons are from Russia. No, 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 no. I'm talking about Turkey, not Azerbaijan. Okay, yeah, no. Yeah. So, but here's the thing very quickly. Russia is our ally, right? CSTO member, etc. However, Russia sells to our enemies. Does America sell to America's enemies? NATO's enemies? Yes. Officially. That was our official knowing that you're in Armenia. <laughs> <laughs> I can show you Ararat too if you want. Let, let no, us get a view of that. Yeah, yeah, view view that. Before we let you go. Yeah, I don't think yeah. the smog is going to let you see Ararat. <laughs> as soon as I show you Ararat, they cut it off. <laughs> Let's see. I don't know if you'll see it. It's pretty foggy. Pinch to zoom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think he's on a laptop. Smog is, is worse than China. Yeah. Uh, well, you can't really see you it, but thank, it you, thank you for sharing that. It's it's a you get an A for effort. That's yeah. for sure. Show us a G wagon. Show us a G wagon. You guys are in LA. You guys invented that thing. Yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ! I wonder if they get a tax write off in Armenia. <laughs> no, they they get the crashed one and put it together. Oh, one of those. <laughs> they actually did have a interesting home loan tax write off, which I'll talk about. We'll talk later. about yeah. that tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Um, that one, John, sure. thank you so much for joining us and your input. Um, good luck with no everything. Problem, Hopefully, man. your, your, visa congratulations, situation. As yeah, well. congratulations, yeah, congratulations, man. And, uh, Pleasure meeting you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but congratulations to you, Bachtavor Zuiklinek. Thank you for tuning. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thank you for giving us the 411 on what's going on and giving your input as well. You're very knowledgeable. We really appreciate your time, yeah. brother. Yeah, and then and, and we'll Thank chat you. later. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, I, now I now I know why when I watch your podcast they're so long because we were here for half an hour and I didn't even get through like. Half of what I wrote. Well, see, down. there yeah. you go. See, once you're once you're actually on a podcast and you realize the conversation going man. on and on the and details, on. Details, everything. Opens yeah, up on and then they go, on. "Look at these mid headers and these wise nuts. Why are they on for like two, three hours?" Can't you guys keep? No, your I, I love it. Down. I love yes. the fact that they're so long because my in my job I drive a lot, and if I'm late night driving home for let's say an hour, hour and a half drive, 
I put on Mejeros Wise Nuts and it's better than listening to music or anything, man. It's, yeah. I thank agree. you, I thank you for thing. the support. <laughs> and uh, we got a Philly connection. So once we go to Philadelphia, we know yeah. who to hit up. Yeah, we'll definitely, oh, dude, uh, we'll definitely uh, talk after all this. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, sure, yeah, I'm going to continue watching. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank, thank you, you so Lev. much. Appreciate Thanks, it, thank you. No problem. Have a right. have a good one, guys. You too. All right. You too. All right. Ooh. Well, that was some uh, great information, right? A smart guy, boots, man. Boots uh, on the ground. Yeah. Yeah, you know he's he follows both of us, uh, both of our podcasts, and listen to it. And and you know, I I really wanted to get him on because of everything that he was saying. So uh, and we have great fans like this who have a lot of great information. No, he was he was very knowledgeable. He knew yeah. he, I could the fact as soon as he we opened up with him and I saw the pen in his hand, I'm like, okay, he's he, he's a bright one because he was yeah. obviously Taking jotting notes. down notes. Where's yeah. my pen, Ed? You Here's took my, my pen. pen. <laughs> Give this, this, give this man a pen. Stop bro. playing pocket pool. <laughs> All right. Uh, before our next guest, is that a pen? Really? Uh, uh, our next guest is going to be Haik Nazarian from the from Hosank, who's going to be joining us. I think he's having some internet connect. Again, he's from uh, Armenia too, so um, hopefully he'll join us soon. Uh, something's going on with the uh, with phone internet or something. I don't know what it is. He was oh. trying to connect with this phone too. Uh, I, I think that, anybody, that, that every, we noticed quality. anybody with the, f- anybody with the phone, phone yeah, the internet yeah, was yeah. choppy. Yeah. Lev was Lev on, on a, a laptop. laptop. That's yeah, probably yeah, why he yeah. had no issues. He well, probably had an internet card. That's yeah. what it was. One yeah. of those internet cards. But well, um, let, let me, what I forgot to mention, or not, well, didn't get to mention about the, one of the reasons why I said what I say about the Armenian military is, can you name me one other military that the frontline soldiers have their personal cell phones on them and they're talking to their relatives no, in the U.S. A, and we need to mention the fact that as our enemy today has shut down their internet service, TikTok, everything, phones. Well, they did that last time and as well. Gotcha, Always, but the, but, but that's another you're missing thing that the gets point. you ready you're, for you're, the You're war. saying something that has nothing to do with what he's saying. His point is that they're not professionally trained. These these. Uh, like we Kids. talked about, if you're playing chess, you know, your pawns, your pawns are just, they're, they're the worst pawns ever because they're not trained properly. They just, they go to the army, they're there for two months of light training, and then they're protecting our border. That's the problem. These these kids, you know, like, I mean, they, they shouldn't even be smoking cigarettes at night because that, that, that small that's, amount of light from the tip of the cigarette can give the their position away. Because whoever you talk to here in the States, they're like, yeah, my fourth cousin or my friend's cousin, my neighbor's friend, called me from the front lines and I have information. Yeah. How the, how it's like, the why is that information call? even being shared? But how did they even call you from there? Like, I mean, are they supposed to have their smartphones with them? No. Or Message in a bottle. Yeah. It's just, uh, you look at, uh, again, it's comparing, Levon said it as well. I mean, I'm saying it as well, but it's like comparing apples to oranges as far as military-wise. You look at the United States Marines, the Army, you know, those frontline troops where, you know, they send them out. I mean, the equipment they have, the training that they go through, it's just by far way, way, way more advanced than, you know, what these right. kids are going I through. Mean, that you, you can't compare. Those guys, saying, they send 12 people oranges. to, they could sell, send 12 Marines to Afghanistan and take out 200,000. <laughs> I mean, look at it this way. The best example is this. I don't know if you guys saw the videos of the Afghanis with the Black Hawk helicopters. <laughs> I'm not joking, bro. They these these 
these goat fucking morons crashed three Black Hawk helicopters. Guys, this I mean, is were part they, of our failure. I'm telling you. I'm, no, I'm talking about Afghanistan. I mean, were they like oh, practicing man, suicide what? bombing or something? I don't I, understand. I, 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 hey, let listen, me tell you this listen, now. It was, Wait, I, I was telling you guys, I was telling you guys that might have been a part of the plan is to get rid of them by leaving expensive equipment they can't use yes. properly. Yeah. It's like, right. how do we just death, how do we death, death by oh. assistance. Okay. What Mike, what Arno failed to see on the videos on the black hockey desk, it actually said student flyer. Please be patient. Student, student flyer. <laughs> Hey, can we can we acknowledge Guys, stop, our, our stop, can we acknowledge oh, our man, viewers? Uh, we have over oh, 170 geez. viewers right now who are sticking oh, around. Thank you we're, we're almost at eleven o'clock hour. Here in LA, I'm sure in the East Coast, it's three hours ahead. So thank you everybody who's joining us, yes. uh, watching us. The comments, be nice to one another in the comments, please. Yeah. Um, so uh, Hike is available. I'm going to bring him on right now. Uh, hopefully we don't have any technical issues, but um, let's see here. Uh, I think he's ready. Let's see. Hike, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Awesome. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, yeah. Well, he's well, on the phone. Fight. It's a phone and it's better. <laughs> are, are, are you on the phone? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just can't see myself right now. I don't know if you guys you're can fine. see me. You're fine. Well. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, see, we you. see you. We see you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I just can't. I can't tell. It's okay. It's it's like okay. Yeah, you're good. You're good. You're, we can see you're you. Good. You're good. You're good. You're good. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we can see you. Everybody, this is Haik Nazarian from Hosong. He's actually originally from LA. Yeah. He basically packed everything and moved back to Armenia and is never coming back. Uh, at least what he told me, right? <laughs> uh, he has an yeah, interesting yeah, story. He's actually going to be a guest on our show in three weeks. He's yeah. in on episode three of season three. When we come back, we, we're going to talk about uh, repatriation and everything you went through. You were, you were actually involved in uh, both wars, right? 2016 or was no, you enlisted in 2000. Uh, no, no, I was still in LA when the April war happened. That's uh, when I actually decided to for sure move to Armenia. Before okay. that, I already had intentions to do so, but uh, that just, uh, you know, confirmed everything for me that I had to make the move soon. So I did it pretty much seven months after the April war ended. I was already in Armenia. A okay. one way yeah. ticket. Okay. Uh, sorry, yeah. very quickly. You guys, uh, I can. The voice, uh, the audio is a little uh, low, so uh, if you guys could, you know, maybe it'll speak up. Uh, I don't sorry. know why. Yeah, my we'll, phone. we'll try to uh, turn, if you could, if you could, if you could turn right, the volume up a little bit, it'll help. But, but I can uh, hear you. Avai, can you do me a favor? Yeah. Can you, can you block yeah. uh, Osgur or whatever the hell his name you is? You guys can hear me fine, right? Yeah, yeah. we hear you yeah. totally fine. We hear yeah, you yeah, totally yeah. fine. All right. Block uh, who? Uh, this, this guy named Osgur or whatever his name is. Oh, Osgur Silik. Okay. Yeah. Why? Wow. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. By the way. Of course. Thanks for, thanks for joining on. us, man. Thanks for taking time yeah, to join sure. us. Of course. Uh, okay. How could I say no? <laughs> um, Mike, why don't you, you know, for our audience who might not know you, just a quick, brief, small bio as fast as possible, because I know everybody's time is limited, and, and you got on a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, sure. um, well, I was born and raised in the United States, California. I went to school here. Uh, dropped out of college, I mean, high school, then I entered college, uh, then university. I got my master's degree in 2015. I taught for like uh, two, three years at uh, GCC and CSUN. And after that, pretty much, I decided to move. 
I came here. Uh, I enlisted as a contract soldier for about like eight months. I served in the Davos region on the front. Um, just mandatory, uh, not, not not mandatory, but like uh, volunteering. Voluntary, yeah. So it's called uh, yeah, uh, con- uh, It's pretty much like yeah. contract, you know. I served with a mandatory like soldier, Jean-Pierre soldiers. Uh, I just did that to get some experience, but then uh, I left that after eight months, and pretty much I participated in the war in 2020 uh, from beginning to end, and yeah, and here I am. (laughs) I decided to start a political organization after the war, pretty much a year after it, and you know, it's it's crazy how everything is. But something. Something about Hosank is a little bit different. You want you want to mention a little bit about what the what the I guess the message of Hosank is. Um, yeah, well, you know, I was here um, well for a long time actually, even before I was in Armenia. I was looking for a type of like nationalist organization where it was just no BS and everything, you know, straight to the point. Something uh, straightforward message, you know, for. Armenian nationalists and patriots like myself. And I just couldn't find anything like that. Everything I found was either backed by some uh, oligarchs or some agency or, you know, some type of cult or whatever. I never really found anything that was genuine. So that's what I, that's where I decided to start everything from scratch with my own modest resources and create like a political organization that could attract, um, nationalists and patriots like myself you know in the diaspora or armenia i just couldn't find such a thing and i decided to do that but i could get into the details later but i'm, I'm sure yeah yeah we'll, we'll talk about that on the show yeah about. yeah, yeah. Um, so you being there you uh, I, I mean obviously going there and getting trained um in the art or i don't know if you want to call it the army but you know just to get trained to be able to be a reserve um and then participating in the 2020 war and, and, you know, thankfully um, you're here with us Um, from what you're seeing happening. What is your point of view? What do you think is going to happen? Do you see a full scale war coming once uh, Tautik Pelosi leaves, you know, uh, and just, just what are your feelings on on the arrivals? Well, I mean, you know, Artsakh, uh, Nagorno-Karabakh, or as the international community calls it, has always been like a gate uh, for Armenia. You know, it's always been something that's uh, defended us from what's happening now. And people always call, a lot of people actually considered it a burden. It was kind of like enemy propaganda that was spreading. But in fact, it wasn't a burden. It was actually, uh, you know... Security, in a sense. Uh, extra defense for us, you know, an extra gate to defend our uh, current borders that, that are under attack right now. So Buffer zone. all this, yeah. uh, what's going on right now, you know, you know, decent minded people actually could see it from a mile away. Whenever uh, Artsakh was handed over, we could see that something like this was going to happen. You know, it's not surprise. It's not surprising to us at all. And right now, it's crazy time in Armenian history. We're kind of like at a cusp, at like crossroads of history. And all throughout history, Armenia has always been, 
you know, an epicenter for the clash of civilizations. And it's hard to say what's going to really happen because Armenia is not some country in like Africa or, you know, Asia or, or somewhere that's like, um, you know, far off from different continents. It's right in the smack middle of everybody. So it's not just two interests colliding. It's like east or west. Over here, it's like three, four, or five. It's the whole like world's interests are colliding at this um, point right now, and you have the Russians who are you know doing everything to you know stop NATO expansion and U.S. expansion. You have Iran that wants to do everything to preserve the Armenian-Iranian border. You have the West who wants to actually come here and um, put his foot down over here, I think, as a way to maybe pressure Russia. Yep. And so many, that's what I'm trying to say, so many interests colliding. And the problem, uh, actually, the only good thing right now with the Sunnic issue is that there is no international consensus. For Artsakh, it was pretty much the whole world was against us. Everyone recognized Artsakh or as they call it, Nagorno-Karabakh, as Azerbaijan ter- territory. So that's why they all conspired against us pretty much, the international community. But uh, in this uh, in this case, there is no international consensus yet. So there is... Uh, do you think the international they, they, community they, I'm pretty sure they don't situation? even know what's going to happen or what to do, because <laughs> it's such a confusing situation right now. But in any case, I think uh, whatever happens... Uh, you know, it doesn't matter how many Pelosi's or uh, Michels or Putin's there are. If they try to come and help us, but we're not organized and, you know, united together under one, like, political cause, under one political nationalist movement. If we're not organized and united like that, it doesn't matter what kind of help we get. We're always going to be used and abused by different powers. That's that's the whole, that's the main thing we have to understand and all throughout Armenian history you could see that every time we put our faith and hope into other nations we always got disappointed and we always lost hope even more and I just don't want the history to repeat itself like that and um, from what I see uh, unfortunately it's repeating a lot of people keep putting their hope and their faith in foreign powers whether it's the US whether it's Russia yeah, it's great. I mean, I understand we must be dipl- diplomatic and accept, you know, whatever foreign aid we can get. But we should never forget that, you know, salvation and hope is always within. You know, that's that's the main message that we always have to, you know, tell our people and always have to remind ourselves of. You know. Yeah. 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 But Ed, 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 was saying uh, Ed, what, what were you saying? It's, it's just no, I was reading something. It's just unfortunate, you know. Like I people are still no. clinging on to you know who could come and help us, you know. And people think there is some kind of easy solution to our problems, and that's another thing. How Hosang difference from these other political, you know, organizations or whatever. Um, you know, there there is no uh, easy way out of this. You know, without struggle, without sacrifice, we can't uh, achieve whatever we want to achieve. We can't just, you know, put our faith in the hands of others okay. and expect everything Hi, to go can well. You, can the you world hear doesn't us? work that way, you know. Hi, can you hear us? But Hi, can you, you know, hear us? Just, um, I don't think he can I, hear us. 
I don't think I can hear. Yeah, us. I can hear you. Oh, oh, now you can. You can hear us. No, I can't. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. There you go. Okay. We thought you were just ignoring. Yeah, who was speaking? I don't know. Was it you or no? It was. It was Edgar was saying something, but you were like, you kept talking and talking. I'm like, I think, I think the audio's uh, off. I can't hear. I, I can't hear you. I can't hear wise nuts. You can't oh, hear us. Shit. Oh. Okay. No, he can. He can. That, but that was you guys talking, so he should be. Able oh, to I said something too. I don't no, know. he can I only can't hear, hear wise you nuts though. So he you can't. Can you hear- can't. You can't hear us. Okay, we're saying something right now. Can you hear anything from the wise nuts? Can't no, he can't. I can't hear him. No, yeah, that's yeah, fine. It's that's us. still going to be okay because you guys can hear Go. us and we can just have you guys yeah, yeah, ask yeah, the that's question. Fine. In a sense. Go ahead. It's fine. Go ahead. Ask like, the question. We have some people asking about the flag right Maybe behind. he could ask you guys. Oh, you guys they're, asking, ask they're asking about the flag <laughs> behind you. Uh, clarify and what that I, is. I want you to some clarify people, that because some people yeah, don't understand. There's some people that are looking at the colors and are like, I bet you nine at one comment read nine out of 10 people probably think that's the third Reich's flag. But no, it's it's actually no, it's the Armenian Infinity Wheel, guys. Infinity, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's pretty much that's the flag of the you know just to clarify political you know, movement that I started. It's just the Eternity flag in a red background. You know, the black and white yeah. symbolizing the yin and yang, the unification of the two opposing forces in the universe, and the color red is the color of blood of our race, and yeah. that's the way we connect to eternity and. You know, <laughs> everything uh in the universe so it's um, maybe it resembles the third Reich, but you no, know it's no. could you could you imagine technically having it has nothing to do like with it you know and having it just hanging can we have hanging hiking, yeah, us but, a uh, about oh, it's just something that you know it's simple uh and the, the name itself Hosang, i didn't want anything big or fancy like you see all these organizations or political parties with these big big names uh, you know, the bigger the name, it seems like, and the, the less of a substance it has. And I didn't want, you know, Hosang to be such a thing. I'd rather have it to be a simple name, but can with a deep a meaning than vice versa, you know? But he's not going to hear you. Okay, so wh- wh- where can it, where can people learn about Hosang? Yes, Is it on, yeah. it's, it's on Facebook, right? YouTube. Um, well, I have a manifest. Uh, it's on Facebook, uh, and I have a Telegram channel that's like slowly growing. I have a website. They can read the manifesto. I wrote a twenty-page manifesto. They could uh, get interested, and and you, you know, also have a YouTube channel. Yes. YouTube. Yeah, you know, I had a bigger YouTube channel. As a matter of fact, I had a YouTube channel called Fidai Zero One, and I started that in two thousand eight. I was uploading a lot of. Uh, Armenian nationalist videos, um, and it had a lot of subscribers. I believe almost a hundred thousand. And unfortunately, yeah, it got taken down later. And I wasn't really active with it the, the last uh, years before it got taken down. And that's unfortunate. You know, I could have really, you know, used that, but it got taken down. That's why I just hate the fact that we have to depend on these foreign platforms to get our message across you know but yeah. it's we gotta do what we gotta do you know yeah it's it's really unfortunate but you know we got like you said we have to use the tools that are available i mean with same thing with us you know we're doing whatever we can um mm-hmm. to put the right message across um but people i know people are asking telegram uh is it hosank.com is that what it is as far as the website hosank.net uh, Dot net. Okay, whole song. Just the yeah. way you hear, you hear it. It's uh, yeah, with the K. 
Yeah, with the K. And we will. And you know, Telegram is just well. Hosong with the K. They can find it and subscribe if they want. Yeah, same thing on Telegram, YouTube. Um, you have a couple of videos, uh, long videos explaining your views and everything that's happening. Uh, I suggest people to go watch it. And and like I said, Hike is going to be a guest on our show in about three weeks um and we're going to be talking about a yeah. lot more in lot detail more. about your your experience and and the reasons you moved and everything that happened uh more in detail yeah. i know we're kind of like limited with time and 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 you know i i i appreciate you early in the morning well, what time is it over there yeah, I'm sorry. It's just the connection was bad because I live in kind of like a village in Jervish. Uh, so that's why maybe the uh -huh. connection is not so well. But I, I wish I could hear what the wiseness guys had to say. You know, I, uh, unfortunately, didn't, so how do we got, we, didn't work we out. Live, but, um, have hike on yeah. There's a lot to talk about. Tell yeah, them it's, it's all good. Tell them it's all good. What we'll, I'm trying we'll to get it across people is that, uh, yes, again, yeah. we shouldn't depend on others. It uh, doesn't yeah. matter. They could, Jesus Christ himself could come down and try to help us but if we're not ready to get help if we're not organized yep. and united yeah. under a nationalist political movement uh then yeah. the, we won't reap the benefits of that hand that's trying to yeah. help us yeah you know, well I, I can tell you that the the, the boys at wise nuts uh, they will definitely yeah. have you on their they show as well yeah they want to get you on um too. uh you know they they usually like you to be there in person but we know you're never coming back to la so it has to be <laughs> via video <laughs> Um, but uh, well, last time we'll get him a tourist visa. Yeah, uh, he said he'll unless, get you a tourist I do, visa. <laughs> unless we do a little. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, no, I, I have no problem. I mean, I have a dual citizenship. I could come and go. I, I never say never. You know, I might come in the near future, and I would love to uh, be a, a guest on, on their show if they ever That's awesome. invite yeah. me. Absolutely. Now, uh, before we let you go, we have about two minutes. Last <laughs> thoughts. What are, you know, again, what do you have to say to the Armenian, uh, to the diaspora, Armenian people? Uh, from everything that you've experienced being in the war, what you've seen, and what's happening right now, um, just like final thoughts, basically. Uh, again, um, I believe, unfortunately, things are going to get a little worse and uh, bumpier before they start getting better. And uh, again, if you look at our history, every time we made uh, a big change and decided to fight back is when we reached the point uh, to the breaking point, you know, to, to the brink. And um, we have to, I guess, mentally, physically, and, you know, spiritually prepare for uh, such a coming, you know, uh, event and be ready to act accordingly and do whatever we must do. You know, this is, the, like I said, we're at a turning point. We're at a cusp and we have to decide um, how we're gonna, you know, how we're gonna move on to the next century pretty much because a lot of things are gonna change in, in the next 10 to 15 years. There's yeah. gonna be a drastic change. Glo so, globally. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, like I said, I'm no psychic. I'm, uh, I can't tell you what's gonna happen in the future, but I could for sure almost say that things are gonna get worse before they get better. And I don't want people to put false hopes into, uh, you know, foreign countries uh, and anything like that. Um, we just have to stay united as much as possible. Um, try to help one another out. But again, like I said, if we're not, if we don't 
unite under a common political uh, nationalist like organization that's ready to do the drastic changes that's necessary for the survival and progress of Armenia, then um, I don't think we're going to make it to the next century. So we have to do what we, what we must, what's necessary in order to, to be able to do that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, hi, John. Thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, short notice. Appreciate it. We, we, we yeah, yeah, sure. thank you for your views and, and everything you mentioned and uh, thank you, well, thank you for we'll, having me yeah. on again. Yeah, thanks. We'll, 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 we'll talk off air. And uh, uh, he's like I said, Hike's gonna be on our uh, uh season three, episode three, which will Couple be about, in about three weeks. So, um, you have a great day and uh, stay strong. Um, thank we'll you. talk to you soon. Be safe. Yeah, right. have a good night, guys. All right, thanks. Take good care. night, Hike. Great guy, great guy. <laughs> uh, I've had some interesting Amazing conversations guy, with him. Man. So, um uh, yeah, I mean, that's it's, only it's everybody scary. follow him. It's it's scary the fact that he says things will get worse before they get better. But it's the truth, and that's the truth. No, I know. Yeah, I know. That, that I know. seems like that seems like the climate everywhere, man. I mean, do you honestly think even here, nothing's no, going to change overnight? It's going to get it's no. going to get worse for a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of you look at the situation as far as you know with the, the war that took place in 2020. You're like, all right, is this? Uh, are we at the peak? And now it's kind of like. Uh, the ride down now, but now, you know, from what Hike was saying, it's like, shit, we're just getting, are we just getting started? Or this is not the worst that we saw. The yeah. 5,000, you know, kids that we lost wasn't the worst. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't well, know. we have Rich Elmoyan who's going to join us right now. Uh, he's, uh, is he little, in the green room? Yeah, he's in the green room waiting for us. Uh, let me bring him on. Arno, you can introduce him. Hey, Rich. Hey, oh, hey, oh. I love your hat. Oh. What's with that hat, bro? Yeah, I didn't plan it. You didn't plan it? Yeah, right. You and Arno go shopping together for hats, don't you? No, no propaganda here. I probably are diplomacy. All right, Rich, are you, are you, are you connect? Okay, please tell me you're on Wi Fi, though. Yeah, I am. Okay, is there, do you guys see a delay or yeah, anything? Yeah, he's got a little yeah. bit of a delay. It's a delay, but it's fine. As long as we can hear him. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. You want me? Uh... Do you want to? Do you want to take him off and bring him back on really quickly? And maybe a headset if you got one. Yeah, if you got a headset, possibly, or if you don't, it is what it is. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Because you're cutting off. That's why. It's uh, choppy connection. Let me... Oh, interesting. Rejoin. Are you in yeah, Armenia, Rich? Because I'm on my. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm. I'm... Well, we didn't hear what you said, though, so, yeah. regardless of Rich, it. you want to disconnect and connect again? Yeah. Honestly. yeah so it's, it's definitely internet. See. It's definitely internet. Yeah, it's, I think it's internet. Okay. Try, okay, while Rich is, while Rich is doing that, um, there we go. Okay, yeah, see? We uh, have internet uh, issues in the States, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Say it again? Uh, well, yeah, Rich Elmoyan is going to be joining us, um, hopefully with better connection. Uh, we've had him on our podcast twice, three times. No, twice. Don't brag. Um, yeah, we've, uh, you know, we talk about geopolitics with him. Oh, you guys and are dating now? <laughs> we've had him four times, I think. <laughs> twice in the green room. Yeah. <laughs> we have a special we've had room. The, we've had him on the candid, candid, uh, candid couches. <laughs> Jesus, well, that's a wild. Yeah, that's that a good wild. wild turn. Turn. Poor guy's not even. In the Vic's room not turn. used to. Vic's like 
red and blushing over no, there. I'm red because I've been under the sun all day. <laughs> oh, okay, because we were about to say you signed up for this, man. Yeah. Shit. No, it's fine. <laughs> you you <for> suggested it. <laughs> it was like it, when when we I know what I'm getting we should, myself we should, into. We should really do something. Well, you know what you're getting yourself into. Uh-huh. Uh, but Rich, we talk about geopolitics with him. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. And if, if for those of you who aren't following him on Instagram, uh, you should do so because the maps, the information that he provides uh, regarding, you know, Armenia, Artsakh, it's, it's, he's full of knowledge with all this stuff. And we wanted to make sure we can have him on and uh, have him enlighten not only us, but everybody who's tuned in with us. Is he back in the green room? No, not yet. Not, not yet. yet. I'm waiting. Uh, there, oh, he is. there he is. Let me bring him on. Okay. Uh, all right. Can you hear me now? Oh, Jesus Christ. Are you? Yeah. All right. Can you, say can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We can hear you now. Perfect. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. Good. How you guys doing? Good, man. Good. Thanks for uh, taking time uh, out of your Sunday night to be with us. I know you had uh, uh, other things going on as well, and you squeezed us in. Hey, I appreciate you guys hosting this thing. It's pretty important given the day of day of age we're in and information. And I uh, appreciate the work that Medheros and I are doing as well. Uh, pleasure Thanks, to see you guys. Thank you, Rich. Appreciate um, that. Yeah. Yeah. So, Rich, very quickly, I mean, you've been you've been posting a lot of information regarding uh, the areas that were attacked. Uh, a lot of geopolitics is involved in this. We've been talking a lot of just regular politics, plans of you know what to do. Uh, future-wise as far as with Armenia, with Artsakh, as far as on a geopolitical standpoint, uh, where are we right now? Strategically, what do you see? And obviously, you know, being the title of Fate of Armenia, what do you think is the fate of Armenia moving forward geopolitically? Well, I I think there's one thing that right now um, that I I definitely want to communicate is that all the express, and I have to say this, guys, uh, but Everything I say is my own opinion, not affiliated with any organization. Um, my analysis is purely independent. Um, and I literally look at all work through open source intelligence and confirmed reports by governmental uh, organizations and non-governmental organizations um, that confirm for uh, governments. Um, so essentially, when we look at the situation in the South Caucasus, obviously, since you can say the 2010s, things have getting have been getting pretty more intense, especially with the beginning of the 2016 April war, um, then with 2020. And then what we're what's happening right now is the severity of it is actually a little different. Um, what people need to understand right now is to educate themselves as to how this is different from 2020. Um, this issue right now, what we're, what this issue that we're having right now is not the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict. And by believing so that it is the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict, you're actually playing to the advantage of the narrative of the Azerbaijani side. And I'll explain why. The Azerbaijani narrative here is to move forward from the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict, the Artsakh conflict, right? They believe that it has been resolved and the only thing that is left from this situation is by implementing a corridor which is not mentioned in neither the trilateral nor the tripartite agreement between Azerbaijan, Russia, and Armenia in 2020 and then later uh, almost a, a year after 2020 in the tripartite agreement in 2021. There is no conversation of a corridor. However, Azerbaijan is looking to muddy the conversation. 
Well, well, then people would ask, well, why would you want to muddy the conversation if you're Azerbaijan? Well, clearly we've noticed that Western intelligence is is unable to really identify the difference between the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict and the normal Armenian borders, the sovereignty of the Armenian borders. And that is a big problem because it doesn't play to the advantage of our situation where we're talking about our own sovereign territory. So by essentially getting our own lands invaded, when we're talking about Armenia proper, when we're talking about the territory of Armenia being invaded, and then majority of the countries, the United Nations are not understanding what the conflict is, that tells us that Armenia does not necessarily have strong relationships with a lot of countries on a bilateral level. And right now what we're seeing is an opportunity for the foreign minister of Armenia, Arat Mirzoyan, to have three dozens, I actually just checked Twitter right right before hopping on, um, he has three three dozen opportunities coming in New York to meet with other foreign ministers to see how we can really come up with a peaceful resolution to this situation. Because clearly, I mean, if the skeptic from the wise nuts isn't in the room right now, but we can also agree that Armenia hasn't necessarily had a strong past 30 years of diplomatic relations or bilateral relations, or maybe we could argue that in the 2010s, it became much more exclusive to a pro-Russia, pro-Eurasian concept. But Armenia right now is in a very, very unique circumstance where you have the United States re-engaging with the the South Caucasus and a a researcher uh, director of a think tank in Armenia, Richard Kirikosian, formerly with the United States government as well. He has this point of view, um, and especially with the CSTO clearly having its face shown in the circumstances like this, it only kind of points towards a kind of a monumental moment of what's going to be next. Many analysts see it different ways. Regional analysts believe that the only contributors to this um, resolution or just forward process are Russia, Iran, given that they are the main regional players. Many people who believe that the Western world still has some kind of moral ground in this in this area, they believe that France and the United States can lead the initiative, even though my personal perspective believes that the United States and the European Union have conflicting ideologies in the region. I believe the United States is only here for inflammatory purposes or a part of a grander scheme of adding both Armenia and Azerbaijan, part of NATO, sometime in the future. And this is one way to agitate Russia. But what I'm trying to really elaborate here or kind of just summarize in the most non-boring way and try to in a digestible form is that believe it or not, even though as prideful as we are as people, we have to understand that this is just a part of the chessboard, right? And we've talked about this before in the Wise Nuts, that this is unfortunately just another piece on the chessboard, similar to how Tajikistan and Kyrgyzstan are currently having their own issues of their borders. And this is also something that's been a frozen conflict since the post-Soviet days um, in the 1990s. And honestly, it's not getting the media coverage that it should, which really tells us the United States is interested in engaging in this conversation, but will they abandon them kind of like how they did with the Georgians? And now the Georgians just basically kind of just provide airspace for the for the Americans to come in and come out since yeah. the Afghan war, of course. Um, but 
it's interesting to know what level of commitment the United States will have, given that they had a clear you know, a clear role in the past ceasefire. But if this is only going to be a thing where this, where there's going to be action and ceasefire, action and ceasefire, at some point, we're, we're going to be talking about Yerevan being of, of topic of a bargain because it only, with, with, with the power that we're seeing projected in the region, we're understanding that Armenia is actually quite alone in an ideology that it's preserving in terms of regional relations. And, and sorry, I kind of went on for a while there. No, but it's fine. what I'm trying to stress the matter is that there's multiple interests here. You have Iran that wants to look north and have an easier access through an Armenian relationship through Georgia and ultimately into the European Union waters, given that you have Bulgaria and Romania right off right off the coast there. And when, when you have that concept, you have to understand European Union from a logistics standpoint. I mean, we're Armenians. We understand dispatch. We understand how the things move from point A to point B, right? So we're understanding that Iran needs that access point and Russia needs that east to west flow. There's conflicting ideologies, even though there's constant cooperation and competitiveness in the region, given that all three, Russia, Turkey and Iran, the major power players in the region, have their own conflicting regions with the West and with one another. And it's a very complicated area where I personally believe only regional actors can can make a decision here, which is not to our benefit, given the current administration and what, and, and what the actions are. Um, just looking at it from a neutral perspective, right? I, I'm not going to go into detail about the politics of Armenia in any case, but I'm going to say from a from looking from a bird's eye view, looking down, Armenia does not look like it's in good shape, unless the moral support, the moral uh, police of the world, the United States and the European Union don't intervene with actual concrete steps of weapons being provided to Armenia, but then. When we look at it from there, we we have to understand, okay, where does CSTO fall, the Collective Security Treaty Organization? So it's just the whole debacle where, Rich, okay, uh, where do we get our weapons Rich, from now? Now, can Armenia be still part of CSTO and still kind of like accept the, call it the gesture from the U.S. or the weaponry? Or, or is that something you see happening or is it one or the other? You know, this is something that I personally can't call myself an expert on, but based off of accounts that I'm reading, which is Rob Lee, who is a PhD from King's College um, and from Sosi Tatikin, who has her experience as an appointee representative of Armenia into NATO. um, They're arguing that being a part of CSTO actually hinders Armenia's ability to diversify its weaponry. So essentially, it's a chokehold is what they're arguing. For, yeah. So Sosi Taktikin actually had a fantastic interview um, the other day. She hadn't necessarily had any interview, and she's a big, she's a big dog. Um, her work can be seen in CivilNet. It can be seen in EVN Report. And what she was uh, saying is that, well, Armenia has a, a defense system that is in joint relation with Russia. Correct. So if we consider that a fact there of the matter, Russia is a flat land that doesn't necessarily need as much as UAV defense systems that we we necessarily need. And not to mention Russia is an offensive attacker in, in this case, which is much more offense based. So I would argue that Russia and Armenia being in a relationship on defense doesn't necessarily make sense. Um, that That's what I would argue. Now, where Armenia would get its 
get get its weaponry from. That's something a military analyst needs to kind of point towards. But I think every single Armenian here can understand the basic understanding that Armenia needs drones. Armenia needs anti-UAV defense systems. Our S-300 from Russia has defense system has already been blown out the same way the first few minutes of Nagorno-Karabakh, we had already blown out our defense systems too. So clear... Now, of course, there's been benefits and things we've learned. That's something that Nersus Kapalian has argued from UNLV, a professor with a, with a very good understanding of the military upgrades of Armenia. Um, I'm planning to actually today, the whole conversation that I was having with Arno, the plan is to have a conversation with him at some point in the future with, in an interview. But researchers and analysts right now are looking at this case and they're saying it's so time sensitive. It's so rapid and it's such a... Um, a historic moment in Armenian history where sometimes it's best to say nothing before you say something and it doesn't add up. So everyone's just kind of right now digesting and looking at the situation and they understand that it's a dire situation. So it's some, somewhere in the hands of time is not in your favor. Um, and and what, where I argue where this is going, I think this is just going to become, it come down to who's, who's going to act in the region. You have, you have multiple Russian soldiers, multiple FSB uh, officers, which are patrol uh, patrol guards, essentially, for, of Russian in the Russian Federation um, on Armenian soil. While you simultaneously have Western leaders walking around Yerevan, it, it's a it's a very unheard of situation it's not like uzbekistan in 2004 leaving the csto when russia was still in its honeymoon phase with nato where you know george bush and putin can be seen together and george bush saying i like that guy you know he's, he's not a bad dude so it, it's not back then anymore and we're now in a much more um polarized international arena where armenia is trying to still be a balancing nature of neutrality. I mean, our whole thing was keeping neutral until now we have to kind of pick a side because whether it falls within our interest or not to be with Russia, that's something that Armenians have to come to a conclusion now. Rich, that neutrality is what got us to where we are, though. Being neutral is what brought us to where we are. I think the inability to diversify both diplomatically and militarily and unable to understand the reality of the 1990 ceasefire and not a treaty. I mean, we can, me and you both can argue that being in Armenia from 2001 to 2009 or even 2012, it felt like Armenia had won the war when it, was, it hadn't even been settled. Or the Madrid principles came into action in 2008 and we didn't see that in the news at all. I mean, it, it was just absolutely unacceptable that this many years we were acting like we didn't know what was going on and even the average joe in armenia didn't know its own politics you know what i mean so yeah. so that was our inability to come up on top and our on inability to really actualize so we had a victory that we never owned precisely and 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 concrete you know and one can argue i mean you know i've, I've mentioned ignorant. this before i i don't necessarily see eye to eye with level petrosen's foreign policy or domestic policy but at that time he gave out the same exact things as what we have today and he laid it out nope people didn't like it booted him and then we saw what came after that and i mean have we progressed as a nation Five hundred thousand people have left since since then approximately from the country so 
I can't necessarily say our neutrality has gone to that point, but I would say our comfort in a world of a ticking time bomb was the problem. I mean, Anna Ohanian, her her work from, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the uh, University of Stonehill College, um, has spoken about these conflicts pop out 25 to 30 years. It's a frozen conflict. A generation passes by. All this, I mean, this is just from my personal looks of all that xenophobia implemented from the early 2000s of Karabakh is your biggest problem if you're Azerbaijan, but really the domestic issues of your GDP being so, is, is your, your standard of living being on par with Armenia when you got that much gas and, and, and energy and oil, it just it doesn't make sense. So yeah. you the whole yeah. generation passed by and nothing necessarily happened not to mention 2008 the stockholm peace institute had already forged the, i mean had already written about how azerbaijan was purchasing and developing these israeli drone weapons to use it ultimately at some point so we had the intelligence for a while why we haven't acted upon that that's a whole another equation that we've talked about before but i mean I, you know, it's, but again, this is just a unique circumstance and, and I, I'm just not sure personally where it's going. Um, Rich, politically, where do you see, where does Armenia go politically from here? As far as who's representing Armenia today, our government in Armenia, is this a government that has the support of the people? Is this a government that has the support of, sorry, I, I yeah, he says, is, yes. Well, I can't necessarily say that because these polls that come out, they're not coming out as frequently as I'd like to. And realistically, who funds those polls is another equation as well. Yeah. But in terms of who runs this country and, and, and how they're running it, I mean, it's very clear that the Armenian side has chosen to not act in aggression at all or even in self-defense. I mean, when we're looking at Armenia's situation, we haven't even targeted any single Azerbaijani city or village. Or are they using this as a way to have a case at the UN Security Council? I'm not sure what their game is. But is there a weak administration in Armenia? Yes, precisely. And are, is it diplomatically weak as well? Well, they're playing the Francophone card right now. They're playing the, the Western democracy card right now, given that the CSTO didn't necessarily come to its come to its help, which, I mean, I, I can't necessarily say if another leader was in power, would the CSTO actually come and help? I can't say that for sure, and we'll never know realistically because the CSTO has always been something that it's been the elephant in the room of, okay, there's two countries in conflict with each other, and they're both in the CSTO. What the hell happens if Tajikistan and Kyrgyzstan get, in, get, in, get into a scuffle? And then they're, it's happening right now, and we're not seeing anything coming from the CSTO. While simultaneously, CSTO had offered extension to Azerbaijan as well, but Azerbaijan definitely said no to that. And Armenia is being now hit by Azerbaijan. You would think that any state in the CSTO would push for this, but no one really has a relationship with one another. I mean, Kyrgyzstan has no benefit to Armenia, really. In, in diplomatic or political channels other than both of them uh, giving a vote when it comes to United Nations uh, issues uh, for, for a score to give to uh, a point to give to score for Russia. So, I mean, realistically, I, I, I don't necessarily see CSTO being a benefit either. And, and I don't necessarily see, you know, any other administration being able to fix this in this circumstance. But I, I mean, We've already gotten ourselves here to this point, so I can't necessarily say the shoulda, woulda, couldas. But Rich. is is it a weak administration? Definitely. I mean, doesn't 
doesn't take much Rich, to let tell. me ask you something. Uh, let's say, hypothetically, um, you know, U.S. comes in and offers the weaponry and, and you know, support and all this stuff, and we do let go of CSTO and it let go of Russia's hand. I, I think, you know, my question is, how, how bad do you think it would get in, in the entire area as far as geopolitics for Armenia if they make that move? Because well, I... I, I, I Sorry, because I, I also kind of see, and there was a question about that too, if the U.S. does get involved, they might even kind of do the same thing they did with Kosovo as far as Artsakh goes. So uh, one thing that I've been communicating through my channels is you want attention, but you don't want all-out attention. And, and, and that, that's my personal view that yeah. this issue is a mainly a regional issue. Regional powers are interested in the railroads. Regional powers are interested in the roadways. We've seen that through the European Union investing some money in. We've seen that through the rhetoric that Iran is providing, given that also Iran has some domestic uh, interests out of this to keep the nationalism suppressed in Azer uh, in Western in, in West and East Azerbaijan provinces inside Iran, which borders with Armenia. So it, it needs to make sure that this does not spill into its area as well. So how bad this can get i mean realistically if armenia chooses the united states and france as an ally it needs to make sure it communicates to iran that this is not going to be a direct threat to iran that this is not going to mean there will be bases american bases in armenia which i personally think would not even be possible given armenia's bilateral relationship with russia on a military level like for example if we're talking just the entire western front <clears throat> that excuse me that armenia has with turkey is guarded by Russian patrol guards. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. with Russian soldiers. Excuse me, in joint with Armenians, right? My cousin, my own cousin, uh, did time in an Artashat for military, and basically that was a Russian Armenian uh, baza, right? Yeah. So how it's it's basically like I when I explain it to people who constantly say it was flip flop to like CS to NATO, I'm like, well, this isn't you getting in a scuffle in your first grade class and getting booted to B track or C track. This is literally real life where, okay, it's like a corporation. There's onboarding, there's offboarding. What does that look like? What does the operation of that look like? You got X amount of Russian troops here. If they're going to be flown out, where do they go? Because this is another thing that we were forgetting during the Soviet Union days is that when, I mean, excuse me, when the Soviet Union was collapsing was that, okay, if if Armenia, like let's say, sorry, Georgia, Armenia, and Azerbaijan are no longer a part of the Soviet Union, what happens with the Russian infrastructure? Does Russia keep a military base there or not? So we're going to reconvene to these conversations that when Russia had to reallocate the Azerbaijanian, like the, the, the aircraft it had and the personnel it had based in, in Azerbaijan and Georgia, they had to be relocated and they had to be combined into Armenia because that was the new South Caucasus military base. But when, when we're looking at how the influence can get bad, I mean, I can't see Armenia falling out of the Russian sphere, given that, again, and we've talked about this on the Wiseness podcast where uh, all the railroads in Armenia are owned by, you know, the Transcaucasian Railways, yeah. which is yeah. a Russian oligarch and a good friend of Putin. Um, and that's not going to change. And those those roads are invested by the European Union in, in terms of the international roads. So 
there's two major interests clearly here um and iran's is iran is the only one that's really offering multiple levels of of security for the backbone of armenia which is unique which is again like what is going to be the level i don't think this is going to be a syria and i hope god hears me when i say that um given that armenia's demographics are severely different than syria's Syria's, and also its issue is severely different i'd 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 actually argue this conflict is more similar to uh the kyrgyz and tajik issue as well but more on a cultural level i would argue that it's more similar to the indian pakistani jammu kashmir issue if we're considering nagorno karabakh conflict but in terms of this being a spillover into actual armenian sovereign territory this is an issue that that comes with no border demarcation after war and that's just the unfortunate advantage that armenia needed at that time because if you allow the border demarcation at that time you were losing that buffer so you know um at some point these issues were going to come and it just came at this point um but how severe this is going to get i i personally don't know and that's what researchers and analysts are currently going through of well we don't know, and, and truth and truthfully speaking, we can only give examples. Whether this is a Kosovo, I'm not sure if the implementation will be that will will be to that level, given that Kosovo's location is literally in Europe's backyard. The same way this is literally in Russia's backyard, and especially with Russia having infrastructure in Armenia, I think this is going to stay at the level that Russia wants it to be in. Um, so I think it'll. Russia wants to keep this stable as long as it has its pause on the ceasefires, uh, the, the ceasefires that matter with agreements coming after ceasefires. Because the U.S., whenever they provide ceasefires, whenever the EU provides ceasefires, there's no real agreement after that unless we're talking about those, you know, uh, border demarcation commission between the EU and Armenia and Azerbaijan. Excuse me. Okay. Question? That's interesting. No. Um, it's too much of a, I guess I'll say a clusterfuck. Yeah. That like mm-hmm. I was saying earlier, there's too many, there's too many tentacles from too many sides, going into. Welcome to the dark side, Mike. Oh, I'm, I've, believe me, I've been in that dark side for a while, man. That's why, that's why this situation. Sometimes I try to wrap my head around it as much as I can. Yeah, I actually ponder it on my own, and I'm like, okay, wait, who's who? <clears throat> what's what? Why? How? And then this person's involved, and they all have backdoor deals with one another. And they're trying to deal with things with other, I guess, call them enemies or supposed enemies. And I, I'm, I get lost. Yeah. yeah. It's, well, it's so complicated. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, Rich, we've, we've, uh, we're obviously short on time as well with you or we have another guest uh, waiting, but just uh, as far as a closing statement with you, uh, I don't know if you guys asked this or not while I was uh, in the bathroom, but uh, as far as Nancy Pelosi, uh, entering Armenia and the West kind of getting involved. What are your final thoughts on that? Um, and do you think it'll benefit Armenia or do you think it'll be something that is going to piss off Russia? Too late. Uh, I think this was a the visit too late. This is an inflammatory visit the same way it was towards Taiwan. Um, they see yep. this as just any other post-Soviet uh they see this as just as any other post-Soviet conflict where the United States is going to have a low-cost entry um, to provide whatever it's looking for, uh, whatever its interests are. Um, I don't think the United States has that big of interest in Azeri gas and, and energy, personally. I think the European Union is much more reliant on that. 
But the United States also wants to make sure there's an easy facilitation of Azeri energy going to European Union to counter Russian energy as well. So uh, the United States is is. And, and one thing I would say in my last statement is to follow what the United States, if you want to understand what the United States is thinking, make sure you're reading Rand Corporation's briefs. I mean, there's so many reports that have been coming out since, so like, I mean, since I've been reading it in college from 2014. I mean, to understand the brains of the United States foreign policy, you have to read their think tanks that's where they're funding their research and that is their institutional backing so what i think of nancy pelosi showing up yes it's unprecedented in terms of that high level of an official from the united states coming to a country like armenia but i would argue that you're so many years too late you had this opportunity in 1999 2000 2001 in key west you had the opportunity to get closer with the armenian government back when russia was still in bed with nato i mean it was still high thinking it was going to join nato at some point Rich, Let's Forget. One mistake, Rich, there. 99 hmm. was the last time Armenia actually had a favorable government coming into power. And that government was shut, shut, shot mm-hmm. in parliament. Yeah. Yeah. So Bosnia, the, yeah. the Key Bosnia, West yeah, under. Right. So Key West was done with Robert, if I'm not yes, mistaken. Right. In 2001. And that was already gone. That was done. That guy was a Russian asset from day one. Yes, but yes, given was. that he was an asset, he also had an opportunity to switch sides if he really was thinking about the national interest. Not necessarily switch sides, excuse me, but diversify if you're looking at back then, which realistically, Armenia's uh, trade with the European Union in 2010 was not as bad as you think. But it, it on a percentage level, it increased, I believe, from 50% Russian to 75% exports towards Russia, which is astronomically dif- different. But Yes, I mean, I would argue that if we're talking about the United States being involved in the South Caucasus, it had the engagement it did before 9-11. But once 9-11 hit, the United States foreign policy completely shifted in the Middle East and let alone the South Caucasus became very neg- uh, 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 it got neglected, neglected by U.S. Foreign, foreign policy. I mean, they abandoned really South Caucasus up until now. I mean, even with the Trump administration, they were fumbling for answers left and right for like how to treat the South Caucasus because I feel like their intelligence didn't necessarily have the the resources and understanding of to get it to there. And this one's just trying to use it as a form to counter Russian influence. So that's that's what I think of it. I don't think too much of it. Um, and I think that this is just a, a part of the bigger piece like I was arguing earlier. Um, so I, I don't think much of it other than just a good precedent of, of a U.S. official arriving to Armenia. But like always, uh, too late, too soon, and whatever media coverage is getting, it's probably channel uh, channel uh, ninety nine instead of uh, the channel seven news. So um, that that's how I see it, um, really, yeah. in the global sphere. It's a te- it's basically a temporary band aid. That's all it is. Temporary band aid to a gunshot, I would argue. But we'll see. I hope to God I'm wrong, right? I hope uh, I get my credibility revoked after this yeah. conversation. Only only time will tell. Rich, thanks so much for taking time to be with us, brother. Yeah, Rich. Thank Thanks. you. Guys. Appreciate, appreciate it, man. Everything you do, appreciate everything, it, all the Stay information. Stay safe. Appreciate uh, it, man. Yeah, we'll follow see you soon. Rich. Uh, I know he, you know, he does a lot Thank of lives you. on Instagram. Um, and and yeah, we mentioned it while you were. Yeah, we mentioned while you were resetting yourself. Uh, we said, you know, follow, <laughs> awesome. if you aren't following Rich, follow Rich as far as uh, geopolitics are concerned. 
uh, you're you're full of knowledge, man. The mappings that you present to people, uh, the information that you have, uh, you learn every single time you post something. So, yeah. Rich, appreciate everything you're doing, brother. Thank you all. Appreciate yeah. your time. Have a good one. Thanks, Thank you. Man. Man. Take care. Okay, wrong go. button. There we go. Okay. I, I, was it? Is it? Is it 11, 1130 where Rich is? Where it sounded like he was at a construction site. <laughs> Sound like he was in Taiwan or something. Yeah. <laughs> at um, a fish market. How do we know he's not leading Pelosi's uh, group? Uh, there goes that. What? Ah, uh, jeez. I don't know. It's getting late. It's throwing in random comment. Okay, we our last guest. Halfway dry humor. Our last guest is Robert Tarosian. A lot of you know him. He's he's heavily involved in the diaspora with helping our brothers and sisters in Armenia in every possible way. And we wanted him to join to to kind of. Tell everyone what what he's doing, what we can do to help. Because so, we talked about a lot of things, but what's one thing we haven't yeah. talked about yeah. is what we can do to what help from do. here. Because I know the morale of you know donating and all this stuff has been kind of yeah. I think know, there's a lot of people that are hesitant about that yeah, these days. I mean, and you can't blame no, them, so. no, no, no. Yeah. But, yeah. but that, and, uh, that's not an, that shouldn't be an excuse. So there's um, almost exhaustion from it too. Yeah, yeah very very quickly before you bring Robert on nostalgia seeker we'll we'll do is yes. we'll provide a we'll provide IG Facebook links to uh, all of our guests so you guys uh yeah. can you know follow them and support them. Yeah, we'll put all their uh, stuff up once the show's done. We'll update all the text in there so you guys can then click on the links and follow everybody. There you go. All right, I'm going to bring Robert on. So here we go. Hi Robert. Hi ah, Robert. Nice shirt, Robert. Well, look at that, Robert. <laughs> we can't hear you. Hold on. Oh, God. He's Don't tell me he didn't turn his mic on. <laughs> um, Robert. Robert. Hello. He's pretty savvy. I should stop complimenting people when they come on. <laughs> Robert, I told Rich we can, nice we can't hear you. I think, I think, I think he, he heard you. I think your mic is oh, off. He could, he, his mic is off. Yeah, we can't hear him. Can he hear us? Can you hear us? Yeah, he can yeah, hear us. Give us a thumbs up. Yeah, you can hear us. Yeah, we can't hear you. Rob, when we you were you. when you were connecting Restream to your phone, it probably asked you, do you want to connect your microphone? You probably said no. And there right, he goes. Right. Well, there's his living room. <laughs> all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take him off, let him. Robert, if you, if you can just reconnect or if, I don't know if you have a laptop, maybe you can connect with the laptop. Um, we'll just converse till yeah. ready. Is uh, ready. What's going on in the chat? I haven't been paying attention. Is everybody being? Uh, there, yeah, there, yeah, there's a lot going attention. on. Uh, how many people do we have watching right now? Uh, right now we're about one forty-two, about one hundred forty-two. Because yeah. we got one hundred three on our end. Yeah, uh, one forty-two. This is across the board, everybody, Facebook and everything. So, um. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you guys are on until this time, you know, we yeah. appreciate the support. We appreciate the love. Uh, Did you guys remember to link our OnlyFans page? Or? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we didn't share that yet? We have one viewer from there. <laughs> <laughs> Edgar's must be have met, must be having, a, must, up, must be having a slow night. Yeah. <laughs> we're, all, we're all going to hell, red carpet, <laughs> yeah. straight off the bat. Like, must be that one fan that loves Edgar. <laughs> 
the, subscri- the subscriptions aren't what going too well. Say? What can I say? What can I say? It pays four ninety nine a month to see it every Monday. There you go. Oh, at least put the price of four ninety nine. I was at twelve ninety nine a month ago. Four ninety nine. You means four hundred ninety nine. Dollars drop, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, to everybody. Who's- inflation. <laughs> inflation. To everyone who's joining us, thank you guys. Uh, everybody's hanging out with us. I know, you know, here we're almost at midnight and people who are in the East Coast or around the world, um, thank you for hanging out with us and, and, and listening and supporting both of our shows. Uh, if, you know, hit that like, it uh, doesn't matter which channel you're watching, just make sure you hit that like button, yeah. subscribe, and uh, share with share. family, uh, both Wisenhoff and Merhidosnet. <laughs> We have a lot no, of episodes don't coming the, up. Don't don't share the OnlyFans page with family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that that was for adults only. That one just send it to the HOA um, board. Members. I don't know what's happening. Um, okay, uh, Robert, if you can hear me, you need to uh, turn your camera because we're seeing your living room, and so I can. Uh, no. <laughs> um, Almost giving us a tour, bro. It's not a real estate job. <laughs> it's a tour. <laughs> no, it's not uh, switching. Uh, Arm, Arm it's not an introduction of the living room. I can't see it, <laughs> or else I would. We yeah. have an accent wall on this. Um, is he having tech? Are we having technical issues with them? I, I, it's his well, I can bring him on, but it's gonna yeah, be. Oh, no, there, there we is, go. There is. Okay, there we well, go. let's see if we have audio. Let's bring him back on. Come on, Robert. Come on, Robert. Come on, Robert. Do this. Nope. No. 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 Bro, do you have oh, a laptop probably, or something you can he, connect with? I, 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 I know what happened, bro. He, I guarantee you when he was setting he, it up, he, he might have question, clicked accidentally yeah. and said no. And uh, you can't go back and I mean, you yes. can, but I mean, I don't know how to do it on a phone. Uh, um, you, Robert, do you, want, do you want him to call in to one of you guys? Rob, sure, do you want sure. to call in? I mean, we won't see you, but. Okay. Yeah, we can do that. Uh, okay, hold on. Arno, you want to connect with your Bluetooth? Yeah, I'll click my Bluetooth. Hold on one second. Okay, Robert, I'm going to take you off the screen. And Unless Arno, you want to do it. Does he have your number? Does, um, Someone just drive to the wise now. <laughs> just drive. <Yeah. laughs> just, come on over, bro. Hold on. Well, you know, yeah. we're literally, we're literally a block bro, away from each other. We could throw a stone and it might hit him. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could throw a rock and it'll probably hit Vic's car. Okay. Uh not the new one, Vic. Not the new no, one. Not the new one. Not, not the, the new, new one. one. I'll have uh, him call me. He's calling me. He's calling you? Okay. Yeah, Matt, yeah. you connect to the Bluetooth then. I'm not going to connect to it. Okay. Hold on. Let me turn off my Bluetooth. Rob, hold on. You're disconnected. Okay. I disconnected, yeah. It's it's getting ready to pair. Guys, bear with us for two seconds, literally. One, two. Army in two seconds. Oh, politics is messy. Damn straight. Uh, that's, that's for sure, man. Oh, Damn straight. <sighs> By the way, my back's killing me from a Costco run today. Hmm. Our, our youngest wise nut is complaining of back. Dude, I swear to God, man. I, I, I Rob, mean, one, are you with this? one wrong move and my here, back bro. is gone. I could hear Rob. Okay. All right. All right. Rob, give us a check one, two. One, two. It's only one ear, though. It's okay. We Something's can hear you. Not... Yeah, good. Are we okay? Can, can the audience can you, yeah. hear, you guys yeah. hear him? Rob, give us a one-two. One-two. All right. Um, it's just my left ear. It's my left ear as well. It's only like, my right ear. Well, because I have the wire on. This side. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. They oh, can, they can hear him. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, can, okay, you, can you guys hear him as well? Is it one yeah, ear yeah, with yeah. you guys as well? No, no. no we're, 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 we can hear we're, stereo. It's we're all ears. With, yeah, it's you guys. Oh, you guys are all ears. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Matt, let's just turn it up from your phone as well. Turn, turn, turn Nixon references yeah. today. Okay. Uh, Rob, thanks for taking time uh, on this Sunday evening at 11.45 p.m. Pacific Standard Time to be with the Wise Nuts and Merhe Rosner. Always my pleasure. Um, my, my day usually starts where, unfortunately, when there's a war in Armenia, as most of you guys know, our day starts around this time when Armenia wakes up. So this is just my morning. Yeah. So as far as some information that you might have, Rob, I know you've been posting constantly um, since September 13th when the attacks were, uh, the first attacks took place. Uh, What information do you have as far as uh, plans or what information do you have of possible future plans regarding uh, Armenia? Uh, well, brother, I've been posting since November 9th after the, the war ended. I've been posting about all of this stuff, trying to keep the Armenian community engaged. But unfortunately, once the um, November 9th agreement was signed in 2020, the Armenian community pretty much fell apart. They forgot the feelings, uh, the solidarity we had on September 27th when the war started. So I try to keep that momentum going and I noticed that nobody was really interested in uh, a lot of people, you know, message me that stuff, you're war, uh, warmongering and leave us alone, let us live our lives, let us go to the pool in Armenia, let us enjoy our music festivals. So my brother and I pretty much set up our own network in Armenia. So now thankfully, thankfully, because of everything you had, we did during the two years, now we have a full network in Armenia where we can get anything we want, anywhere we want. So that's what we're working on now. Network um, as far as what, like uh, logistics, tra- to be able to transport things? Well, or anything what do you mean? we want. Anything we want, let's leave it at that. Anybody wants anything, hit me up, I'll get through it. When people say there's nothing in Armenia, or we don't have this and we don't have that, that's all bullshit. When people say we don't have weapons in Armenia, we don't, that's all bullshit. We have weapons manufacturing plants in Armenia that nobody utilizes, which I've been talking about for two years. So the, the defense ministry needs to put in the order for those weapons. Are they exactly. not putting in the orders at a time one of, of the, war? One of the factories, one of the factories, which I talked about back in 20, uh, 2020, um, I don't want to go into too much detail. I don't want to give, give too much information, but your, to answer your question, simply put, yes, the government is not putting in the order. And I can prove that. I have documents. I have the CEOs who want to talk about it. So, yes, the government is not putting in the order. It's as simple as fucking that. Why is that? Do you think they represent the interest of Armenia as the Look, government honestly, of Armenia? You know what it is? It's like when Armenians are looking for a doctor, what nationality of doctor do that person look for? Be honest. Let's be having an honest conversation. Jewish. 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 Right? Jewish, Persian, Indian. So Armenians always love the big weapons, the foreign weapons, the, the Russian Thor, you know, all that stuff, the, uh, the Indian weapons and stuff. But you have domestic weapons which they don't want to have because they want to have that for example, I'll give you an example. This is the only thing I'll tell you about this. Do you know why they are doing that? Well, again, that's something that you guys have to 
call and ask the government and do an investigation like I've been telling. I, I, there's a lot of stuff I can't say on social media because, you know, because of very serious issues. That's why I've been, if you guys go back to my uh, post, I keep on saying, hey, Zotong Media, hey, U.S. Armenian, here are the names of the company. Call me up, I'll give you the name of the company. Call, do your investigation. Go to Papi um, Kian, go to Pachinyan's office and ask, why aren't you buying these domestic weapons? Which you tested, which we have proof that you approved. We have documentation signed by the MOD saying these are amazing motherfucking weapons. From loitering munitions, kamikaze drones, you guys call it, to artil- <laughs> artillery, anything you fucking want, we have in Armenia. So when people are just yelling and screaming, oh, weapons, oh, weapons, manufacture your own damn weapons. You have the, the infrastructure set up. You've had it set up since 2014. But but Robert, having said that, you know, even the other day when, when Pashinyan was speaking, you know, he brought up some points about how, you know, when if he does that, let's say we have the money to manufacture or even to buy from other thing that, you know, there there's there's other powers who are not allowing it. You know, what do you say to that? Well, if, if, if you have, if you, if you have, if you have your female soldiers raped, beheaded, and you guys will have a new video coming out within the next 48 hours of another female, which I've seen the video already. Yeah. Uh, this is the, the, the nurse that we, we just found out today. I knew about that three days ago we saw the video. So if you have your female officers raped, a grenade stuck inside her private, um, beheaded, decapitated. You have your Turkish parliament member saying, we'll wipe you off the fucking map. Who gives a shit about other powers? What other powers? Armenia already shifted the balance by inviting... Listen, Armenia already shifted that balance when you have American flags flying inside of Yerevan today. That shit, the, the ship already sailed. Well, you're trying to appease Russia? When you have you yelling, I love America in front of all, in, in front of opera, that ship has sailed. You have to do what's in your best interest of your country. Fuck the rest. Excuse my language. I'm, I'm just, I just I'm get very upset. No, it's fine. Uh, you're okay, well, Robert. You're okay, you're okay. Give you an example. Em- give you an bag. example. Give you an example. Last night, last night, the guys had to get heavy machinery, heavy court machinery up to the post. And it broke down. They Savarka Chunay Savarka. This is a welding machine. A $25 billion piece of equipment. So I had to, again, through our pipeline, through everything we have set up, go by the tools, go by all that stuff. When people say, we have everything, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. If you're talking about AK-47, yeah, maybe we have AK-47. But it's not about AK-47. Okay, Robert, uh, I, I believe you, but let me ask you this question. Well, if not Pashinyan, who should be sitting in power today? Who do you see that could uh, do something positive for Armenia? But the, the, the questions you guys are answering and the, and the uh, guests I've been hearing talk, if you guys are not asking the right questions, or the right questions should be, how can we help our soldiers on the front line? 
what can we do? Right now, Pelosi can, yes, we can use her as a deterrent to keep the ceasefire because obviously the U.S. demonstrated that they have power over Azerbaijan, right? You know, Russia tried twice. There's no ceasefire. Pelosi, you know, the U.S. came in and obviously they have, they flexed their muscles and we got ceasefire. So let's use that. So let's use Pelosi to as a deterrent. In the meantime, we keep on saying, who's going to save us? Which country is going to save us? Dude, save yourself first. Try to save yourself yeah. first. Yeah. No, Armenians have the false hope. Pelosi came. We, let's go back to the cafe. The U.S. is going to save us now. Our new white horse is here. The U.S. Nope. will save us now. So let's get, let's get fucking comfortable. Let's go back to the cafe. Let's enjoy. Let's do all that shit. Because now the U.S. just came. U.S. is not there for Armenia's interest. Nope. It's there to protect the self-interest. Exploit Armenia against Russia. Absolutely. Yes. And that's it. And by Azerbaijan attacking Armenia, it opened up a third front against Russia, which is going to further destabilize Russia. You have Russia in Syria, Libya, Central Africa, mm-hmm. Ukraine, and now they're trying to pull the Russia into uh, Armenia. Which they're already there. Well, they did, but the Russia is saying, I don't want any part of it. They bombed, they bombed and shot at the SSB vehicles and posts and but, the next morning. But Russia wants to keep that under the, under the rug, in a sense. Hush, hush. Well, it's, it's not really hush, hush when you have your FSB. Just, just, just like, you have to understand the Russian rule in the, in the, in the region is getting weak, weak, weak and weak by the day. You, you had, you had the Russian embassy bombed in Baghdad two weeks ago, killing Russians. And they did nothing. You have FSB cars being shot at by Azerbaijan. And the next day, Putin is sitting there having a dinner with Aliyev and, and uh, Erdogan and just laughing about it. And America is seeing this and is exploiting that. And Armenians are just, oh, my God, that's now America. America's not going to send a Predator drone, Reaper drone, in the UAS system. They're not going to send that to us. They don't want this, this, an, an, another yeah. conflict. Well, they don't want these weapons to fall into Russia's hand. Yeah, or the technology goes somewhere else. Partner, uh, or, or be used against a potential uh, NATO partner or current NATO partner, Turkey. So the only thing that U.S. is offering us right now is this deterrence. Pelosi visiting there, the ceasefire. We have a t- deterrence. Use this deterrence and use the influence of the United States to Put some pressure on Israel to stop sending those fucking IAI-made drones to Armenia, which which last war that we had two days ago, it was all of the IAI drones, the suicide drones made by IAI. Pelosi has that power. Will she use it? I don't think so. Well, 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 that's well, that's how you force their hand. If you want us to be partners with you to fuck over Russia, leave CSTL. Do something for us. Stop the shipments. There have been 30 shipments this week alone from Israel to Baku. Show good faith. If you're standing in our in Armenia saying this is an illegal attack, your closest ally is, is arming this illegal attack. So he said they're also part of this illegal attack. But no one wants to talk about Israel because we know oh. Israel is hands off. Hands off with Israel. Yeah. Unfortunately, as Armenians, we have not been seeing our enemy for who it is. 
for far too long. Looking past 200 years, we keep talking about the Bolsheviks. Who were the same Bolsheviks? Yep. Well, who are they? We need to stop talking about history before we become history. Oh, that's what we're going towards. Talking about three, four hundred years ago. Talk about what's happening today. You're in a genocide today. Who gives a shit what happened a year, hundred years ago? You're reliving it today. And you know that part part of that is because we we don't even hold ourselves responsible. Our association is responsible. We have hundred year old organizations with hundreds of millions of dollars. What what is any organization doing right now to help Armenia? Nothing. How many prayer groups have you had at the local churches? Or how many of the Armenian channels have they had a moment of silence for your soldiers? None. Yeah. So why are you looking for America to save you when your own people aren't saving your, themselves? We were at a protest the other day in front of the Armenian embassy. And there was also a fundraiser, so I, I had to attend both. So I walked over to the fundraiser, which was at the, uh, the Phoenicia restaurant across the street. And you have the Serpazan of Artak. Serpazan of Artak. Artak is losing it. Artak is gone. Fighting for his last, for his last breath. You have the Serpazan of Artak sitting there. With kids still, you know, their, their bodies still warm in the battlefield. Sitting there with who? With our former ambassador of Armenia, Who's Dr. Arzman. Dr. Arzman, he just got fired seven months ago. He's still here. What the fuck are you doing here? What are you doing here? Sitting there with girls and laughing it up with cigarettes and they're not listening to Aramatatia. If I'm a country, I'm going to say, Look at your leaders, your spiritual leaders here, while the, it's losing, they're losing their country. And the people are across the street fighting for, their, fighting for their country in front of an embassy, and the former ambassador is sitting there just ignoring them. We, have, we haven't had an, a, a, a new consulate general for eight months. Why? Because they don't want the diaspora to have any connections with Armenia. Ever since Pashin has been into office with that piece of shit, Zarek Sinanyan, there's been zero, 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 uh, uh, there's, been, there's been no break between Armenia and, and uh, the diaspora. But you know what's no funny? Wasn't, wasn't the point of him being the bridge between diaspora he and... Was the, he, was to, he was supposed to set up special diasporas, meaning diaspora centers in each Armenian community. None of that shit was done. And the relationship between Armenia and the diaspora is deteriorating by the second, which is further weakening Armenia. Yeah. Why are you going and begging for, let's say, Europe for a $40 million grant when you have billionaires, billionaire Armenians in the United States? You have billions of dollars in, 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 in sitting in bank accounts for your organization. And you're begging the EU for $40 million and you have to go open up an LGBTQ Senator, Senator Yerevan to prove that you're progressive so they can give you that fucking grant. Why are you jeopardizing your morals, your standards, your history, your traditions just to get a $40 million grant when you have billions sitting here? Robert, let me ask you something. Robert, how much does AGBU have in his endowment right now? Over a billion. Okay, let me ask you something. Wow. Um, why do you think they are not getting involved. What is it? Is it because they're against Pashinyan or is it something else? Like Brother, what? 
we say, we post these bullshit posts, they're bullshit posts going around, join us for an apolitical um, protest. The second we arrive there, what does it turn into? A political, political fucking protest. Today was supposed to be, a, <laughs> today some guy organized a protest in front of the Azerbaijani consulate and they want uh, uh, prevent Azerbaijan from joining NATO. It's not even on the table. What are you talking about? Azerbaijan don't need a NATO. You know, the embassy's closed today. You know that. Abed, I know that. Immediate implementation of the Bostonian... Abed, it's Bostonian map. Take out a missile of a higher son of a higher mebur. It's Bostonian map. I'm sorry. I did massacre you guys. Here is the here is here is here is your land. Thirty million Turks live on it. Sorry, we can't move them. They have to live on it. Jeez, you guys are positive. Oh, but it's not, it's not, no, it's, it's not it's about being reality. positive or negative. It's the reality of it, man. I, I'm sorry to say this, but I, I feel like until, I don't even want to say it, but until Yerevan gets hit, no one's going to wake up. They're still like enjoying That's their life. They're still not going to wake up. They're still not going to wake up. They're still not going to wake up. You know why? Because this last two years, it's been an experiment to see how much we can tolerate. Azerbaijan has been pushing the envelope inch by inch every week, every month to see how much Armenians will tolerate. They took 30, 40 square kilometers of Armenia proper. Nothing happened. Enemy sitting. Tell me a country where an enemy will come and sit inside of a foreign sovereign nation. Inside and the, the country border, just yeah. parties up. And the party, the country just doesn't give a shit. It's okay. Let's buy buses. Let's give $6 million bonus to the officers. Let's argue about if we should have salt, the level of salt we should have in restaurants. Okay, Azerbaijan's like, okay, we got away with it. Let's push the envelope further. Let's bomb them. Let's rape their women. What is the threshold for Armenian tolerance? And they saw now we have no threshold because we're not Armenian anymore, brother. If you see an Armenian woman in that condition, I'm sure you guys seen the videos. Yeah. And if you don't feel the sense of anger, urgency, I mean, then, and then the next morning, you have Armenians partying. And I saw a video of a couple of the, the weddings here from this weekend. So they, see, they, all, they all see this. They assess this. That there is no Armenian community anymore. There is no Armenian great Armenian diaspora, the backbone of our media. Because our, we have Armenian soldiers in Armenia still. We have three to four hundred. And the, the news will get, will get come out slower and slower. I've seen one video shot by my own uncle's son. He went to pick up our cousin from Denmark. Uh, that's the head of the family from Denmark. Uh, he, had, he, had, he, had, he had some severe injury. He showed me one video. And if anybody doesn't believe it, 
I'm not sure the video. In one area only, Redwood, there were 79 dead Armenian soldiers laid out on the field. And they're claiming we have 135 soldiers dead. Again, they're testing our limits of tolerance. And I'm not going to say that it's a really full up. America has something that about high, high, the Nobody here gives a shit what Torah and Havak and what you want to with Oxnumet. Why not? They can get away with it. So. Am I wrong? Let me ask you guys something. You guys are influential Armenians. Do you guys have a podcast? What have you done yourself, the two podcasts, in the last week to rally up the Armenian community? Well, this. This Good is question. what we've done. This, it's a great this question. This is what we've done. You know. But you do the five, 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 six days later. I'm talking about, remember what happened September 27th? We were activated. Yes. We were activated on the spot. We were doing stuff on the spot. Yeah, I understand, Nobody Robert, but at the same it. time, we, you're we're, thinking, you're thinking, you know, is it who, I mean, podcast or not, we're, 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 we're nobodies. Yeah, we have followers, but, you know, our podcast is historical. Their podcast is, you know, let's say current events, but you're also thinking, okay, you know, there's this thing like, I'll be honest with you, Robert, yeah. let me tell you why my stance on it. We could have come out a little earlier, but this time around, the information coming out, wasn't as readily available to us and you don't because the 2020 taught us a lesson and you got to understand who's giving you the right information not just the that information coming out talking this time about was it. not you don't know who to trust anymore yeah well and, i mean the, the fact that the fact that armenia was attacked the fact that we had losses was was evident you, you know nobody needs to have you know visual confirmation of that Robert, okay, so we we understand the 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 the, the falls and and the issues and everything. What can be done? Like, what what can you promote as far as the people can do who who actually want to help? What would you what would you recommend to our audience right now? The the hundred and thirty people that are watching. For for example, yesterday there was a post that hey guys, we need batteries in Armenia. Do ourselves Yeah, please. Battery orderarek, market banner orderarek, thermometer orderarek, and let's ship it to Armenia. Like, if you need stuff like that done, if you need sources in Armenia, you need to source something in Armenia, let me know. I won't collect money. I will not touch anyone's money for obvious reasons. Everybody knows why. And it's yes. very sad, but but I will I will put your, I'll get anything you need in Armenia. Anything. You're willing to pay for it? I'll have it set up. Send your own person to pick it up, pay for it, take it to wherever you want to take it. In, in, that's what that's what we're doing. That's the only way I know that our money is going to go. To I, I, I understand, but what is it? That, what is it that they need? What, when you say you know whatever you want to send, I mean, Basilkai service check on them. So we need to get something that's important. Like what is it? What information do you have? Well, what it, what do they need? What what can people buy and ship over there? It, 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 the situation is so fluid at the moment that at any in real time, what I literally what I was talking to you guys, and I can, you know, uh, get, like can you guys hear it? Yeah, yeah. 
No, whatever you're playing. Yeah, oh, what are you playing? playing? Oh, oh, hear it. oh, shit. I guys can hear what, what I'm... Oh, sorry. No. Oh. No, 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 no. We like, can hear you, but we can't hear what you're playing. Oh, shit. Uh, no, I, I got a message. It's one of the... From one of the Zora Masters. And, like, we, 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 we work with four different Zora Masters. Two, uh, three are uh, actual army and and uh, two different units of uh, just volunteers. Now, so right, the, the only reason... The only reason... Now, the fact that you're saying as as... As podcasters, as quote unquote influencers, which uh, to be honest with you, we never signed we up. For we never signed role, up yeah. for any of this stuff. But uh, to be honest with you, the fact that you're saying, "What are you guys?" Hold on, hold on, Rob. The fact that you're saying, "What are you guys doing?" As far as for, I'm not, I'm not accusing you guys. No, 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 no. I know, I know. But when you're, when you're, it's, it's kind of backing us into some sort of corner where it's like, okay, what are you guys doing? It's like at, at this point, with us being in the states, with what happened in 2020. And what we saw that took Look, place. That's an excuse. People no, need to stop. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. You're not, you're, wait. L- let me, let me, let me finish. As far as what can be done, resources, anything as far as so, somebody comes up to us and says, hey, Wise Nuts, hey, Merherosnet, we need X, Y, Z. The fact that, you know, we won't bat an eye. We'll take care of whatever we need to take care of to help out whatever we need to do for Armenia. For the 2020 war, we raised $360,000 for Armenia. We have no idea what happened with that money, Rob. How do you think? Well, how do you think we I feel? That. Okay. That's, why, 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 that's why I'm telling you that, like, even if I have to spend $1, $1, I literally have to get visual confirmation that well, if I bought something for a soldier, the soldier gets it, sends me a message thanking me. And from what we're doing this time around, we, we fucked up last time. So let's say if they want, uh, let's say, for example, heavy digging equipment. When we buy it, we have them sign something, say, hey, look, so-and-so is taking responsibility for this. When you're done with it, we're not leaving you with this. We're taking it. We're taking it to so-and-so Zorama. Uh-huh. If anybody else wants it, contact us. Come sign for it. Pick it up, take it, use it, and bring it back. I totally understand. But listen, listen to this, man. We're living in 2022, right? We're living in 2022. The events that are taking place as far as the communication and the items that we have to send to you know, our brothers and sisters in Armenia and the fact that it has to go through this many channels to get there, I'm sorry to say, number one, it's pathetic. And of course it is. Uh, yeah. Armenia itself, bro, everything in Armenia is pathetic. All right. Yeah, so what do we do? This what, what, and, and also, and also, one more thing. One more thing, Vic. And then you can. The fact that, the fact that we have a government in place, where we have a prime minister, we have uh, a parliamentary system, and they're letting whatever is taking place take place currently, and the fact that nobody's voice is being heard, whether it's on the media, whether it's on social media, whether it's through the news. Uh, I mean, you you, you expect. Yeah. And again, not to be, you know, a negative Nancy or dwell on the situation, but you expect your average Joe who's sitting at home or in the States or in France or in Canada, wherever it is, to make some sort of noise and to be able to help out when our own system itself, the cancer that's in our government is destroying it as it is right now. So, so we wait and see if, uh, whether the cancer is cured or... You know, no, you know because you know, this is how I look at it, and we were gonna. End, I we, we were, I was I was gonna mention this for the for the end of the show. The fate of Armenia was written by Levon Terbedrosian a very long time ago. Whatever is that taking place, it doesn't help. 
that doesn't help the situation in Armenia. I understand that. I understand that. Listen, this is just a waste of time. Guys, waste of time. Mobilize, mobilize. You guys want to do something? You have a podcast. I'll give you names. Call up those names of those CEOs of those weapons companies and say, hey, you have weapons, right? We want to buy it. Tell us why it hasn't been bought. You, you, you say you have a cancer in the Armenian government. Expose it. Talk about it. Get the Armenian community involved. There's absolutely no energy in the Armenian community. We have to get the Armenian community to rise up. Yeah, you're right. Everybody's exactly. exhausted. I agree. Right? I agree. We completely agree with you. We can't disagree when you're saying something exactly the way it should be. And one thing with the one thing that every single Armenian can rally against, I rally with, you know, not have anything negative to say about it is we stand with our soldier and for the protection and safety of our country. Don't get politics involved. If you get that nationalistic, apolitical, you know, idea across to people that, hey, this is only a movement to or to stand next to our soldier and to help our country, you know, to protect its sovereignty. That's it. Nothing else. Not like literally nothing else. Nobody can argue against that. Nobody. All right. So why don't we do this? Um, everybody who's listening, who will be listening, uh, watching later on, Robert. So if, if somebody wants to help directly to the soldiers or get involved with you, how, how does this happen? How do they connect with you? What's the best way? Is it Instagram or is there an email? One important, one important, one important thing. I have to say this because this week, uh, this this incident happened. A prominent individual approached me and said, "Hey, look, I know you got connect. I know you got you got you can make shit happen. Can I give you a list and can you get it?" He thought I wasn't be able to get it. So next morning, I texted him and said, "Hey, dude, go to Hmiasing. Go to the this and this place. Take three trucks. It's ready." And he ghosted me. So if you're going to reach out to me. Well, this is a good chance to call out that person in a sense. Well, trust me, I'm going to take care of him and his brother because they put me on the spot and then I have to pay out of my own pocket. I have to pay out of my own pocket because his guys are hitting me up. They do. We need to stop. We need to like, it's important shit. So I can send a message saying, look, I pay for it. Go pick it up. They'll release it to you. So if if, if you're going to, you know, somebody's, text me the other day I said hey look I want to help this and that and I said okay let's meet up like let's do it he's like I can only do twenty dollars I said brother you like you're wasting my time thank you but like Sandolaro income on the stuff interest was one Sandolaro he's like well you posted that a drug was 650 in million Armenia I said yes it is six hundred and fifty dollars but Sandolaro can you make the fifteen percent of that missile you understand we have a missile manufacturing plant in front in, in the middle of Armenia. But the war that was fought this week, the war that was fought this week, 80% was short and long range artillery, which we manufacture inside of Hayastad, which I've been saying for two fucking years. For a hundred dollars, you can get something for $200 for $500. The most expensive thing is $980. Okay. $980 is is the soldier going to go to that manufacturer and pay $980 and buy a missile? Or the military has to buy it? No, brother. If you want to do it, buy it with the, with the MOD to the MOD proof facility, and they'll take it to whatever Zoramak you want to take it to. I don't know, I don't know how else to tell, tell my Armenian people that. Yep, but, there are other projects. There are very, so now we're going to be funding the This is going around but, the government. Yeah, but see, I mean, I mean, listen to what you're saying with all due respect. 
you 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 expect Armenian people from the diaspora to send money to let's say whoever business or to the soldier who, who's going to go to an MOD approved manufacturer by military. Uh, uh, MOD approves it. Okay. They know what's being done. Oliver, let's let's stop let's stop talking about this. I'll, come on, let's stop talking about this. I'm not going to talk about this anymore. You guys want to help activate people? You guys want to help? We will bring guests on. Don't talk about the history of Armenia. We all fucking know the history of Armenia. We ourselves are becoming history. Talk about what's happening now. Nobody gives a shit about the Bolsheviks or what happened in 1945. We have real issues now. Well, so I if mean, you're going to do something, talk about current stuff that's happening now that people can get involved with and, and do stuff. There are other initiatives that you can do with other than buying stuff for the soldiers on the front line. Yeah, that's true. Call, call out all of our organizations. Where are all, where are all of our organizations? AMAA, the AGBU, all, all those organizations. Where they're, are all, they? they're all silent. They're not going to say anything. This is all, this is all their, you know, it's, bro, do, this is all a political game for them. They're not going to say anything, Rob. If you really Bobby, think they're going to. It's not up to them. Then, then, then they make each ask game, but they make, make them make them make them Ever since we started Wise Nuts, I've been trying to call out the people that represent us in the diaspora. Every time we did, we were shut down because we've been calling them out for four years and nothing has changed. And inviting one of those people here, good luck. Forget about it, bro. They're not going to sit down with you. Those people people are in power because... The community supports them, donates to them, votes for them to be in, 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 on the office. Because they bullshit to the community about X, Y, Z, and then they turn around and give them ABC. That's why. Typical politics. Bro, it's all politics, Rob. That's the problem. That it, that's, that's why if you guys want change, we have to, we have, if you guys really want change in Armenia, all that shit needs to be changed. And the diaspora has to stand up and make those changes. Because the diaspora supports those fucking organizations that do nothing for our people at time of need. What are they waiting for? For us to be have another genocide so they can write another fucking book or have another library built so we can go and see our own history in a, in a, in a uh, museum? No, because for them it's all about money and it's all about clout. That's all it's about. They don't give a shit okay. about it. They're all sitting. In, they're all sitting comfortably wherever they are outside of the war, outside of the front lines, and they're like, you know what? Okay, uh, if I donate X Y Z money, I'll get this much back, and I'll have this political power here, and maybe they'll uh, push but permits for guys. This. We and really don't have time for bro, it. Bro, seriously, we just I mean, don't. It's, it's 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 a circle jerk. We don't have time for any of that. That's why. That's why we have to have. That's why we have to have a mechanism in place, an actual. Every diaspora has to have an emergency action team in place. So when the first bomb drops, you have a team that takes care of media, lobbying, a team that gets everybody organized, a team that does the protest, a team that, you know, you know what I'm saying? Rob, we, 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 had, the ANC, that, we no. had the ANCA on the wiseness. We asked them about lobbying. They said, well, we're, we're, I'm just, uh, again, again, these listen. Are the people that have been representing yeah. us, Rob, these people no, but I talk. If you, if, you bring them, if you bring them on your show, you don't call them out. We, we did. I did call them out. What they say is we don't. Oh well, we know we're shy. We're we're we frown upon lobbying. That's how much does lobbying cost? How much does lobbying cost for for a million dollars a year? Okay, and what is that for for an Armenian army that raised millions of dollars on the streets of really? Glen Oaks? 
Nothing bro, for them. Yeah, listen, listen, bro. What was done in 2020 that's never going to happen again. No one's going to donate again. No, nothing. No, I get it. I understand that. It's just an example I'm bringing up. When people say, it's a lot of Marxist automobiles. And we did a fundraiser. Some girl asked me to do a fundraiser for the guy who burned his house down. The first guy who burned his house down. But he doesn't need a fundraiser. He's already taken care of. It was before that. It was before any of that stuff. It was before Vatnah Hufaisen came and said all that stuff. We've been in contact with Vatnah Hufaisen before. So the girl wanted to do a fundraiser. I said, okay, I'll jump on a live with you. Were you were you made aware, Robert? Were, did anyone tell you that Vartan Rukasian was going to come to America? And who are the people, the contact people that Vartan Rukasian was put in touch with? We certainly didn't know anything about I, him coming I, I here. Found, I found out. I found out when it, I, I'm, I'm honestly I'm, I'm in contact with him on, on one issue only. There's there's a child here at uh, CHLA. Um, in very dire need of medical assistance, and the family just needed a family advocate because they didn't know English. So I kind of volunteered to be the family advocate for the family. So the only thing I've corresponded with him on or kind of worked on with him is that. Just just about that kid. That's it. So I didn't know he came here. I don't know who brought him here. But, I mean, you guys saw the video who was next to him. So you know who brought him here. Yeah. Have we ever tried to have Harut Sasunian on the wise list? Have you guys yeah, ever yeah. tried reaching out to him? Of course, I've talked to him a couple of times. And what was the response you got, sir? He asked if we were vaccinated or not. <laughs> oh, shit. There you go, buddy. <laughs> All right, guys. Honestly, uh, I was very shocked to see Vartan Rukasian sitting next to him. Yeah, right? well, that, that was because a shock to everybody. Nobody you, was expecting it. Yes. Oh, you have to understand who was in the room. A couple of guys who have some wheat stored, a guy who has a home care. Like, those are so There were some good the people there, too, though, Rob. Obviously, they were. Absolutely, they were. I mean... But, I mean, it, it was it was just... I, mean, I, I, I didn't get the point of that whole meeting, to be honest with you. No, and, like you said, okay, if we didn't know about it, you didn't know about it. Only a specific I know, I know, few I, I, people I knew about, about it. it. No, my, my godson who was there, he called me and said, hey, you want to go? He's going to come tomorrow. That's the, that's the only time I knew that. I said, I'm not. Yeah. So, because I'll be honest with you guys here. I do follow uh, Vartan Rukasian. I do see him as maybe the only person that can bring uh, stability to Armenia as far as anti-corruption this is the only guy that can bring you anti-corruption. And the guy does not want to be uh, prime minister, president. He just wants to stop corruption in Armenia. Listen, none of that right now is helping the situation. So yeah. uh, I think what Robert's point is that everybody needs to wake up. Uh, I don't care what it is, podcast, modcast, show, TV, whatever it is. Everybody needs to step it up and some way help. So if you guys want to Any help. Any way you can. Yeah. Any way you can. And, and if you want to help directly, like you said, if you want to help with the soldier situation, whatever it is, connect with Robert. You can find him on Instagram. Um, help. Just do something. Do again, something. I want, I want to put this on the record. I want to put this on the record. I'm not taking any monetary donations. I want this to be on the record. No monetary donations. Yeah. I don't want yeah. somebody to say, oh, 
Rob bought a new car. It's That's not fair. a donation. No, no, That's no, no. Fair, it's it's you are you are the source to connect to get things done yeah. over yes, there, there, basically. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So, yeah. uh, what's your handle on on this? Loser in Los Angeles is a connection. Unfortunately, that's how messed up our, our country is. Say that one that's more time. Say that one more time. I said it's, it's the country so messed up that some idiot like me in Los Angeles has to be that. But it is what it is. Uh, you're well, doing your work, and that's what you feel. You don't need to say that about yourself. Let's put it this yeah. way. No, the most, most important thing I want to just, I know you guys probably have to go, is every single one of us has a resource has a, a talent, has the time. Just reposting the same stuff for your 80 followers, which all follow each other. We always don't. It, it, it does nothing. Absolutely does nothing. Yeah, it just circulates within. We just circulate within ourselves. So please, like, think outside the box. Right now, there's a huge uprising in, in Azerbaijan with the two opposition leaders in Azerbaijan. Going against Aliyev saying, dude, what the hell did you just do? We didn't need this new fresh war. And you told us Armenia is a crippled country, but they killed hundreds of our boys in one day. There's a huge thing going on in, in Azerbaijan. Exploit that. You know, mm -hmm. tomorrow the Russian uh, pr the parliament speaker is going to Azerbaijan. A lot of stuff is happening. Like, be informed, get informed, spend time researching, reading, see what you can do, how you can, you know, use your like people text me, hey Rob, you know what? I got this perfect idea. You should do. I said, I'll spend this money. Give me a second. What I should do? You're the Don't expert do in cybersecurity. Yeah. You're an expert in cybersecurity. You text me. You have a cybersecurity firm. You're texting me, telling me a guy that has nothing to do with cybersecurity. You should do the cybersecurity initiative. And then I'll just blog about this. So this is just blog about this happening. Everybody has to carry our weight. Yeah, nobody wants to step it up. Everybody just wants to uh, come up with a bright everybody idea, throw it on somebody. Monday night quarterback. Everybody wants to be a Monday night quarterback. Everybody wants to just give advice. Everybody wants to get on, you know, podcasts and lives and stuff and act like they're a political expert and they know what the fuck is going on. None of us know what's going on. Well, that's why we bring our guests in order to find out what's going on. You know, especially people who are none involved. of us know what's going on, brother. None of us. At this least is have all a of our pig thing. Yeah. Yeah. Some sort of idea. Yeah, uh, get an the idea. The only That's way to get a full idea is to be and, on and, the ground. And, and like you said, what you do by, by having all these guests on today, some were experts, some were just, you know, let's say on the ground soldiers. Uh, their their point of view is to help whoever's watching us. I mean, at the peak of the time, we had almost 200 people on this live. Uh, it's something they're learning, they're seeing. Maybe they weren't aware of uh, aware of it, you know, whatever it is. Everybody has to do their part. So hopefully some people took something from this and now they're going to go do something themselves. Um, you know, Absolutely. that's the whole point. That's the whole point. Awareness. Uh, we've mentioned before, um, you know, uh, with uh, Elina Abovian and, and uh, Araxa, Karapaya. Uh, like, look at what they're doing. There was a gentleman up in, I don't know, which some boondock newscast area or yeah. whatever yeah. he just did something again, he's armenian he's in no middle but, of nowhere you know this is every army doesn't matter where you are you could be in georgia you could be in north dakota whatever it is it doesn't matter do something uh, uh at least put it out there you know bring awareness to what's happening and then eventually uh, you know that that one guy who's in middle of nowhere he's armenian he's surrounded by non-armenians i'm sure he has great friends and everything if he all of a sudden puts something out there now those people 
are like, hey, what's going on? You know, and then they're they're gonna start talking about it. It's it's the domino effect. So yeah. that's what especially I especially how fluid is especially you, you know exploit their emotions. Yeah. You know with the whole you know how they're treating our show women. Show them that video. They, you know, show them that video. I've I've showed that video to everybody I see. Yeah. Everybody I see, I've sent a, I've sent that to every single female like person that I can find of of, of importance. Because females, they're all, they're all talking about the Me Too movement and all that bullshit. Yeah. Here's a female in the most degrade, I mean, degraded to the worst possible inhumane way. They show them the video of how they're threatening us to, you know, wipe us off, off the earth. I mean, who does that in 21st century? When have you, what other country have you heard yeah. of being treated that way? No, no country in the 21st century has been treated that way. And the tolerance level of the Armenian population, it grows higher and higher. The threshold goes higher and higher because we ain't doing shit. Well, again, the point of this was to, uh, you know, unite, organize, more organized than, you know, unite because apparently unity is a issue within our culture. But... At least centralized unity, yeah. guys. Centralized yeah, unity. That's where our main issue is. We need to have centralized unity because we could all be. I mean, once we're doing this podcast, you could have someone else doing a podcast at the same time, or a prayer group in one park while another uh-huh. prayer group is at another. We need centralized powers in the diaspora. One place yeah, has don't, to don't control try to push everything. your agenda in at this at this time. This is not about you know uh, trying to get whatever it is uh, uh, your fifteen as minutes far as of podcasts, fame. Uh, we've been we've been pretty lucky with the podcast in the Armenian community. We've come together in a really nice way because maybe we're not too many. That could be the reason why. Yeah, but in other aspects, I feel like even when we're fighting for our own country, we're fighting against one another. I mean, I, I remember there was a time we had five different groups organizing the walk on April 24th. We still do. And that's year, that's what leads to April these failures. Be, yeah, April 24th will be organized by four different organizations at four different times. That's sad. Yeah. Yes, you know you sad. know why, guys? Uh, it comes down to this. We don't have a central leadership that tells us, yes. hey, I lock you, you ain't shit to do anything. A person who's who's in charge, who's respected, who has the authority to be in charge of our community. You go to a protest, twenty people show up with microphones, <laughs> but each claims to be the leader of the Armenian organization. I'll I'll tell you guys this last story, and I'm I'm gonna get up. But I'm, I'm um, two days ago there was a protest at the Glendale uh, Embassy, so we all went there to support and all that stuff, and they legit got together uh, two well-known Armenian organizations, political organizations, I'm not going to name any names, and they and they legit started publicly deciding who the next prime minister is going to be. Like, what? legit. They shook hands. They shook hands. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. And they're like, they start like, like going at it. And then they, when they agreed is on debating? So they were debating? They were debating in front of the Armenian embassy. In, in front of the Imperial Embassy, they, they got into a, a large thing, a circle, you know, they're like, hey, who represents the highest country? Some guy said, I do. What? Who represents uh, this? And they legit stood next to the embassy, shook hands, 
took off their glasses, and they started discussing who the next prime minister is going to be. And then when they agreed on somebody, they shook hands saying, okay, we got this job done, good job. And then I was there, I'm like, hey, can, I was there with my friend, I'm like, hey, can Mono be the general of the Ministry of Defense? Because then I just, to show them how ridiculous they and, were. And, like, and Rob, you're asking us what we're doing for, for Armenia? I, yeah, think, I, think, well, I think we're doing more good for Armenia than harm. Why? This is a yeah. lot I, I, Bro, I know, listen, when I said, what are you guys doing? I'm, you know, I, I didn't want to insult you or anything, but I'm just trying to show you guys that there is You're nothing. You're trying to wake no up the Armenian in a sense. Well, there's nothing being done. Armenians, you have to understand, there's nothing being done. And Armenians think it's normalized. We're normalizing the killing of our soldiers. We're normalizing the giving of our land because nobody gives a shit about it. We're normalizing it. We're going to be in another Iraq, another Afghanistan. Oh, another 300 people killed in a mosque. It's okay. Oh, another foreign power comes into our country. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Let them explode and rape us and leave us alone. That's what we're becoming. We've become immune to all this bullshit. And that's not right. And when I saw the and I saw the video of the first female, and I said, dude, like, in a way, like, I was like, okay, this is going to rally up the people. I'm like, come on, this and that. Nothing. Guys, we're Nothing. talking. Our government couldn't have a translator for Pelosi. Oh, bro, that was just that was just garbage. Oh, how 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 bad can you be, guys? Guys, hold on, hold on, oh, hold I mean, on. I, I, listen, no, no, that's not cool. That is not cool. I'm sorry. They were having technical issues with the equipment, and she jumped in. Okay, okay. Please don't do that. That's not cool. All right. Oh, man. So, okay, but you're telling me with the hundred people standing there, none of them can actually translate English. What do you mean? What, what was the translation? Was the issue with the translation? She was part tra- of the embassy. She jumped in, try to save the moment. Guys can't do that. Keep keep. I wish we you know, had better people. Putting there, everybody down. It was a situation. We have technical issues. We try to figure it out. None of them were working. Whose fault is it? Is the technician's fault or the translator's fault? She jumped in, tried to help. When you have one of the most powerful people coming into your country, you make sure that damn thing works before the. Well, well listen, stuff happens, man. Right? Stuff happens. So what? Now you're gonna go look down upon Armenia because there was a a, a fuck up on uh, equipment or technology, and and the 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 lady who works at the embassy jumped in to try to help, and now we're uh, bashing her because her translation wasn't the best, or she forgot a moment of because Nancy Pelosi was talking too fast. Okay, like, but what's the point? Okay, we're done. Okay, we're done with that. Okay, we're done. I'm talking about it. What I'm okay, saying is that done. this is the issue, guys. We keep bashing yeah. on each other. Stop. Enough. Who's, who's, who's bashing, bro? You, you, you. That's reality in Armenia, though, bro. Half ass. Half ass. That's everything in Armenia is half ass. You have to send the thoughts. Kalut him, Mangali. Kalut. What's on it? Stong Sarke. To Hassan, let's talk about it. You're texting on the stop them. I swear to God, I'm texting back and forth. I, I, I'll send it to you guys. I'll text it to you so you guys can see. Kalut him, Mangali. Specific Kalut. So you can call Sana Zoramas or Bansarken. Dang. Yeah, so yeah, they are in love. That's, that's the situation, the reality in Armenia, bro. Fuck my life, bro. I have. It's often right. to you guys, you'll see. All right, well, how do we end this on a bright note? Oh, we have a lot of bright bro, sides. We can get bright into. note. Bright note is this, guys. We, as an Armenian community, have to help ourselves before others help us. Nobody respects people who don't respect themselves. Yes. You cannot expect anybody to come and respect you when you say, "Oh, they're raping our women." What are? What is your community doing for, against that? Where are the lobby firms you have hired? Where are the ad campaigns you're running? 
where is it? Where's the money that you have that you're throwing at this problem to begin with? Why are you waiting for America to, like, that's what we, we become a nuisance to this, to this world. That's what we become a nuisance. Let's show that we ourselves can resolve some problems, that we can be an asset to our own country, to the world. So people don't want to exterminate us because we're a nuisance. All right. Valid point. Very. Well, well uh, Vic, Jeff, you, Vic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no. What, what were you saying, Arno? I was going to say, you know, we don't want to see any nudes, so you could just block nude, uh, nude HD XYZ. Speak for yourself, bro. I mean, unless somebody wants to get, unless somebody wants to end off on the high note there. What happened? I, I don't know. Nothing. We got a troll. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, well, it's after midnight, so you're going to get those nude <laughs> trolls. <laughs> Um, Robert John, thank you so much for joining. I, yeah, I you thank know, you, we, Robert. listen, whatever Thanks, it Rob. is, we know how passionate thank you, you are and what you're doing. We appreciate it. Everything you do, everything you post, we see it. And I know there's a lot that you don't talk about and, and, and how dedicated you are to help with the situation, help Armenia, help our soldiers. And, and when I say this, I mean it, we truly appreciate it. And every one of us should take some type of a, lesson from what what he's doing and then help in every other like i said it doesn't have to be where it's money or anything like everyone can help in their own way so absolutely please do that absolutely. yeah, yeah. Right. thank uh, you guys Rob- robert thank you thank you thank you robert have a good night have a good night bye-bye all right, guys. Well, we are four hours and thirty-five minutes into the show. Uh, That's this not is, a big this deal. Was a, this was a long one, but a good one, and we needed to do this. Um, and again, I, you know, I, I don't feel like being called out on. I think he was trying to make a point. What have we done? And you know, we we connected. I think the day after the the once they attacked was we got to yeah, do something, literally. but yeah. it's a matter of finding the right people to join and, and experts. Not everybody's available. I mean, with the list of people we contacted specialists, they weren't available. So, you know, I'm and sure we're knows. thankful to everybody who was able to, to join us. Yeah. And, and, and mind we, you, we got people in Armenia to log in with us. Yeah. yeah. We had some technical yeah, issues. Yeah. We had so, some choppy audio, but I mean, we, we and, did whatever we could to, and from our side, as and, much light. Yeah, and from our side, I want to say if there's, if we can do this uh, many times with joining, and if there's other podcasts that want to join with us, if they might have connection with some other people, whatever it is, if we're gonna put some kind of a fundraiser together, you know, reach out to us. Um, you know, let us know. Every you can follow us on Instagram, Wise Nuts. Let's get together. Let's get organized. Do something because uh, time is of the essence. Because yeah. I have a feeling once Tatik Pelosi goes, something's gonna happen. So I know. I, uh, who was it? Um, Stepan said it. Levon said it. Gebork said it. Gebork said it. They said it's gonna yeah. get worse before it gets yeah. better. And I hope it's. Hike I hope they're it. wrong, but yeah, I, mean, I, I I don't know. I don't know. So. Um, Having said all that, guys, it's getting late, so yeah. we're gonna say uh, good night to everybody. Thank you to all the unleashed my first uh, yawn. 
everybody who joined us today <laughs> and stuck around and watched. Um, thank you so much. Follow the Wise Nuts. Uh, Follow sure me, you, Hills Nation. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yes. Hit that subscribe <coughs> button and that like, you know, share it. If you didn't get to watch the whole thing today, you can watch it or listen to it on your way. Um, are you guys going to put this up on the thing, on your podcast platform? Yeah, or are we yeah, leaving yeah, we'll it just a video? Okay. All right, we'll put it up too. So you can uh, listen to it on the Wise Nuts or Med Hills Uh Tomorrow we'll have it up. And then um, that's pretty much it. Anything, any last words, guys? Um, it was a pleasure talking to you guys. It was guys a pleasure tonight. collaborating with you guys. Yeah, and thank you, always, everybody. That's always is. been yeah. Thank you for everybody being respectful for four hours. All the watchers. Yeah, all the watchers. Thank, <laughs> thank you for everybody who tuned in. Thank you for everybody for the support. Thank you for everybody who's respectful. Uh, I mean, they say it, Miburaz gang. So I mean, let's try to. That's one yeah, thing be, we can we can yeah, say is let's, we had uh, way better yeah, conversation. Let's, let's be it. as respectful as as we can towards each other. So uh, we thank everybody for taking their time out of their Sunday evening uh, to join us. Uh, we're going to be live tomorrow. Yeah, uh, it's going to be right. the three of us. Uh, we're going to be discussing uh, a lot of different topics. Obviously, uh, Armand is back from Armenia, so we'll be talking about Armenia. We'll be talking about Greece. We'll be talking about other things. Uh, other than probably Armenian politics, but we might, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what uh, entails out of it. But uh, well, welcome uh, back, Armand, after four and a half hours. We'll, we'll yeah. say that tomorrow. That's why I was quiet tonight. I was wait, waiting for the welcome back. And he was playing pocket pool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, On that note, uh, we'll be back with our uh, season three, episode three this Thursday. Uh, and it will be, uh, you know, as much as people say you shouldn't, we shouldn't be talking about history, the show must go on. We yes. will talk about history and we will be covering uh, the Urartian uh, kingdom. Yeah. And uh, we, we have the, the gentleman who created people of our very knowledgeable. He'll be joining us from Greece, actually. So, wow. um, so tune in. That'll be actually, it'll be late show. It'll be 9 p.m. Thursday next week. So. But besides that, again, everyone, join thank you. Join the Wise Nuts tomorrow night. Yeah, also. join the Wise Nuts tomorrow night, 7.30 p.m. Uh, Monday. And that's pretty much it, right? That's it. Guys. That's All it. Right, All right, everybody, take All care. Right, Have a great right, time. See you guys up, or Monday up morning, the street, I all right, guys? Yeah. <laughs>